and welcome everybody to a yet another exciting episode of the Druff Drexel and Vowels show on PokerFraudAlert.com. Hello everybody, today is July 24th, 7.15pm, starting late as usual. But yeah, at least it's you can, right on time. Yeah, I, I told can, everybody to tune in at 7.15. I saw that, so I wasn't even under pressure <laughs> to get the show started. I'm like, oh, I got 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> anyway, the show, the song was moving on up in honor of Sherman Hemsley, who... Passed away today at the age of 74, George Jefferson, for those of you that don't know who that is. And if you still don't know who George Jefferson is, I I can't help you any further. But uh, he did pass away today, and while the song says moving on up, tonight it looks like we're moving on down to two (laughs) co-hosts. Not to two co-hosts, that's what I was hoping for. To two hosts, because Brandon is missing. Now, he's MIA, but I think he's going to show up, because he never said anything otherwise, so... He's got to be on his way. Right. So uh, this was not due to any kind of problem. And I'm not BSing people here. I know as much as you do. Uh, Brandon and I have talked throughout the week. Uh, we're not arguing or fighting or you know, nothing related to him leaving the show two weeks ago. He's just not here. And I will say, up till now, he's done a fine job with appearing on the show. Because if you remember on the other site that we used to be on, uh, I used to say the one weakness Brandon had, because he was great on the radio there, and he's great here too, the one weakness he had was just disappearing for a few weeks. And I I said, look, I'm not going to hold him to anything because he doesn't own any part of this site. And when I say this site, I was talking about the one I was on before. But I was saying, you know, he doesn't owe us anything. He's just here. And if he wants to join us, great. If he doesn't, I understand. Uh, but I said the one weakness is you just can't be sure he's going to be there. And when he approached me in February about starting a radio show on this site, even before this site was created, I said, well, I'd love to do it with you, Brandon, but one of my concerns is I'm afraid you're just uh, not going to have a consistent schedule showing up here. And he said, oh, I will, I will. And I will say that since we started this show back in May, he's shown up every single week. And uh, So are you worried that something's gone terribly wrong? Well... Should we be upset or worried or should we be calling his family? <laughs> I, I would say not yet. Uh, I am surprised he's not here today, but I know he was traveling in Laughlin and doing some whitewater rafting, so it's very possible that he just got exhausted out in the Laughlin sun, which is very hot, and just slept through the alarm slept through radio and forgot about it. And it's easy to forget about this if you're out doing something else. If you're just sitting at home, it's easy to remember, hey, it's Tuesday, 7 o'clock, I have to do the show. If you're it's easy to forget about this when all you get for an entire year for doing radio shows is $50. Yeah. yeah well, that's, <laughs> unfortunately, $50 is more than he's gotten for this show. So right, you know, right. <laughs> I'll say this, that Brandon does not own any part of Poker Fraud Alert. Um, the agreement I had with him financially was very simple. It was like, if this show makes money then I'll distribute some of it to both co-hosts because uh, that's the fair thing to do. I didn't come up with an exact number, but I say I'll be fair to you. Uh, However, the site is not running in the black right now. Now, where we're running very much in the black is money given for free rolls. We we have a lot of money being given by by very generous users who want to give back to the community, and I appreciate that so much. And... You know, that's what I encourage. If you want to donate money, that's where I encourage you do it rather than just give it to me. But uh, And that's why I don't have a donate button on the site or anything like that. 
But uh, <laughs> is that the only reason? <laughs> well, there's a few reasons probably, but I, you know, I, I, uh, if this site makes money, if it uh, actually makes more money than what the server bills are, then you know, I'll start uh, kicking some of that towards the co-host. But at the moment, uh, there isn't anything to kick towards the co-host or me for that reason. I, I'm actually losing money on this, I, but that's fine. I, both Brandon and I just do this because we love it. Yeah, and that's why I do it too. And that's why I don't even mind losing money. And I'm not losing very much money. I'm only losing a little bit, but, you know, who cares? So anyway, uh, Brandon, hopefully he'll come and show up here. I, I don't know. He could show up at any minute or he could be gone the whole night. It depends if, if he's, like, knocked out, if he... Uh, had a very long day or hard day and took a nap and thought he'd wake up at 7 and just keep sleeping, we may not hear from him. But the good thing is that there's no problem, and Brandon will be back next week. So uh, I hope the, the only bad thing would be if Brandon's not okay, but I, given that he has no-showed on our previous radio show before and everything was fine, uh, I'm not going to panic just yet. But uh, Brandon, if you're out there... Please call in. We'd love to have you on the show. But anyway, the good thing about having two hosts, or two co-hosts, and I said this actually when we started the show, is that if one can't make it, or disappears, gets kidnapped, or murdered, or whatever, (laughs) we have two hosts who can still do the show together. Because two hosts is still fine. I like it best when we have all three of us. But two hosts can still work. I just don't like when it's down to one Especially when you try to do like a comedy element of the show or an entertainment okay. element, it's hard to do by yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. You need a, you need at least a, a crew that's backing you up somehow, even if they're not on the air with you. Yeah, yeah. So and we don't have that. So. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Valis, for showing up. Thank you for being part of the show. So when <laughs> things like this happen, you're still here, and I can tell you. Thank speaking you of no showing, I will be no showing. Okay. In two weeks. I All will right. be going to a secret location, and I'll be at that secret location. I'll, I'll just be where I cannot do a show either Tuesday or Monday or Wednesday. Like, the whole week, I'm just not going to be available. So uh, I don't know if you and Brandon want to do it. That's fine. If you want to just take a week off, it's fine. We can decide that later. But I will not be part of the show in two weeks for sure. Next week, I will be here, though, July 31st. I will be there, but uh, it'll be two okay. weeks after that till you hear me again after next week. So well, I want Brandon is game. Uh, we can uh, do a show sans Jeff. Or we can skip a week. Yeah, either way. So let me uh, tell you guys about a free roll we have tonight. The usual free roll. Almost the usual free roll. $50. 30 bucks for first, 15 for second, 5 for third. If you want to donate anything on top of it, like prizes you've won in the past, bounties on yourself, etc., just post in the official thread on PokerFraudAlert.com, and I will incorporate that into the prize pool. But right now it's 30 15 and 5 and uh, also, we have a contest later tonight, a new contest, not older or younger than Druff, not any kind of trivia, but actually a contest involving Ken Scaler. And I'll explain that later. Whether or not he calls in, we can still do it. So that I think it sounds like a fun... I mean, for those who know who Ken is, it's going to work out really great. But, you know, you have to be a listener of the show, I think, or maybe one of the previous shows to understand. Yeah. And this this money, by the way, was donated. The We're going to actually have 10 weeks of this Ken Scaler contest. We don't have to do it every single week. We can mix it up. But uh, someone donated $100 to do 10 of these Ken Scaler contests. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. I thought it sounded like a decent idea, and someone donated the money, so... We're going to do it that way. Anyway, uh, the free roll tonight, Limit Hold'em. Not no Limit Hold'em, but Limit Hold'em. My favorite game. 
and that'll be at 740. I think 740. I may have kicked it to 745. It is 740, 745. I forget. I think 740. But uh, I, I was tossing around making it 745, but I think I kept it at 740. But uh, free roll on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which is the poker room associated with this site, run on this site. Just go to the top, click on it. You need an account to play, but the account's free. You don't even need chips. You don't even need play chips on there to play this free roll. And if you want to win the money, you have to have a registered account on this site by May 21st, 2012, or have permission from me to qualify for it. The way you get permission for, from me, if you don't have a registered account by that date, is to PM me or email me at dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com and tell me how long you've been a fan of this show or the previous one I was on on a different site. Tell me the things you liked about it. Tell me your favorite moments. And if you convince me you've been around, at least as a lurker and a listener, I will let you qualify. But you have to email me or PM me before the, the contest starts. So you can't win it and then try to convince me you deserve the money. Uh, if you already have a registered account here by May 21st, no problem. Then you already qualify, as long as you have not been banned or suspended from this site. So... That's the story. $50 free roll. We do this every week. And uh, I'll explain the $10 contest later. Now, let me give you guys the agenda for tonight. And if there's anything else you'd like to discuss, feel free to bring it up in the chat room. I am trying to read the chat, though I, I don't catch everything since I'm trying to run the show as well. And it's in fact, it's going to be even harder for me to read the chat this time because of uh, there's only two people here. But I'm also looking in the chat, but I, I do miss things, uh, so you can pop it in there, or you can call into the show. Right. You can call. The phone number is 775-FRAUD-55. That's 775-372-8355. Important, make sure to show your caller ID, because if you don't, it'll just be like a busy signal. You just won't get through. I have it set that way. So show your caller ID when you call in, 775 775- 372-8355 fraud 55 and uh, if we don't take your call we may be in the middle of doing something else but try again later or wait till we say that uh, we're taking calls here's the agenda we will have an update regarding the Templar and the scamming situation now it's not as much of an update as I would hope because the Templar's phone number unless somebody else has it and can PM it to me Brandon had that, <laughs> so I was expecting him to oh, give it to really? me again. Yeah, oh, no. I expected him to give it to me again, and That's he's not, not here. Good. So uh, maybe I could dig it up from last week, but it's going to be yeah. I don't see it. Damn it. Well, uh, somebody can PM it to me if they have it, um, or or PM me on the chat room will work too. Uh, we have a little story about an owner of Absolute Poker going to prison. Unfortunately, not for cheating, but he is going to prison for 14 months. So, I'll explain that. The Grinder, another very successful World Series, won a bracelet in a very prestigious event. Didn't do quite as well as two years ago when he also made the final table in addition to winning a bracelet in that same event. Not just a final table, the main event final table. But uh, did very well again this year. But somebody free-rolled him on a bracelet bet. Someone made a bracelet bet not planning to pay if they lost. They figured, you know, he probably won't get a bracelet because most people don't in a given year. The person would make money for free. And if the grinder happened to win one, then the guy just wouldn't pay. 
pretty much what happened to him. I'll explain a little bit later into the show. Joe Seabach, remember him? The guy who represented Ultimate Bad? You know, first he started Poker Road with other people's money. That lost a lot of money. And then he was pretty popular around the time of Poker Road, but then he took a job with UB after the scandals, trying to convince people it's safe to play there. He was like their spokesman. He was kind of like the new face of new UB. And he took a lot of flack in the poker poker world because he that made was a, a bold move on his part. Very bold. And he made a lot of promises that there was no way he could keep about pretty much getting everything settled for UB, getting everyone their hand histories, making sure everyone's paid back, um, being sure that these are different owners. Well, turned out all these things didn't happen or weren't true. And he really took a beating for it. And he went from a very well-liked guy in poker to a very hated guy in poker. He even made a, a video on YouTube admitting he's one of the most hated guys in poker now. And uh, then he kind of fell off the radar. He actually played the main event. I, I think he actually sold action at 1.4 to 1, which is unbelievable. But that's not why I'm talking about him. I'm talking about him because he was hired for the WPT, of all things. And then... But then psych. Then he wasn't hired, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> Joe Seabach hired and then not hired. Not hired and fired, but looks like hired than not hired. Uh, I want to talk about some scams. This site is called PokerFraudAlert.com, and yet our radio shows, while I've enjoyed them, and while many others have enjoyed them, we haven't talked all that much about actual scams. We haven't. That hasn't been much of the focus of this show, or this site for that matter. And that kind of saddens me because that was the original reason I started this site. I'm thrilled that a lot of people followed me over from the last site I was on and that, uh, you know, a lot of the good stuff we had going on over there has been kind of, uh, you know, continued over here in a way, even though it's different. But a lot of the same people that I was used to from years and years on another forum have come over here. That's great. But the one thing is the reason I started the site was mainly to focus on scams and scandals and, uh, it's been done, but not nearly as much as I wanted to. So we're going to talk about a few scams tonight, because there's plenty of scams going on in poker. Plenty of them. So here's one of them. It's kind of the nature of the of the beast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much, because a lot of people are playing poker for easy money. A lot of people who play poker are not ones who are honest people or those who want to make an honest buck. They want to make These money. These aren't hardworking folks. Right, exactly. right. These are people who yeah. want to make money any way they can, even if it's uh, unethical. So we have a lot of scams in the poker community, and uh, a lot of times these scams are perpetrated not by people who are poker players, but by people who run poker companies, especially online poker companies, since it's so easy for them to get away with it. So yet another online poker company, also a sports book known as Bet Online, is involved in a big scandal right now. Talk about that. It's a really, really bad story. And Aren't they the ones that are always sending the advertisements to come and play sports bets? You know, you might be getting a lot of ads from them. Sports books are notorious for just hammering you with, like, expensive advertisements to come play, and it looks so enticing, and it turns out that a very large percentage of them will never pay you if you win. I'll discuss that, too. Uh, but they have a po- they had, at one point, they had a poker room there as well, didn't they? Yes, yes, that's what this is about, actually. Okay, gotcha. uh, See, your dog doesn't like them either. My dogs are very upset about bet online. <laughs> so, um, this is a smaller scandal, but it reminds me too much of something a lot bigger. A Tennessee poker room cancels a free roll. 
And where have I heard that before? Hmm. Something about UB and something about someone who used to be a face of UB. Oh, I know, Annie Duke. And Epic Poker. No, yeah, not so, Annie. She's in the news again. Well, not her, but uh, I guess in Tennessee, they must be big fans of Annie because they pretty much did the same thing. They uh, had it where you qualify for a free roll for a certain poker room out there, and uh, then they just canceled it. Talk a little bit about that. I know it's not going to be of great interest to a lot of people because it's in Tennessee, but I think it's worth mentioning, calling out uh, poker rooms that do things like that, especially because of how similar it is to what happened to Epic Poker. Uh, also, this is not a scandal itself, but it's about a scandal, kind of. There's a new poker movie coming out. There's been so many poker movies, and you'd think they would stop now because the poker boom is kind of dying for the moment. People are not as excited about poker as they were five years ago. But a new poker movie called Runner Runner is being filmed right now in Puerto Rico. And it is inspired, it seems, by the UB scandal. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Someone put together a list of the big winners and big losers at the World Series of Poker. I'm talking about the tournaments, not the cash games. And uh, these are not all the players by any means. But the, this person picked out, I think, 88 different well-known tournament players and made a spreadsheet of their results. I can't guarantee the accuracy. This is something I grabbed off 2 plus 2, but I thought it was interesting. We'll talk about who won and what's not as well-known as who lost this year in the 2012 World Series. Because you know, you know who won if you follow it, because you know the people who win bracelets or come close to winning bracelets, but... You don't really think about the people who play and just don't cash. But they're still there. They're still out there. And every year, some people who did really well before don't do well in this present year. Myself included. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And I'll list some of the names and uh, talk about how much they were down and, and what I think about some of these players, of uh, if this is going to continue for them. A huge cash game is going again in Macau. Dwan, Ivy, who else is in there? Uh, I have to look, but yeah, Dwan and Ivy are there. They are playing what's about equivalent to 650, 1300, no limit. And it's such a weird number like that because it's uh, Hong Kong dollars being trans translated into U.S. dollars. But 650, 1300, no limit they're playing, basically, in U.S. dollars, which is already very high. But it's even higher at this game because everyone's very deep-stacked and there's a lot of action, a lot of gambling. These are playing against some uh, you know, crazy Asian businessmen who've got a ton of money. So, I mean, you can play a 1-2 game with very deep stacks and very wild people, and it can play huge. So think right. of a 650, 1300 oh where everyone's going wild, and uh, you can imagine how much money is won and lost there very quickly. So talk a little bit about that. And, uh, and again, if you want to have other topics or if you want to call in when we tell you you can call in, you can. Oh, and I want to tell you about the contest. The contest tonight, for $10, what does Ken Scaler think? Now, <laughs> if we get a call from Ken, we are going to do it differently than if we don't get a call from Ken. I can't call him because he doesn't have a phone. I sent him a message to call me, but whether he does or not depends on various factors, including, believe it or not, whether he has any change. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we send him a bunch of change? I should. But Enough to last him for the year. He'll probably use it to buy hamburgers or something, so <laughs> you really can't win. But anyway, this game is where, um, well, there's two forms of it. If Ken's on the show, he calls in, we'll immediately hold the game. We'll take two callers, and they'll play against each other. 
I will ask five questions to Ken. Before he answers, each player will say what they think his answer will be. Now, these can be various questions. It can be what he thinks of something, like his opinion. It could be uh, his knowledge of something. You know, for example, uh, you ask Ken, Ken, what's better in poker, a straight or a flush? And each caller would say what they think he's going to say. Now, that's, that's not the best question if there's two people on the phone because uh, they, they could both pick the same thing. But but anyway, we'll need two different answers. But now, will Ken hear the listeners make their guess? He will, but I, I don't think he's going to favor either that, listener. That won't impact how he answers the no, question? No, no. I know Ken. He would just give his opinion or give his real answer. So okay. So Ken will then answer after the two contestants have answered, and whoever's closer, as determined by the judges here on the, the judges being the hosts, will win that question, and whoever wins three of the five questions or more will win the $10. Now, if Ken is not calling the show, then we will take one caller. Then I will ask six questions that I have previously asked Ken, and the caller will be given four multiple-choice responses that uh, Ken may have answered, but only one of them is his actual answer. The caller, now, are the questions poker-related, or are they just... Uh, they can be anything. They can be his opinions random. about things. They can be about you know questions about poker. They can be really anything. You're just trying to think like Ken Scaler and answer like... Into the mind of Ken. Right, right. And the only requirements I have for this contest, there's two of them. Number one, you have to want the $10. Do not win the $10 and give it away or roll it to next week. I don't want that. If that's... It's very generous of you, but for this contest, we're just going to give the $10 away, and that's it. Now, if you secretly want to give it away behind my back, you go ahead and do so. But uh, do not take the $10 and uh, roll it to next week. Do not take it and then make a free roll on the site for it. You can either just give it away to someone else once you get it, or you can keep it. But you, you Jeff, can't. Uh, in chat, Sandwich is suggesting that the contestants should lock in their answers in chat rather than stating them on the phone. Huh? That, that's a decent idea. I didn't. It's even think not of a that. bad idea if, of course, the caller is in chat. Right. You know what? Maybe we'll try to do that. You know, I, I like when people in the chat help improve our contest. But that, that's actually a good idea. I think it's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. So, uh, and if he doesn't call, then we'll do it the same way as I just described. And so you have to want the ten dollars. The first requirement. The second one is you have to know Ken Scaler. You have to. When I say no, you didn't have to have met him, but you have to know of him. You have to have heard him on the show. You have to be familiar with him and his personality. If you say what, who's Ken Scaler? But I, I want ten dollars. That, that's not going to work. We're not going to make right. it a guessing game. Where right. if you He's don't got know a him, very particular personality yeah. and way of thinking. So. So you've got to be familiar with him if Absolutely. you if you call in for this contest. And we won't run this every single week, but we do have ten of these that we will do over time. I've already been sent the hundred bucks by someone who wants to remain anonymous. Oh, thank you, anonymous. Yes, thank you. So that is our show tonight. Uh, of course, we have also an Ask Vowel segment, as always, and uh, it will be in the middle of the show rather than at the end. So Vowels, uh, if she wants to go to sleep... And leave me all by myself, which you can do. No, no pressure here. But if she wants to leave Thank me you. all by myself in the dark here, she can. It's actually not uh, for me. It's for those of us who are on the west. Uh, I'm sorry, the east coast, and just can't stay up late enough for the vowel segment. And some of them have said, "Hey, can you do it earlier?" So yeah. we're going to try to accommodate you. Oh, and one other person cannot play this week in the 
in the Ken Scaler contest, and that's Bubbles because he's he's played our contest the last two weeks. And while we love Bubbles, we want to give someone else a chance. So when I say to call in for that contest, everybody but Bubbles. Oh, I'm sorry, Bubbles. By the way, You're very good it. at these uh, contests. I will say that. Yeah, I just looked at the chat. Someone just asked a really odd question: Is Druff an RPM poker pro? <laughs> the answer is no, <laughs> I but that. I'm wondering why he would think that. I haven't talked about RPM poker. I, I don't think I've ever really said very much about them either way, good or bad. I haven't mentioned it on this show. Why would anyone think that? Well, it'd be funny if I got to go to their site and I'm listed as their main pro. They just like made me a pro and didn't give me anything. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Is that a? It, would you have any comment on their site? Is that a good place to play? I don't know. Uh, I they're on the merge network. I haven't heard anything bad about them, but uh, I can't endorse them because I, I don't really know much about them. But the, sometimes the lack of anything bad is good. Not always, but in poker, that's uh, these days that seems to be a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing, and it seems like just the the more bad stories you're hearing about a site. It usually means there's a problem over there. They always they always have excuses and they always have like what sounds like a logical explanation if you don't think about it too much. But really, if you're running a poker site honestly and fairly, you shouldn't have a lot of scandals and problems. You, it just shouldn't happen. And if you just have one after another, no matter how many reasonable sounding explanations you can put out there, there's probably something wrong. So yeah, and, uh, it's, and it's most likely a major management issue. Yeah. I, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor here. We do have a sponsor. We've had a sponsor the whole time. But, uh, you know, they, they just sent me money, so I should give them a shout-out. This is BracketGeek. BracketGeek.com. Uh, exactly the sounds. B-R-A-C-K-E-T-G-E-E-K. BracketGeek.com. We have a banner on the top of our site. And uh, this is if you want to make little bracket-style voting... I don't know if they call the contest, but like, like, you want your friends to vote on something, and you do it bracket style, where you pick like 16 different things, put them in bracket style, and then each of those 16 things go head to head with each other, and then you know, so you have eight winners the first round, four winners the second round, all the way to the end, and you have a winner. So for example, let's say you say, what is your favorite fruit? Now that'd be boring, but let's say you have a contest like that, or a voting. Uh, bracket on Bracket Geek. So you'd have bananas versus apples, uh, oranges versus pears, and you know, people would vote on each one of those, and then the winners of each of those would play those and keep moving on until there's only one winner. So that's what Bracket Geek is. It's an interesting what, site. Why don't we get like a uh, little theme song and a, and a quick uh, ad put together for Bracket Geek that we can play each week? I should do that. I should do that. So I'd, I'd be happy to help put oh. one together, just a short promo. Yeah, no, we should do that. So BracketGeek.com, uh, definitely check them out. Uh, they are the only sponsor Poker Fraud Alert has ever had. So uh, just for that, give them some love and go over there. And it's an interesting site, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you can, you can create a bracket on there and send some to your friends, and they'll get a kick out of it. Just uh, things in your personal life, you know, things just that your friends will get a laugh out of. So uh, just go over there and give it a try. BracketGeek.com. Anyway. Um, and I, this is a, a quote about Bracket Geek. I want to let everybody know. This is from someone in our chat and who's very well respected. He said, Bracket Geek equals cute little fail site. 
Oh, no, it's not. I think it's a great idea. Listen, <laughs> how many times have you been on a forum where you needed to put a bracket yeah. together for something? No, really? I, I'm just kidding. This actually came from Darkstar, who's one of the <laughs> owners of Bracket Geek. So I, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have read that on the air. If, if anyone else said that, but, but Darkstar or El Gallo, I would not have said that on the air. But uh, Darkstar says his own site's a cute little fail site. I can repeat that. But no, it's actually an interesting thing, especially for people who post forums. So, uh, post on forums. It's, it's very relevant, so check it out. Anyway. Uh, Uh-oh. I'm, Uh-oh. I'm reading there's a sound fail. I'm hearing you fine, but uh, yeah, I see folks it. on chat are saying we're gone. It's back here. We had a uh, little hiccup here. And, uh, <laughs> and Darkstar says, who is the cute little fail site now? Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, this was not a sound card problem. Everyone's saying we're back. This is not a sound card problem. I have something I I haven't quite found the solution yet. Um, I have found that the internet through wireless cuts very quickly and just enough. This happens occasionally to knock out and back on the radio, where it goes out for a few seconds, comes back on, and that's why we disappear. So it was suggested to me. Well, forget doing a wireless. Connect it with a regular wire. So I did that, and it stopped. But then, whenever I have to move throughout the secret location to avoid a baby from making noise in the background, I have to disconnect the wire. So last week when I pulled the wire, then it cut out again, just from pulling the wire. So I, I don't know what the hell to do. I'll have to figure out here. I, I'm eventually, I'm not joking about this, I'm putting together like a, uh, a radio studio to where I can just That's, be in I there. I was going to say, you need one room where there's no babies and all the equipment is set up and it's good, new, yeah. reliable equipment. Well, I'll, I'll tell you there's, the problem right I, now. I, I hate to interrupt this very fascinating conversation about your equipment, but I think this might be something that we should address just very quickly. Slim T is in chat and he wants to know if you added the $200 from his fiasco to the PFA free roll. Well, I will add it somewhere. I will either add it to the free roll or or he was suggesting to use it to pay for the Templar scam, which is looking more and more like a scam, he can decide where he'd like it to go. Uh, I will admit that I have $200 of his that he can use any way he wants, whether it's donating to the site, having it back. It seems like he wants to donate it to the site, so fine. And I'm not going to, even though we've had some problems with Slim T recently, I'm not going to take his money and pretend it wasn't from him. That's, that's no, not what I we, do here. No, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. I think he's just curious as to where it ended up. So. Yeah. Um, and so you're saying it just hasn't been decided yet. Yeah, so uh, okay. so that's, that's the story, but we're not going to take his phone call here because, uh, you know, he had his chance, and, you know, that's that. So anyway, uh, moving along here, and still no Brandon. Very sad. I don't know where he is, but uh, still uh. no Brandon. But let's move on with our show, and hopefully we'll just get a call here, and it'll be Brandon, and everything will be great. Exactly. So Come on, Brandon. The first topic I'd like to talk about has to do with our forum, and that is the Templar. The Templar has been heard on this show before, and you heard him last week, and, you know, he sounded sick, and he sounded like someone who almost was believable. When I say almost... Did you believe him? Yeah, that's why I said almost. I couldn't decide. I I knew there were some things just still weren't adding up, but at the same time, I, I believed he was sick, and I had some outside evidence that he really is having some health problems. So I'm, like, believing the health problems, but, you know, just because you're a scammer doesn't mean you don't get sick. Like, you can have both. So, But it was also the fact that he answered the phone so readily that made him more believable. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have to answer and uh, talk to us, though. So, you know, maybe, as I was saying before, maybe he was really sick and he wasn't listening to the show because he was just out of it and sick. And 
then he answers the phone and it's us. He's not going to hang up on us if he wants to sound believable. He'll he'll try to give his best shot at explaining it. So he gave a, a semi-plausible story, but you know, I cut to the chase and I said, "Look, we need our money back. You took money from people for this league you ran on uh, Poker Fraud Alert before I took over and said the money should go to me." And you took money from people for your BAP, your buy a piece thing that you were doing uh, on you know, some poker site or whatever that was. So you owe that money back to the community. So please send it to me. So he promised that on Thursday, two days from last week's broadcast, that he would have his brother go put the money in PayPal and send it to me. And that did not happen. Well, uh, I, I went to my PayPal account. And uh, I accessed it to see how much money came from the Templar. And uh, I entered my account, I entered my password, and I ran a query there about how much money came from the Templar's email address or any name associated with his. And this is what I got back from PayPal. Zero point zero. That was how much money I got from the Templar. So yeah, he, he didn't send me a damn thing. And someone's saying, call him back now. Yeah, someone said, call him back now. I can't, because I don't have his phone number. Uh, Brandon has that. But if anybody has it, please PM me either in the chat room or in the the site. You know, I'm checking my PMs on the site, too. Or if your dog has it, I'll take it from him, too. So <laughs> the dogs are a little upset about the situation. Yeah, the dog. Every time we mention the Templar, the dog barks. <laughs> they don't like scams. Yeah, that's good. Dog, dogs are on the right side here. So well, uh, unfortunately, if you give them a treat, they don't give a shit one way or the other. Yeah. So unfortunately, I will say this: even though I had kind of mixed feelings about the Templar story, I will say that as far as what I believed he would actually send me on Thursday, I was strongly leaning toward believing it would be zero. Point zero. I mean, that's really what I thought I was going to get. I I would have actually been surprised had I gone onto PayPal on Thursday and found I received money from the Templar. So uh, while I believed some of what he said, up, oh, up, oh, hold on here, people, before I oh, continue. Oh, I see Brandon. Uh, you. Brandon is calling in here. You know. You sound like you just woke up, buddy. <laughs> are we on the radio? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, 748, Hi, we don't start that late. <laughs> I I took a nap, and the damn news didn't work well on the iPhone, and then I dreamt that I got a text <laughs> that the text said that the first 40 minutes of the show that Jeff was going to do a recap recap on why he doesn't like Caesars and what's wrong with this year's WSOP. So I thought I'd be good at least until 8. <laughs> I'm he sorry. Decided, no, he decided sorry. not to show up till uh, till 7:48. Okay. I I literally just woke up. I I have you know the iPhone alarm clock is like the worst alarm clock to to use. If oh, you it is. I I agree. I well, I've slept through that too. I use mine every morning. And it, it's great, but. Um, you have to remember to turn your sound all the way up and make sure the sound is on before you go to sleep, and you have to make sure it's charged up. So. Well, my problem is I have, I guess, tonight with the snooze. I, th- I thought I hit snooze, but I maybe I tweeted. I hit something else. But anyhow, I am here. I apologize to both of you for my late arrival. How are you? We are just happy to have you here. And, in fact, Todd guessed exactly correctly that you were probably sleeping and had... Uh, Gotten worn out from being in the hot sun and water skiing. Yeah. 
It's like uh, even hotter than Vegas in in Laughlin. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. I know it's pretty brutal there. Are you still in Laughlin, or have you come no, back? I'm, I got. I'm back now. Okay. I got back today. And you know, I uh, speaking of alarm clocks, the oldest thing I own is an alarm clock from the year 1980. I received it in 1980 for my eighth birthday from my grandmother, and that alarm clock, just a, just a regular alarm clock. It still works as well as it did when I got it for my eighth birthday, 32 years later. So uh, that is an alarm clock that I have and I'm still using. And I, yeah, I'm going to keep using it. I, I don't know what's going to live longer, me or that clock. But I think it's pretty amazing that uh, an electronic device that's been on every single day that was like 30 bucks still works as well as it did day one. I think anything made these days is unlikely to ever work for 30 years. So... That, that's what I use, and it's much better than the uh, iPhone alarm. The iPhone alarm is nice, though, because, you know, it's just wherever you are, your phone is, and it's right there. You know what I'm always paranoid about, though, even though it's not true? I'm always afraid that if I turn off my ringer, that I can't hear the iPhone alarm. Yeah, I, 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 I have that same paranoia, too. But even worse so than that is the fact that if you're in one of those like heavy, deep sleeps, you just kind of grab for the phone, you easily just, there's the snooze function doesn't, you know, invalidate. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you're done. Like, if you're really in the heavy sleep and you just grab it, you don't you don't get a snooze out of it. Yeah. You know, unless you but actually you, hit the snooze button. You can, right. I mean, you get a snooze if you hit any of the buttons, but if you turn the phone on, then that's it. It won't go off again. You know, that, now that we're talking about snooze, I have to ask this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the situation where you get so used to using the snooze button that you actually set your clock earlier so you can snooze? Yes, I used to do that all the time. I used to drive my husband crazy. Yeah. Now, now here's another question. Once you do that, have you gotten to the point where you expect to want to snooze another time? So you say, well, one snooze isn't good enough, so now I'm going to do two snoozes or three <laughs> yes. snoozes. And so you'll set it like 27 minutes early so you can do three snoozes. I actually was at that point for a whole year, and I've, I've finally cured myself of it. But... Um, It's actually, you know, you appreciate that time in the morning going back to sleep. You appreciate that sleep more than any other sleep. Yes, yes, that's that's what I felt. I felt like if I just get woken up and just have to get up and and go do what I have to do for the rest of the day, then I I feel like it just blindsides me. That I think, oh, man, if I can only go back to sleep for nine minutes. I go, oh, wait, I can. If I wake up nine (laughs) minutes earlier, like that loss of nine minutes of sleep is not going to matter to me, but that last nine minutes I'll appreciate so much more because I know I'm getting it. So, exactly. so, uh, so the problem I had, though, is I kept snoozing earlier and earlier to the point where it was getting ridiculous, where I'd be setting my clock like an hour too early, just, just to yeah, snooze like... Yeah, I, I was doing it, too. Is, is that what, what about the people? What about the people that set their clocks permanently like 30 minutes earlier so they're never running late? <laughs> I actually did that as well, but I, I would set it like 10 minutes have you ever, have, Yeah. <laughs> Have, have, Jeff, have you ever encountered those kind of people? Or yeah. They, yeah, they set it fast, so they think that they're late, but they're really on time. Yeah, you, but everything in the house, yourself? yeah, everything in the house is that way. It's very odd. Yeah, way. yeah. You, you think they get used to it and just go, okay, well, it's really 30 minutes later, so I, I know what this is. Like, you think you, this would work maybe for like a few days before you realize it the second you look at your clock. But I, I think once you really get used to it, that your clock is half an hour fast, you're just going to instantly subtract that 30 minutes from it. It's not going to work. That's, of course you do. You yeah. can't fool yourself. But I, I once made a prank call. Uh, I forgot. It was just some kind of helpline or something. But I once made a prank call many years ago where I called some kind of helpline, and I told them the problem I have was that I did this snooze thing 
so much and kept saying it earlier and earlier that I've gotten to the point that I'm almost where I have to set my clock before I go to sleep. You know, like I have to set it for a time that's actually before I go to sleep in the first place uh, to do this, to where the whole night just snooze, 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 snooze all the way. And, and what will happen when that's not enough? And, and they didn't it know what... It does get ridiculous, and after a while, you just have to say, screw it, I'm going back to the real time. Yeah, like, when does it stop? Like, what if you're snoozing for four hours? Then what, what if it's for five? Like, <laughs> like, at what point do you have to say, I cannot snooze any longer? I cannot set it another nine minutes back, or it'll be before I actually go to sleep. What is what is what are both of your records for snoozing? Um, I, I, I've set it as far as a, an hour ahead, and and that way I can hit the snooze like you know twenty times. You know, I think you have to bottom out. It might, crazy. When I hit rock bottom was when I was like a senior in high school. I was snoozing for like an hour and a half before I wake up, and then I just at some point I said this is ridiculous, and I, I have to just start putting it back to. I had to start moving it back forward. I, I had to just give up with it. You know, the five thirty a.m. snoozing. Well, I'm at the point now since I moved that I'm not doing the snooze anymore. I use my iPhone as my alarm, and I also use the dogs because they have just an internal alarm clock. They know that they need to get up at a certain time to eat, and that's when they're going to wake me up. So, And the cat as well, now that I have uh, George Clooney, he jumps on my face and gets me up no matter what. Yeah, I'm thinking of, of marketing a new, a new alarm clock that's uh, called the Quad Jacks alarm clock, where you wake up to. <laughs> I, I would use that as my alarm. <laughs> so I have to ask my two uh, esteemed hosts, what have I missed so far in this uh, episode of the Draft Drexel and Vala Show? Well, you've missed. Bring me up to date. You've missed 15 minutes late that I started. Well, that's it. Don't we normally start at 7.15 because of you? Yes, yes. Yeah, and, then, and so I had actually tweeted that the show would begin at 7.15 with that yeah. in mind, and I think it worked out just right. So uh, you, you missed... you missed the uh, breakdown of our agenda for the evening. Which yeah, so, so I'll, since you weren't here, Brandon, I'm going to do it again. So here's the agenda. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, you've missed that. You missed the opening song of the Jeffersons. Oh, I was going to actually ask if you played... Uh, paid Tribute to uh, Sherman Hemsley. Yeah. I was actually, yeah. if, when I was going to, I planned on calling you before radio, and I wanted to do, did you just do the Moving On Up theme song, or what, yes, yes. what was it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what we did. And, you know, it's interesting, because that was one of my favorite shows. I don't know about you, Todd, um, but I know you're a big All in the Family fan, but you like that show as well, yes? Yes. Yeah. Not as, good, not, not as much as All in the Family, but, yeah, I like that show, too. No, no. That was, like, one of your second favorites? I, I wouldn't go that far, but I enjoyed it. Was that the first African-American sitcom that you ever watched, Todd? Um, well, no, there was Good Times. Yeah, I was, that, say, I was, a, I was trying matters. to figure out which one it was going to be, if it was Good Times or the Jeffersons. I, I don't remember. I think Good different. Times was first. Well, I I, there's so. a third one also, What's Happening. I could have watched no, that. I, first I too. watched that as well. No, that came later. That came later. No, I think that began, I think that began in like 76. Oh, well, what about Sanford and Son? You know, it could be that, too. Damn it. There's so many of them. Sanford and Son was, yeah. No, that was even earlier. That was like 73 started. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? I was surprised when I, when I read today that he had passed away. I thought he was much older. He yeah, was well. For some reason in my head, I thought he had to be like in the mid to late 80s. Well, there's a reason for that. There were episodes of the Jeffersons, which only land, lasted through like the mid-80s. There were episodes of the Jeffersons. And I'm not talking about the last one. Like, I'm probably somewhere in the middle of the series, like late 70s, early 80s, where he had his 50th birthday. But he was nowhere near 50. 
He actually played a character much older than he was. One, because he looked a little bit older. And two, because Wheezy was 20 years older than him. Wow. That's interesting trivia. I did not know. I know that Wheezy died long, long, I mean, at least seven, eight years ago. Right. She's been gone for a while. Yeah, she died eight years ago. I just figured when I was reading the article of his passing, it was going to say he was in his late 80s or mid-80s and just said he died overnight of natural causes at 74. It was rather odd. Yeah. Another one who played much older than he actually was, even more than uh, Sherman Hemsley did, the guy who played Grady on Sanford and Son, uh, he was, he's supposed to be like, in his 60s on the show. In reality, he was in his 60s. They made like, his hair a little, didn't they? Did yeah, they grow up his hair for Yes, that? yes. But I think he was like in his late 30s at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like really a huge later. difference. Well, I still think, in terms of my generation, the biggest gap was in Beverly Hills 90210. I remember <laughs> the one kid, uh, play, uh, Ian Ziering, that played uh, Steve was, like, already in his early 30s when the show first started, when he was playing... I don't remember the exact age. No, 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 it was worse. There, there was that girl... I don't remember Oh, yeah, that's name. right. She was even older than him. Yeah, like Gabrielle uh, or something. She was, yes, like, 35. Yes, yes. yes, and they were playing, like, like 16 and 15-year-olds. You know what? I 90210 was a little bit after my time in that... Uh, well, first of all, it appealed more to girls anyway, but I was a little bit too old being a guy to want to watch that because I was, like, college age at that point. And it just, had, it just had zero appeal to me. But I saw my sister watching it, who's younger than me. And, and she really liked 90210. And when I saw the show, I, I couldn't believe you know, the way some of these kids looked in the show. That they weren't kids. That they, they didn't even look like they were teenagers. Like this one who was 35. They really did look like they were at least in their 20s. Yeah, like this one who was 35. You know, she didn't look anywhere near like a high school student. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of casting is this? This is ridiculous. Like they, they had a few people like Tori Spelling who were really like close to the right age. But but most of them were, like, way too old. Luke Perry was way too old. Oh, much too old. Yeah. But this is interesting because it's foreshadowing of what we're going to talk about on the vowel segment later this evening. Uh, this, this segment will deal with a show that is made for your little sister but might interest you. Wow. So I'll just that, keep it at that. That'll be interesting to hear. All right. So um, let's uh, move on with the agenda tonight. So the, oh, the, the Templar, perfect, Brandon. You interrupted the Templar segment, and I was complaining that you're the only one with the Templar's phone number, and I can't call him. Because, um, Brandon, did you hear about the PayPal transfer he sent me? No. I, mean, I guess that there's a soundbite that could zero justify it. Point. Zero. Yeah, that was the transfer I got. So, uh, All right. Let me uh, ship you his yeah, number. Yeah, ship me his number. I want to find out what happened here. Because I okay. told him, I said, look, your story, you know, I understand it, but, you know, if Thursday passes and I don't have the money, it's going to look very bad for you. For you, and he says, "Oh, you know, I know. You know, I'll get it done. My brother, do it." Like we, we heard it. Everybody who listened to the last week's show heard him promising that I would have the money by the end of Thursday. And now here we are, the next Tuesday, five days after that, and there's no money. So I, I want to hear what he says this week. I am going to ship you the number, uh, but before I do, I have a message uh, for Angel. All right. Oh. I need to call him back today and describe to him what Layla looks like to a T. Did you guys hear that okay? I, I not not exactly, but that uh, it's good translation. Yes. We got the gist of it, yeah. Yes. 
So it looks like he made an impact on it. I think it took him a while to warm up to Layla. At first, he kind of just was ignoring Layla. And then as time passed, he, he started to get more into Layla. And now he wants to know exactly what she looks like. So sounds like we've oh, making some I progress think, here. Yeah. Do I need to provide, like, bikini pics for this, or uh, are you just going to give them a verbal explanation? <laughs> a, you know, a description based on some Internet picture you've seen? Yeah. Um, I really, I was going to discuss that with you in the air. I don't know okay. If you want me to... But, um, okay, I just sent you the Templar's phone number, drop, and also, right. I just got a text uh, uh, right now while we're doing this. I'm still trying to work and get caught up. Um... Jenny Anderson is available for radio tonight for oh. an update. She actually has uh, been a part of some life-changing moves in the last couple of weeks. Uh, does it have to do with and New Jersey? I'm, well, she's been in the greater New York, New Jersey area the last uh, couple of months. Now she's in California, but we can check in with her at some point in the show. All right. Okay, so let's uh, call up the Templar. I have the phone number here that Brandon just sent me. We're going to call him, and I have a feeling he's going to be wise to it this week and not answer, but what the hell. We will try to call him, see what we get. And we'll listen to his voicemail if uh, he has a voicemail. Okay. Did you read that Skype may be monitoring your calls? No, I didn't. Is that the new... Uh, well, I said they've changed the way the system works to where they can't. Right now... Todd would tell us added a phone number. I may be charged for him calling it. Why would Jeez. that pop up on my phone? Oh, this is the problem. Okay, Brandon, because you called into the show, um, I'm going to have to call you. So I'm going to disconnect my co-host well, here. Why don't we call Brandon right back? Uh, we'll call everybody right back. Everybody hang tight and wait. I'm going to connect you guys on. Always got to be some technical fail on this, on this show. So I'm going to connect on Angel first, just because she was here first. And then I will add Brandon. Angel, are you there? I am here. Okay. But I have an echo. Ah, oh, jeez. Testing. No, it went away. It went away. Beautiful. Yeah, weird. I hate to mess with success here. Everything was going fine. <laughs> Brandon, are you back? I am back. Okay, so now let's try to make this call where it won't charge you. I was about to make a call on Brandon's dime. <laughs> Brandon does not deserve to pay. Brandon says, "No way, I'm not. I'm not doing that." Get stuck more on these forums. Yeah, later. you don't. You don't pay me. You don't pay me enough to have me make joke. cold calls for you. <laughs> First, he's handing out World Series pieces, other people, and, <laughs> and then he's charging my Skype. <laughs> what a shocker! Zero point zero percent chance that he answers. Probably listening right now. I'm not falling for this one again. <laughs> you guys got me last week. I'm never answering the phone on a Tuesday night ever again. <laughs> from anyone, from any number. Tuesdays are out. I know. I know. Drop those caller ID games. I heard that. I heard about that from Scotty Clark. Uh, no, no voicemail. All right, we'll just wait. I, I don't care if this whole show has to be ringing. We'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll let this ring a thousand times. I don't care. Zero point zero. I don't know why, but I always get a laugh. Zero point zero. You know, that should be his custom ringtone. <laughs> Instead of a ring, you just hear... I'm consuming on Skype. That is point zero. Like that, that should be his ringtone. Instead of music. 
Just be that over and over. At least people will, be, will know what they can expect, you know? Zero point zero. Well, <laughs> what if he's, like, trying to ignore this, like, trying to sleep through it? He, he's just, like... It's like a, a game of chicken, where he, he, he doesn't want to get up to get the phone to turn it off. And he figures we'll give up at some point. Well, that, the ring just changed. How come, like, in Europe, Dross, and the other countries, they have that, like, other uh, strange ring? Oh, I hate that ring. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll do it. isn't, like, a universal ring? That, yeah, that ring is... <laughs> yeah, I hate that. <laughs> you know what I also hate? Their dial tone is awful. I like the American dial tone so much better. Is their busy signal different? Yes, yes. So the busy signal is like, doot, doot, doot. And then the, and then the, the dial tone is like, doot. But it's, like, it's just like one tone. Like It's not like a... Our dial tone sounds really cool. Like I can't even imitate it because it's like two tones together. But their, to- their dial tone sounds primitive. It's stupid. I tried calling the Quad Jacks 24-hour hotline, and you know what I got? Uh, I might have an idea. Could it be... (laughs) (laughs) He's on point tonight. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Well, that doesn't surprise me that he didn't answer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was kind of expecting that. So, let me just ask, uh, has there been any contact at all since... I mean, even... I mean, PM, has he logged in? What, What have you... And your investigative research uh, determines rough. Well, I have not done any research this week, but uh, I will later on take a look to see if he has logged in. I have a feeling since I posted that I saw him logging in, he's probably now not logging in. But, you know, I, I don't regret posting about that because if I did, you know, if I didn't, then I wouldn't be giving all the information I think people needed to know. So, but obviously once I say he's lurking, he knows that just not logging into the site is not a good way to hide here. So I, I have a feeling he probably is lurking under some other IP. I don't know. But uh, I'll look to see if his IP lurked and when it was. And uh, I'll send him another email, too, and say, what the hell? Like, I mean, at some point he's going to have to admit that, uh, you know, you can't be stalling forever. There has to be a reason beyond I'm sick and why you can't pay people. So <laughs> I, I have to admit this is not looking good for him. Very, 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 very small chance that uh, he's actually not a scammer, or at least someone who... I see uh, <coughs> in the chat his name is posted. Is that... Well, you know... Is that uh, fine now, I guess? I, I saw that, and, you know, at this point, I'm not even going to stop it, because at this point, I think it's it's reasonable enough to believe he's a scammer at this point. So if, if people want to post his name or whatever... Uh, go ahead. I, I want I saw someone posted his address up there. I, I, I don't want to see that posted yet, but uh, if you want to post his name now on the forum or the chat, go ahead and do it, uh, because it does piss me off that he promised to send it by Thursday, and then not only didn't send the money, but didn't have any contact with me whatsoever in the past week. So, uh, if, if he wants this to stop, if he doesn't want his name up there, then I have to receive more money then. Zero point zero. That's the end of that. Not much more to say. I think it's uh, looking excessively clear here that the Templar did scam people. And that's too bad because you know we were going to make him Rookie of the Year. But uh, uh, much like Joe Paterno, we're taking his wins away. Who's going to be our Bobby Bowden then? Is it that Steve-O? <laughs> yeah, I think, Steve-O's pretty good. Yeah, I think Steve-O, Steve-O is going to be the Bobby Bowden. <laughs> I like Steve-O because he's a foodie. 
Yeah. You know, Steve-O gets uppity with me sometimes, but that's okay. People can get uppity with me here. So, but I, oh, you know, I, I still, is that right? I didn't no, I, but I, st- I still like Steve-O. I think he's a good person. What do you consider uppity? He just disagrees with you and he's vocal about it? or uh, Sometimes, sometimes the way he does it. But that's, you know, that's fine, though. Like he, uh, I know he doesn't mean anything offensive by it, and, and I, I do like that, you know, we do have vigorous debates back and forth, and that, uh, um, you know, he, he he brings a lot of good information to the table, and he's obviously a smart guy. So, uh, and and he he posts good content here. So he's he's a very good new poster, and he's definitely the leading candidate for rookie of the year at the moment. Though so, you know, there's someone else that's uh, also rookie of the year candidacy, candidacy. That is Bubbles. Yes, I will agree with that. Bubbles is another one who uh, kind of came out of nowhere. But, yeah, uh, is a uh, good user of the site here, and we he played two contests in a row. Anyway, uh, moving on to non-forum stuff, we have a conviction of an absolute poker owner. I wish I could say it was Scott Tom. I wish I could even say it was AJ Green or Oscar Hill Tatum, but we have to settle for Brent Beckley, sentenced to 14 months in federal prison. Not for cheating people with super user accounts, which he probably did too, but for payment processing. Very unsexy crime, but he was payment processing for AP. He is uh, is a co-owner of AP. He was one of the owners that Joe Seabach, who we'll talk about later, promised wasn't an owner. But uh, indeed, the indictment said that Brett Beckley was an owner of Absolute Poker long, long after UB claimed that they switched ownership and sold the company, and he admitted to all this. He was an owner, he was processing payments, and uh, pled guilty, said, I'm sorry, and the government said, okay, 14 months in federal prison, which isn't very bad considering how much money he was processing for AP. I mean, millions and millions of dollars got processed there, and uh, a lot of it just disappeared and got stolen. He didn't get charged for that either. Do we have anyone with legal experience who can explain to us why he got 14 months? That seems Alvin, like a small Alvin we have Well, um, um, what I, what I can that's say right. What am I thinking? Oh, no, it's Layla. Uh, Alvin, uh, <laughs> why, in your opinion, was this gentleman only set, uh, sentenced to 14 months? Well, first of all, I wanted to uh, give a disclaimer here that I'm only licensed to practice law in the state of New Mexico. <laughs> so um, I, I can't really comment on the you know, federal jurisdictions, but... Uh, um, I, I have to say that they can really give him any sentence that they would like when it comes down to, uh, to to a plea bargain, or really the judge has the uh, flexibility to, to give him any kind of sentence uh, based upon the circumstances. And uh, he actually got was rather fortunate to only get that much time in prison. And uh, I don't think he's going to complain that 14 months is an odd number because it could have been 14 years. So uh, if, if you're an owner of a site like Absolute Poker, and after all the money you made and probably stole and stashed away somewhere, if you just spent 14 months in prison, I, I think I would even spend 14 months in the worst New Mexico prison if I could make hmm. that much money. Also, it's, Alvin, it's a good deal, right? I yes. mean, for, I'd give up 14 months of my life for, I don't know, um, $10 million. Alvin, also, a uh, rumor on the downtown uh, streets of uh, Laughlin and the Bullhead, Arizona area, are saying that as part of his sentence, he will only be allowed, as the, per the dr- judge's decree, to be playing in split pot games while in prison. Can you confirm or deny this? Well, um, 
It depends what you mean by split pot. Um, they do call a split pot game where if you don't have any money or cigarettes to pay up in prison, you have to uh, uh, basically bend over and, and split a certain part of your anatomy for the uh, for the winner of the game. <laughs> so um, I think that might be what they mean by, with that restriction. <laughs> I didn't know that was an official... Uh yeah. So you know, like, when you're pl- actually when you're playing in in prison, uh, heads up has more than one meaning. Oh mm. Yeah, I had not thought of that. Finkelstein with the explanation. Yeah, that's our legal expert, Alvin Finkelstein, breaking it down mm-hmm. for us. So yeah, Brent Beckley. Well, I, I spelled Brent Becklet in our forum, but I, just a typo. Brent Beckley, 14 months in federal prison. I really wish, I wish so much that they could arrest and charge the owners of AP and UB and Full Tilt for the crimes, the main crimes they committed. Not not the, the technicality crimes of payment processing and all that crap, but actually stealing from people. Really stealing money from American citizens and, and citizens abroad as well. Stealing tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, these people at, at UB and, and uh, Full Tilt and AP. They need to be charged with those crimes. And, and I think they could do it. I, I don't. It's not. Like, it's not even like they couldn't do it because uh, you know they did this while they weren't in the U.S. These are U.S. citizens. They they could charge them now. Whether they could get them extradited here, that's a different story. But they could charge them criminally for this. But and and they could put together a, a good enough case with the evidence that's out there, and evidence that they could get from uh, charging other people and getting other people to roll over on them. They could put together a real criminal case to bust these people. They just don't. They just don't. They don't have an interest in it. And that, that's always bothered me about our government, especially since they've developed an interest in making online poker busts, at least bust the people who are really stealing, the ones who are committing the worst crimes. It's, it's a hell of a lot worse to actually steal money from Americans playing online poker than it is to offer online poker in the first place, even if both are crimes. One is much worse than the other. So, anyway. I mean, Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. It's just pure speculation, but that's what we do. What do you think after, uh, both of you, after the outcome of uh, the situation with Ray Batar is finally settled, uh, what do you see him getting in terms of a pr- prison sentence? I mean, obviously he's not going to just get probation. No. 14 uh, months. <laughs> hey, you, know, you know what, you're not even that far off. I think it could easily be something relatively short. I don't think, I don't think Ray Batar turned himself in to get 15 years in prison. I think he turned himself in to get a much lighter sentence. It's probably more than 14 months, but I, I think it, we could see three years or something. It would be something that's surprisingly little, given everything he did. Both on I the agree. Side. I think he, he's got a deal, and I don't know what evidence he had to provide, but I'm sure that he made a trade. Yeah, there's some deal. So the question is... Uh, three like, years sounds about right. Like, to turn yourself in like he did, when you could just not come and try to fight it or try to disappear... I just don't see him doing that if he's getting something like 15 years, especially at his age. It's not like he's 22 years old and says, hey, I'll get out, and I'll, you know, after 15 years I'll still be under 40. Uh, th- he's not an old guy, but he's not young, and I-, I don't think he wants to spend 15 years in prison. I, I don't think he would, e- even if it meant giving up his assets or missing out on seeing his family, I just don't see him turning himself in to spend that long in prison if he doesn't have a deal that substantially reduces his sentence, unless he was that worried that if he didn't turn himself in that he could get life in prison, or essentially a life sentence based upon how old he is, and uh, and decided to take something like 10 or 15 years instead of that. But I guess we'll see when, uh, when that sentencing occurs and uh, when that case proceeds forward. So uh, speaking of scammers, 
since uh, this is going to be a more scam-centric show. Michael Mizraki, a guy who has, uh, he was uh, pretty much the phoenix of poker, who rose from the ashes, someone who, there was an article <clears throat> about him in a, in a magazine about how he was, uh, he was broke and owed all kinds of money and uh, he was in such horrible shape, and right after that, he won that uh, big tournament in the World Series two years ago for over a million dollars. Then he made the final table the main event that same year. In and fact, he, most of the uh, media coverage he got uh, that like almost immediately preceded the 2009 World Series was about properties in Florida that were being foreclosed on that he owned. Yeah, he was that a complete was, mess. And, and I mean, man, this guy wasted a lot of money. He he not only shot off in the pits, I actually witnessed it myself, but he, he had a bus that he drove around with an entourage. I mean, the, and he's a nice guy from what I've seen. Like, I, really, when I've dealt with Michael Mizraki, I've had nothing but pleasant dealings with him. He's always been very nice when, I, when I've seen him. Uh, kind of a soft-spoken guy. He, in fact, he kind of acts differently when he looks. You, you look at pictures of him, and you, you just kind of like picture a guy who's arrogant and obnoxious, but he's not at all. <laughs> you, you do. Like, that's what I thought I was going to be getting with him, but that, that wasn't what I got at all. He's always been nice and kind of soft-spoken, and, uh, you know, but, but he really had a comeback and, and has won so much money in tournament poker since 2010 and has done some amazing things in the tournament poker scene. But... Uh, Looks like he got scammed in a bracelet bet. Now, now, a lot of you know that people make bracelet bets. A lot of these pros actually have more money riding on the bracelet bets than they do uh, at, at the events themselves. I, I don't know if Midrocky was like this, but uh, he did make bracelet bets with people. And the problem with bracelet bets is you get people who assume you're not going to win a bracelet because it's much more likely you won't win a bracelet than you will. Of course. So people think they can free roll you that they'll bet you that you can't win a bracelet, you probably won't win, and then you'll have to pay them up. And then if by some odd chance you manage to win the bracelet, and you want to collect that large sum of money, because they never bet these at even odds. It's always the odds are much in the favor of, of uh, the person who's betting that they will win the bracelet. So Would you go so far to say as they pull a Jay Searles? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, because it wasn't... Uh, th- this isn't like a, an uneven odds bet that Jay Searles did. That was a, more like a prop bet. Uh, but uh, this bracelet bet, y- you really have the opportunity to get scammed here because it's so uneven, where it's it's always, uh, you know, 5 to 1, 10 to 1, 20 to 1, whatever, that... Uh, the person won't win the bracelet. So you're, you're receiving a much smaller amount of money if they don't win than if than they get if they do win. So Michael Mizraki made it... you to hear more about bracelet bets now, Jeff? <laughs> Go ahead. Michael Mizraki made a bet. I can't believe this guy shows up late to the show and then questions my conscience. Okay. I was just going to say... <laughs> you have no right tonight to do this. You, have, you know, when you show up 45 minutes late, your, your whining rights are, are restricted. <laughs> So anyway, the, Actually, I think I only show up 30 minutes late because you're already 15 minutes late. Oh. But you know what? You don't know that. Like when you show up late to a poker tournament and you sit down and everyone's at the table with right. you, you don't know if the guy to your left showed up two minutes before you did. You just you just know that you're the last one there. And as far as you think, everyone was there right on time. And, and you know, also, I, I, I there could have been sound card issues and I could have had to boot up the 10-year-old uh, HP. That's right. That was very irresponsible yeah. of you. We could have had yeah, no show all this time. Okay, so the guy who allegedly cheated Michael Mizraki was Giorgio Medici, an older gentleman. There's a picture of him on our Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum. Here are the tweets from Michael Mizraki about being scammed. He says, question, what if someone makes a bet and lays 5 to 1 on a bracelet bet, you lay 20k to win 100k? Which uh, I actually thought that was uh, 
pretty good deal for the uh, you know, for the other guy for only five to one. But uh, the grinder beat it. He won a bracelet. So he said, and when it comes to pay, he says he he files bankruptcy. And then he went to say that uh, he got this letter from someone. Hi, Michael. I'm sorry, but certain circumstances came up, and I had to file bankruptcy. I listed you in the list, and I know you received the letter from the law office. Again, I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do. And then this is. And a, you know, I'd like to chime in on that. There is something you can do. You don't have. You voluntarily give those names when you are declaring bankruptcy. You don't have to include the person. So yeah. it was certainly by choice. Yeah, I mean, you you don't. Yeah, just when you're filing bankruptcy doesn't mean that you can't uh, privately pay people. Uh, Exactly. So anyway, and he says, my response, why did you make a bet if you can't honor it? I paid 47500 to everyone who had action. You can work out a payment plan. I'm not sure what he means by that because he won the bracelet. Why was he paying anyone? But that doesn't matter for this. Well, uh, he, I think he meant he would have paid. Oh, he would have paid. Yeah, that's probably yeah. what he wrote. So he would, we'll, we'll reveal the name after. Keeps going on and on. His last words are, this is my last answer. Good luck in your tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, is, because we are an all-Jewish show, at least as far as our hosts go, can we ask, is Michael Mizrahi a Jew? Yes. Yes. He's, really. he's, a, he's very a big proud, Jew from He's like, what they New call an adamant. He's an, no, from Florida. He's okay. an adamant Jew. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's adamantly uh, Jewish. He, he's, he and he's actually he's re- Jewish. Or he, he's I don't think he's that religious, but he's Israeli, and in fact, uh, at one point listed his country as Israel, not the U.S. I think we need the Havanagila plan. Yeah, we do. I don't have that like, ready, but you, I should have had okay. that up. It's the one thing I forgot. But um, <laughs> anyway, then he went on to say, "Any thoughts? He claimed to have a bet with Durr last year and collected." Obviously took a shot at me to win 20k and couldn't pay. So first of all, this guy gets Durr, probably the same deal. Like if Durr had won a bracelet, he would have screwed Durr. But Durr didn't win, so he got the money off Durr. And then he's like, all right, that worked out in 2011. Let me try in 2012. Uh, hey, Grinder, how about I, I bet you 20k versus 100 you can't win a bracelet? All right, booked, sweet. And he's like, ah, 20k, 20k. And then he's like, ah, oh, crap. Well, time to declare bankruptcy. So uh, the Grinder offered him a payment plan. And then the guy still said nothing he can do, and just said he's bankrupt. And uh, the grinder's asking him why would he make the bet in the first place. And I think we have the answer. The answer is because the guy wanted a, a free roll to make 20k. So uh, you gotta. I, I can't believe these people do this. I mean, you have to be really, really sure that the other person can pay before you make a bet of that size, especially one where you're, you know, much more likely to have to pay them than they have to pay you. So if you're going to be taking a situation where, in most cases, you're going to have to cough up money to that person, and you'll never know if they could have paid you, you should at least make sure they're not free-rolling you, because that's the only way it's worth taking a bet like making a bet like that. But you know, let's say that you knew that you were on the verge of bankruptcy and you had an opportunity to take this bet, which, you know, in your estimation, is very much in your favor. The odds of losing are very, very, very low. Well, you'd you'd probably take it. You know, if you're the kind of person who's on the verge of bankruptcy anyway. Well, if, if, well, if you're the type of person that's willing to cheat people, yes. I mean, this, I'm not saying well, this sure. is dumb. I, this, I mean, we're talking, you know, the average poker person. Yeah, I mean, this this is this was a, a smart plan. I mean, that's uh, if you're really broke and don't mind cheating people, then these bracelet exactly. bets are great. And because you're, you're like, hey, I'm going to go bankrupt anyway. So <laughs> if I lose, I don't have to pay. And if I win, this is a free roll for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... Uh, 
something where you're much more likely to get paid than not paid, this is the perfect spot. Because in most cases, you're just going to get money and no one will ever know you were scamming them in the first place. So, right. uh, um, right. anyway, most, that's what happened. Most likely you walk out scot-free. Yeah. Right, you could just book the bet and then not have to deal with it and you get paid and have to just... And nobody ever knows that you were an asshole, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, so uh, now a, a shot was taken against the grinder. Uh, this is actually, I'm not joking, this is really from Marco at Quad Jacks. And the shot he was like this. <laughs> now, that, actually, there was a real shot. It wasn't just that. Uh, in addition to that, he also said, Mike, this is on Twitter publicly, Mike, I hope things work out. In the meantime, if bankruptcy upsets you, I suggest removing the Full Tilt Poker branding from your Twitter. So I guess <laughs> I guess the grinder forgot to remove the full tilt branding. That's kind of oh, typical. I don't think he did this in support of full tilt. I think that it's just kind of the grinder. He doesn't really pay attention to things like this, and uh, you know, it, it was kind of funny. But once uh, again, my dogs are responding to the mention of full tilt. Yeah, that's true. every time we talk about the Templar or full tilt, your dogs bark. I think anytime we we every time we have any kind of. Uh, Dealing with someone here, and we're not sure if they're honest or not honest. We we've just got to put your dog on the radio and mention the name. And if your dog barks, we know they're not honest. It's a good litmus test. <laughs> so that's that's what's uh, going on with the grinder. I haven't heard much what's happened since then, but I don't think anything is going to happen. I I actually have the bankruptcy documents that I posted up on our site. Just go to the scam scandals and shadiness forum. You will see the bankruptcy documents. And uh, two I, two quick questions that. Uh, Maybe you guys can address, because I, I, I briefly read through uh, one of the, the threads about it, but I'm not too familiar. This, the guy's name again is who? The one who scanned... Uh, Giorgio Mar- Medici. I, I, do, do either one of you know the name? No. Okay, I've never heard either. And secondly, I read some of the tweets, and I, I believe it was copied and pasted, so I'm not sure how authentic they were. Wasn't there a tweet by Madison poking or suggesting that it was lingering? Did he make some... Mention of lingering. Yes, yes. It was grinder, like right. a, a jagged little stab, even not knowing. I was, I was curious when I read that if he thought it was, or if he was just saying obviously lingering, even knowing it wasn't, taking a shot at him. Yeah, this is really weird. I think, I think that uh, Mike the Mouth there was serious with this, but uh, you never know with him. But he said he tweeted at the grinder saying, "Everyone knows this is Lindgren who did this to you. It's your fault for not knowing his situation." Hashtag donk. So I, I think. If I had to guess, I'd say he was probably serious and uh, and thought that the grinder was yet another victim of Lindgren. And maybe uh, Mike Manistel was a victim of Lindgren, that's made him say it. But that was kind of interesting. But I, I never really found out much more about uh, what made Mike say that. But uh, and these were, of course, all full-tilt pros at one point. So that happened to the grinder, and I, I imagine he'll never get that money. But uh, at least it wasn't. At least it was money that he didn't win, rather than the money he lost. But he's, you know, he still owed a hundred thousand from this guy. He's just not going to ever see it, and uh, it sucks. But you, know, you got to be careful. You got to have someone escrow the money or something. You can't just take hundred k bets from anyone who wants to make them with you. Yes, Todd, our female host is just skyping me. She has inadvertently disconnected herself. Oh my goodness! Like I, I, see, yes. I see that. I see that. No wonder she went so quiet. Hmm. All right. Okay. Your back. We, we just can't ever have three hosts on the show. All right. Angel, you back? I'm back. So sorry sorry for that. not noticing you were gone. I just uh, got so into talking about the grinder and bankruptcy and all that. So, uh, but, You know, there was a suggestion made in chat, that, and, and I did want to ask you about the scammer deck. 
uh, that we ship Medici to this camera deck. Is this something, is this a project that you're serious about pursuing? Well, yeah, what you're talking about here, last week we mentioned it too. Uh, someone suggested, I think it was Jacep, that we should have a deck of cards, kind of like that deck from uh, the... Iraq war that we had recently where they, they list all these people like Saddam Hussein was the ace. Like You had all these terrorists on there from Iraq or, or figures under Saddam Hussein who they wanted to kill and they released a deck of cards with that. I was thinking we should do that or someone suggested, I thought it was a good idea we should do that with uh, scammers and cheaters and poachers. Uh, unfortunately, Jeroff and I, and I saw someone commented on that if you did do that you might have to give another re- re- damage to that lawyer that you have. That's the problem, and that's, right. that's why... Too many people will be upset and try to sue Yeah, them. that's, that's the problem. And it's unfortunate because I know that they were very successful with a similar deck they made for serial killers. Uh, there's a market out there for this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, there is. That, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, if, you, if someone's been convicted in a court of law, then it's assumed that they did it, and then you're allowed to say all you want that they did so something So right, right now we can make this Brent Beckett the eight, and I just say that mockingly. Uh, the eight of clubs, if we wanted, for instance. Yes, yes, we could, we could have. He has been convicted, right? But uh, but anybody who hasn't absolutely shown positive proof that they ha- they scam someone, we would be liable. Yes. Now, if you have enough proof yourself that you could prove, if they were to sue you, that they did it, then you could win. But of course, that's a pain in the ass to defend. Your your, your strongest is when uh, they've just already been convicted, or you have them on tape admitting something. Then you could do but it too. But couldn't we print the deck with a disclaimer? Uh, see, it, it doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, it's, I would love to do this, but it's just uh, it it does put me and the site in, in too much legal jeopardy. Put you in a precarious spot, Jeff. Just say it. Yes, in a precarious yes. spot. So and the whole thing could just fall apart like a house of cards. <laughs> so you don't want me to do the artwork then? <laughs> uh, not not at this time. But it, it was a great. Do like an eight of clubs for. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I get started. Yeah, we could wait till there's 52 convictions. Convicted. Yeah, yeah, we could do. So, all right. Um, now, what about? Let me ask you <clears throat> real fast before we move on. Say we did do we we did do a Russ Hamilton. I mean, realistically, what are the odds that he's going to come out of hiding just because you know and, and start litigation over something like he that? He wouldn't see Russ Ham- Someone like Russ Hamilton, especially after <laughs> he's been named on uh, TV shows like 60 Minutes and CNBC. Right. You, you, there's a lot you could do to defend, and the fact that this uh, Kawanaki Gaming Commission named him as the guilty party. There's a lot you but could do. But his family could come out and see. They, they could, but have. I don't think they would because there's so much crap being said about Russ Hamilton, and I don't. If it, he was innocent, he would have gone after 60. That's, that's what I was going to say. He, he could have like, gone after very deep-pocketed corporations, not me. It's like I read in the newspaper, like all these little celebrities from the tabloids in England. They say that they're like uh, Bolivian, and they sue him, and they get like a quarter million. You know, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so so someone like Russ Hamilton, if we had 52 Russ Hamilton types, we could yeah. do it. The problem is there's a lot of more minor ones who you don't have that much proof against and could sue you, and at the very least would be a pain-in-the-ass type of legal fight, and, of course, in the worst case, they win a lot of money from you. So uh, that that's not the way I want to spend my uh, lifetime winnings mm-hmm. at poker. doesn't sound like it's worth it. So anyway, uh, things that have... Happened though. Uh, speaking of someone who I was wanting to include in that deck, even though he uh, didn't directly scam people, to my knowledge, Joe Seabock is back in the news. Joe Seabock, it was very surprisingly announced by uh, Freddie Deeb's daughter, Janine Deeb, that very handsome woman, I might say. <laughs> That's besides the point. That 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 uh, 
Joe Seabach has been hired by the World Poker Tour, and congratulations to him. It was not said exactly what he would be doing with them, whether he'd be hosting or working behind the scenes or appearing as a consultant, but uh, they said he was hired by the WPT, and as you can imagine, a lot of people in the poker world were not happy about this. They, they felt that this was ridiculous on several fronts. Uh, first of all, uh, he doesn't have all that impressive of a poker resume, especially recently. And when I say recently, I mean in the last several years. Uh, he has a bad reputation now, thanks to the UB stuff, which is the biggest reason. And uh, Todd, can I cut in for just one yes. moment? Do you have our ESPN breaking news sound fight? No. Special announcement on PFA Radio. Six Toe Pete has just taken down the free roll. Oh. Congratulations, Pete. Well, it's look, over already? Yeah, Limit, hold, limit Hold'em. Seven, 740. It was Limit Hold'em, and I actually reduced the starting chips to 2,500, thinking that it would go too long. I guess I won't do that again. I'm getting tweets from Kessler that uh, he's not happy with his structure. <laughs> <enough. laughs> he won't be playing in our free roll anymore. Yeah, all right. Well... I'll have to improve that structure next week. But congratulations anyway to Six-Toed Pete for winning the free roll. And, of course, PM me with your information to get the prize of 30 bucks. And second and third place, please do that as well, whoever you are. Oh, <laughs> I'm just uh, at this, <laughs> this just in. No, he hasn't. It's not over. Ah, oh, jeez. Did they, they rickrolled you, Vowels? I'm afraid so. Oh, I can't ever trust that chat. That chat room Sorry. gets me, that chat room gets me in trouble every week. Every week it's that chat room messes with me. I was going to say, even with a very, very limited poor structure, I can't see how it could be over by now. Yeah. I only believed it because I reduced the starting chips. I thought, oh, damn it, I screwed up. Why did I make it so little? A few artists who I, I believe to be reputable uh, claims there are 30 people. Yeah. I'm getting word right. from Sir Bobby Orr. Yeah, it's still on. You've definitely been rolled. What a joke. Okay. Six-toed Pete bragging about his prowess. What a joke. I should, I should okay. ban him from winning okay. tonight because of that. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, Joe Seabach, mm-hmm. supposedly hired with the WPT. A lot of outrage on 2 plus 2. Just people going on and on and on about how uh, he shouldn't be hired and they shouldn't be putting him in any capacity in the WPT. People even talking about boycotting it. And yeah, I, I had to agree that this would be a dumb hire. Joe Seabach is not a major name in poker. He's not someone like Phil Ivey, who, despite the fact that he now carries some baggage from Full Tilt, is very well-known and beloved in the poker world. Uh, Joe Seabach, at one point, was kind of seen as a, a fun, you know, personable guy. But you he, got more bracelets than him, uh, correct? Yes. But, but, you have more final tables than him? I don't know. But, uh, he has only one, Jeff. You play okay. alone. Come on. <laughs> so, so, Joe Seabach... Uh, this is someone that was never that well known to the casual poker fan. Most people that know him also know about the bad things about him, about the UB stuff, about the lies, about the broken promises, about the fact that he did not leave UB despite promising he would if he couldn't turn the company around and clean things up and get people their hand history. So, you know, he said, "Okay, guys, calm down. I joined it, but only to help everybody here." And if I can't do what I'm trying to do, if it turns out this company's shady, I'm leaving. Well, he didn't leave till they fired him. And by the time they fired him, that was after uh, they lost all their money from Black Friday. So or they didn't lose it, but it came out that they had stolen everyone's money prior to Black Friday. So the bottom line is Joe Seabach has a terrible rep. People could not understand what he would possibly bring to the WPT. And then word came down from Kevmath, who's a very reliable source, 
that the hiring is, quote, not happening. I don't know if that meant he was never hired in the first place and this was a mistake, or if they floated this out here through Janine Deeb as a trial balloon to see the public's reaction before they would actually officially announce it and saw the reaction was negative and decided to say forget it, or if they actually did hire him and then rescinded the hire because they thought better of it and realized that uh, this is bringing a lot more negative than positive. Let me ask you, besides that homely Deeb lady, did any other outlet confirm uh, this hiring? No. That's a report by any other reliable source. No, but I will say that uh, when the way Kevmath phrased it was that it's, quote, not happening, not that it was a false story, which really makes me think that either he they reversed their decision or it hadn't been fully decided yet and he was prematurely something congratulated. Something was on the table, for sure. It wasn't yeah. just a false rumor. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like someone just made this up or Janine Deeb got it wrong. It looks like it was either close or had happened and then didn't happen because they realized that uh, it's going to hurt more than it's going to help the WPT. So someone finally got wise over there. And there's even rumors that uh, he was hired because uh, Jim Ryan, who's the uh, currently involved with BWIN Party and was once involved with UB during all the cheating, that uh, he did this as a favor to Joe Seabach. But uh, there's no proof of that. That was just one rumor that was floated around, one theory, shall I say, that was floated around as to why they would have hired him in the first place. Because you, you have to think, wh- what are they thinking there at the WPT? Why, why would you hire Joe Seabach? Why not just hire someone else who's got a good personality that doesn't have the baggage of UB behind them? It's not like he's a big name in poker or someone that uh, the public has, you know, is that, he's not a household name in poker. You might as well hire Annie Duke. Yeah she'd, yeah, she'd be a better hire because at least there's a lot of people who know Annie Duke and who aren't aware of the shady stuff she's been involved in. At least there's a lot of people in this country who are casual fans of poker who think Annie Duke is a great woman. But uh, most people don't know Joe Seabach, and if they do, they know him for what he did with UB. So that would have been a terrible hire, but it's not happening anymore. Uh, a scam. A scam has occurred been occurring actually since last year, but it's getting worse. Hmm. It's a site called Bet Online. This is, what did you call this kind of show earlier? A scamathon or scamma something? Jeff? How do you know what I called it earlier if you were sleeping? No, but when we started going into scammers, you said that the theme of tonight's show is going to be a scammer. You used a, you don't remember? No. Okay, no, I'll I find it in the archives. I'll prove it to you. you got here. I hope no, so, no, because I... I'm starting to think now that you were actually listening all this time. No, you were on. We were. Or maybe I dreamt this, but when we after the temple, you were dreaming. After the temple, we moved in to the grinder, and then Seabach, and you said that tonight's show's theme was like a scamathon, or I, okay, okay. So no, I, I I'm did sure say Kowski knows. I, I did say earlier in the show when you were allegedly sleeping that <laughs> that I've uh, that allegedly I've sleeping. The dogs are calling look, me up. Look, look. I don't. I don't. I was not there to see you sleeping. You don't have any proof of it. You don't have sixty text messages proving that you were asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I can't believe you were sleeping. For sure, I can say maybe you were. But but anyway, I said that this site is called PokerFraudAlert.com, and yet and we don't 
focus all that much on this radio show on scams in poker, and I wanted to change that, and especially this week when there are a number of different stories about scams and scandals in poker. So tonight we're going to have more of that than usual. So one well, of them. Well, has a question in chat that he wanted to know if all these guys went to college together, they could have. <laughs> could they have all just started a fraternity called Phi Scamma Gamma? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually heard that was... Steve Ock, Hamilton, the whole bunch of them at five Scamma Gamma. You know what's well, funny is... Like scam it. What's funny is the guys who founded AP actually were in a fraternity together in Montana. So that's that probably was the, the fraternity. Jeff, I am getting positive response from the chat that is claiming that you gave this show some funny scammer name while I was on the air. So just yeah. read it. All right, so maybe you actually were sleeping. But speaking of five Scamma Gamma... Bet Online Poker, which is, I guess, uh, the official poker room of Phi Scamma Gamma. Uh, <laughs> Bet Online, which is a combination of a sports book and a poker room. I guess more of a sports book. But uh, before I get into what happened with them, you've got to be very careful before you bet on any sports book online. If you think poker sites are bad, if you think poker sites are shady, you have not seen anything. You ain't seen nothing until you've gone out to sports books online. Now, if you've stuck to the big ones like Bodog and, and you know, Matchbook, when they took it, they were in exactly a sports book, but uh, um, Pinnacle, ones like that, then you probably haven't been scammed on sports books. But if you've played on any of these smaller or medium sports books, I guarantee at some point you got ripped off. Now, you can't get cheated in sports the same way you can in poker. People can't look at your whole card in sports betting. But... Sports betting sites can cheat you just by not paying you or closing up shop. And this happens all the time. If you go on, uh, I think, what is it, sbrforum.com, it's, uh, I think it's SBR. It's a forum, a big forum that actually reviews sports betting sites. And they keep track of all the ones that are having problems. You can go on their page and look and see the ratings of sports books. And almost all of them and when I say almost all, I really mean almost all. They've listed all the sports books that have ever existed on the internet are rated F. F meaning it's done. If you have money there, it's never coming back. It means F stands for fucked. You're just you're just never. It's a letter grading system. F really does stand for fucked. It means it's gone. Like if what it's is sport, D? D's like dad gummit. Yeah, D's like ah oh, damn. Something like oh, that. Damn. Like, yeah, damn. Oh, as a famous once '80s iconic rapper once said, "Damn, yeah, lost damn. my phone again." <laughs> so, I mean, that D is pretty bad. D, you're probably not getting your money either. But most of them are F. The vast, vast majority of them are F. That means that most sports books that have ever existed on the internet ended up ripping people off with no so hope of ever getting their money going back. With a local bookie. I mean, you, you'd be much better with a local bookie, but it's, of course... Uh, That's it, on credit, then you can get you got to give it a slammer drop about the violence. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there is some violence sometimes. And uh, and also, it's a lot harder to bet with a local bookie sometimes. You know, online is so much easier. But, uh, boy, so many scams. I mean, much worse than poker ever was with, uh, with the number of scams and with the percentage of chance that you're going to get rolled by... A sports betting site, even ones that seem to be reputable, like there was one called Bet Cascade, a big site. It, it was, it was a lot of people played there. I played there, I got ripped off. I have forty-seven hundred dollars there, I'll never see again. And they're still taking bets. Wow. If you go to BetCascade.com, you can still place a bet there. You can call them 
In fact, that maybe I'll even call them during the show. Yeah, that's Sandwich uh, in the chat, uh, and he, he'd be up there. I don't know if he was on uh, the former site, but I'd put him definitely at least in the top ten for POI. But he's wondering if there's going to be a no... A no fraud a, a online PFA, sports betting. Yes, no fraud online sports betting. Yeah, maybe uh, I should have that, because, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, bet online... Is yet another one of these sports books. And don't get fooled. Vowels mentioned earlier in the show that she gets these things in the mail, these very beautiful promotions in the mail, the in, in glossy envelopes. I just, I think and I get you know what? Too. I was going to ask you that. It's very funny you bring that up because I have like I basically have three different emails. I mean, I have a, a bunch more, but three that I mainly use. One is for just poker. One is for like my serious uh, professional talk. And then a third one is just for, like, Apple, iTunes, all that stuff. And I wonder, my professional emails, I, I may have used them. In fact, I actually, I know I've used them just with stars and full tilt and none of the other sites. And I constantly get sports books and gambling sent to these emails. And I wonder, do you think all this time those companies were selling and our emails? Uh, sort of. I got the same thing from Bodog. I got uh, Bodog. I, I created a Bodog-only email address at Yahoo, and I used that email for nothing else, and all of a sudden I started getting this spam that was actually addressing me by name. You know, Todd, comma, blah, 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 and it was a sports, some shady sports betting site, which is funny because Bodog itself is a sports book. Why would they be competing with themselves? Well, what I think is happening here, Bodog denied it. I actually brought it up to them on uh, 2 Plus 2. They denied it. But... Uh, I think what happens here is you have unscrupulous employees that steal these email lists and then sell them. That's what I think has been happening. So I don't think PokerStars or Full Tilt is operating sports books or, or was selling your info. Though it's possible, especially Full Tilt. I wouldn't put anything past them. But I, I don't think PokerStars would do that. But I could even see, I could easily see people who work for PokerStars uh, stealing the email lists and selling them because they're worth a lot, those, those email lists of uh, people who gamble online. So, uh, but when I talked about getting things in the mail, I wasn't just talking about email. I mean, you'll sometimes get in the regular snail mail these beautiful advertisements. Uh, I, I've gotten calendars. I've gotten uh, just, like, very expensive ads or promotional material inviting me to join such and such sports betting site. And then I go online and I look them up, and I can't believe it when I see the ratings. I see they're rated D+, plus, D-, minus, sometimes even F. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're spending so much money to entice people like me to play there, and they look so reputable from their material, and then it turns out they're in trouble and haven't paid a cash out in over a year. So you really have to check out, I think it's sbrforum.com, whatever it is, but it's SBR something. Uh, but definitely I'm, I'm obviously one of the very lucky ones in the fact that uh, I only bet <clears throat> during football season anyhow, and I live in Nevada. And the thing that's, that is odd to me is maybe... <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe you two, again, can explain this to me. I, I do have a lot of friends that live here, and up until uh, when these sites really got shady and, and, and there was problems cashing out, a lot of fellow Las Vegans still bet online. And I never understood what would be the point of doing that if you lived here in Vegas. Well, and you could get your money instantly. I mean, unless I, I, I well, guess the only reasons. answer I could think of that you're going to tell me is that the lines are better. Yes, the, that, the okay, lines that, are that, better, that, and, and you could, sometimes the limits are more, and sometimes uh, um, they were not just better, but uh, like if you want to do teasers, for example, uh, I don't think any of the Vegas casinos provide odds for teasers in the NFL to where it's positive EV, even if you bet them perfectly. 
but if you use perfect strategy on a lot of sites online, there's a number of sites still where you can be positive EV, and that's why I still bet teasers every year, but you just have to watch out that the betting you do, you're, you're going to get paid eventually. So I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was those damn New York Giants that fucked you out of a really good teaser you had going. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, we, uh, so, bet online poker, which is just bet online for the sportsbook part, but uh, bet online has been accused of a lot of bad things. These include employee tampering and hacking of user accounts, where the employees there access your accounts. And then maybe related to number one, number two, players reporting that their accounts are drained of money, that they just find they're zeroed. And number three, that uh, their clients keep going online, the client you know, that is for the, to access the site. And then people who are newer on the site can't access their account. So uh, this is a report that was posted now on our site from Set of K's, who is a longtime member of our community. And this is what Set of K's had to say on our forum about Bet Online, which was U.S. friendly. Uh, I think they still are for the poker room. Recently got a 10K cash out from here. So he's actually saying that they did cash him out. But he goes on to say, A buddy had 500 on his account, and I was at his house watching him play, and saw the games were as soft as, soft as I've seen since Party Poker. He's referring to Party Poker back in the old days. So I figured I'd play on his account. Ran up that 10K, ran that up to 10K, that is from 500, to two or three weeks. Uh, after, I, after I'd run it up, I looked up the reviews, and it looked like there was no way I was going to get paid, because he was seeing all these people complaining that they weren't getting money. I talked to affiliate buddies, and they told me that they figured that there was maybe a 15% chance I was getting paid. My buddy was on the phone arguing with them for hours the other night, so that probably helped. I, I told him that if I actually got paid, I'd give him $1,000, so that gave him motivation, because remember, it was his friend's account. The people I know that are in the know are amazed that I actually got paid by them. So I guess Set of K's was one of the few who got any money. Some things I've heard about them. Number one, they are retards that know nothing about gambling, but just decided to get a license because it would be profitable. So one guy ran a small deposit up to 60 k They confiscated his funds because they claimed he was cheating. They have no proof he was cheating. Uh, but, but in their minds, if you run a small deposit up to 60 k you have to invent cheating. Now, I don't believe that part. I believe that he, I believe that they just invented that as an excuse. I don't think they believed he was cheating. I thought they probably just didn't want to pay him and thought this would be a good excuse to just rip him off. But uh, that, that guy was on 2 plus 2. I think, actually, he, he brought it up to 65 k that person. And... Uh, they just didn't want to pay him. Said, you're cheating, tough luck, your money's gone. Now, that almost happened to me on Cake Poker five years ago. They almost confiscated 46 k from me. But the difference is I was able to threaten them with bad publicity where they backed down. Uh, <laughs> okay, it should be back now. I, just, uh, I, I manually took it down and put it back. Dead air. Radio back. Okay, Radio's back. Okay, back. okay, people, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go get that damn wire. As much as it's... Uh, Plug in the friggin' wire. Damn. Okay. Okay. So, uh... So I will uh, talk while you're while you're doing that. Well, no, I can I can walk with it because it's a laptop, but... Uh, oh, okay. Well, walk with me. Talk with me. <laughs> so, but I... <laughs> I've got to make sure to, not to bump into anything. Oh, there, there's apparently an ante in, in our tournament with a limit hold'em. That's pretty embarrassing. They should not have done... There should not be an ante in limit hold'em in our tournament. <laughs> what? I cannot believe this damn thing with a wire. It's very sad. But what was the reason that you didn't use the wire from the start? 
because last time when I had the wire, when I had to uh, when I had to move rooms, then I had to disconnect the wire just to move, and the process of disconnecting the wire knocked the show off. So I thought maybe I'll do without the wire this time, but that that yeah. didn't work out. Well, there might be some um, some good then in investing in a wire that at least reaches from one room to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that 5,000 foot. I think, it, I think I'm going to get the 5,000 foot wire. I think that's what I need. <laughs> but how much space in your place would that take up? That's all piled up. It'd be like, you know, the, it, the size of a couch. You know, I think that... Uh, I think however much room it takes, it would be worth it. <laughs> you have to designate a special closet. Well, you know, if you stretched out your intestines, they would go like a very long distance. I don't know how long it is, but it would be really long if you just like took and unwrapped your intestines. So, you know, you don't hear people complaining about how long their intestines are. They just have them. <laughs> people don't complain about them. Yeah, they don't say, yeah. wow, I wish my intestines weren't a mile long. You know, they, <laughs> they're they just very long. You know, that's, that's the way it is. Um I'm very helpful for taking the crap. So I, I, I just got the wire, and uh, I'm in the. Okay. People yeah. are congratulating okay. six-toed Pete. I, I don't, I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe he won. I just, I'm not going to fall for this a second time. You better win now after that. Although I did hear that Limitless was in the lead after that. Uh, fraud, fraudulent announcement, <laughs> but I don't know if he's still in the lead. Can you look in on it, or is that not possible? Can I look in on it? Yeah. Can you tell me who's who's in first and second? Yeah, yeah I think I can. But right now I'm I'm concentrating on <laughs> on the wire. The wire. So I'm I'm putting in the wire right now. And <laughs> oh my goodness. Hopefully this will solve our problems, and I'll, I'll remove all this fail in the archives. But all you live people are stuck row, with it. Row millions is telling us that six hundred is out. Welcome well, back. welcome back. No, I, I just went and got a we, wire. Uh, have we resolved our? So we are. Well, we're on the air. I just went and got a wire, so we're kind of pausing the show. I mean, people are listening right now, but I got a wire, and let me see the wire. Let me ask one one last thing. Can what? Uh, Type of wireless card. Do you have a state-of-the-art wireless card? I want to chime in here and say that I think Todd needs a completely new laptop. Um, but that would, you know, probably help out. But, and we could all pitch in and uh, contribute toward that. I think that um, we'll send you to like, uh, one of those online sites where they're always running deals. Get you something for like 400 bucks. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, four hundred bucks, I think, wouldn't be a good, good thing. It would probably be too much of a piece of crap. Well, you also another thing, like I said, is you may just want to inquire about improving your, improving your, your sound card. Okay. <laughs> not not the sound card again. So wait, are we on the air now? Yeah, we're on the air. We're so let, let's go back to discussing what we were talking about before. That everything is back, and I, I am going to remove the fail from the archives, so it won't be quite as embarrassing. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Going back to what we were talking about with the situation with Bet Online, uh, the second thing that happened was that one guy had thirty thousand in his account, and when he logged in, it was all gone. And they told him that he had bet it all on the sports game and lost it. And that's unbelievable. 
that someone has $30,000, they log in, it's just not there, he calls them and says, what the hell happened to my money? And they actually have the nerve to tell him, oh, you bet that, you just don't remember. Like, like, why even say that? Why not just say we stole yeah, but, your money? Okay, but devil's advocate, though... And is this person someone we know or someone that's... No, this is uh, a report from Set of Kings that this this happened. But the thing is, there's stories like this all over the place on the web. Vowels is having trouble. I can't hear shit. Okay. I'm going to try to reconnect vowels. I don't think it's related. I think it's... Hey, you think by season two we'll get all this together? We don't have seasons here. This is one long season. (laughs) No, No, but what I was saying is, I'm sure as, as... you know, you know that I'm sure there's been times when someone has lost a lot of money, whether it's their whole bank or their life savings, specifically like sports betting, and they it would call and claim not to have made the bet. Or, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Just out of desperation. So I, I was just wondering if this is like somebody, uh, not set of kings, but somebody reliable or just someone known that would have um, credit in terms of, you know, making that kind of claim. Because I can very well see somebody betting thirty thousand, you know, on, on a, a football game, then losing, and then claiming they didn't even bet, they didn't bet it, or they bet the other side. No, I totally understand so what you're saying here, but uh, th- there are so many reports just like that one all over the web now. This has been going on since November, okay. to where it's highly likely that uh, it's not an isolated incident, is what right? You're not even close. So that was another report. Another report. This is really weird. This is according to Set of Kings. They lie about the network they're on. They claim they were on the Cake Network, and then the Cake Network said, no, they aren't. Some people think they lie about the network they're on because that network doesn't want to allow Americans. Now, what I last heard was that they're on the Action Poker Network, which I've never heard of before, but uh, I I actually tried to do some research before the show of what network are they actually on, and the last I, I could find was that they're part of the Action Poker Network, and I couldn't really understand all that much about the Action Poker Network, beyond just like this is on it and some other crappy sites are on it. I I don't know uh, which network they're on, but the fact that they tried to lie and claim they were on other networks than they really were is also really funny and uh, and really shady. Uh, Then he also said, they were arguing vehemently with my buddy, this is the one who ran it up to 10K, that no Americans should be playing on the network. And then he said, I was telling them I'm watching a table right now and see a bunch of Americans playing, and they were just saying, no, you don't. <laughs> and then he said they, they like sports betters more than poker players, uh, which, which isn't surprising because they, you know, a lot more losing sports betters than poker players. Uh, By the way, shout out to that boy, that young boy that was the last player ever on Stars. <laughs> Held out as long as he could. Remember that young kid? That was. That was very impressive. <laughs> So you basically, and again, I have never used an online sports book. Because, well, actually, no, I I can't say that. I did when I was in college, but since I've lived in Vegas, I never have. Are they at this point any reputable sports books out there for Americans? Well, uh, actually, though I've heard they've had a little trouble paying lately. uh, Bodog, aka Bovada, they they've always been reputable. They haven't cheated people. And they, they used to be good at paying, though I heard they've had more problems lately. And uh, I've used them. And what, what else? There's some other ones out there, some very big ones. If you go to this SBR forum, you can find the ones that are A-rated, and those ones are pretty good to play on. But uh, th- this one's really bad. And uh, so this is a chat that was posted by a guy 
uh, I think on 2 plus 2, named 2curioso1. So this person was chatting with a representative from Bet Online, And he was asking about his cash out. So this guy says, hi, I have a, pass, a, a pending cash out Sunday. I'm wondering when I'm going to get that. To my money bookers. This is a, a European player who had money bookers as a cash out option. So the representative named Wilson said, can I have your account and password? <laughs> so uh, the player says back, he gives his account, but doesn't want to give his password. He said, I'll never be giving my password under these circumstances. And to be honest, it's not cool that it's asked of me. Which he's right. Would you want to give your password to the rep of these sites so they can just log on to your account and play? So Wilson says back, shockingly, we already have your password. It's just part of the security procedures. So he said, what's stopping you from using my password to log on to my email on file or when you get off work logging onto my account? That's ridiculous. And so Wilson says back, I already know your password. I just need to verify for your own security. And then um, uh, you know, this guy reveals he actually really has it. Like, like he, he says it starts with whatever. He says it starts with this or ends with this. And then Wilson says ends. And he was right. So this guy, Wilson, working for Bet Online, could see this player's password. And then the, the reason he claimed that he wouldn't play is that we are located in Panama. Check the rules of Bet Online. They claim there are certain countries you cannot play. Panama's on that list. So Wilson's saying, yeah, I can see your username and password, but no problem, I can't play from where I am, so you're safe. Wow. You know, I'm looking at the SBR um, sports review, sports book review site, and strangely enough, they have Bet Online marked at a B plus. Um, which doesn't make sense, or, it, or must not be current. That is surprising. I've, I've noticed they're usually on the ball with these things, but yeah, B plus they definitely don't deserve that. And keep in mind, anything below A minus, you don't want any, anything below any A anything. Oh. you don't want to play. Speaking of which, recommended uh, site is Pinnacle. Yeah. By the way, uh, vowels. I hate to tell you, but I you're, hear her. yeah, I you're having. Vowels. I hate to say you're having internet problems now, and it is on your end because everything else is fine, including Brandon. So I can try to call you back one more time, but you may be having internet problems right now. Okay. <laughs> Never a dull moment here. Now I wanted to let people know, and I'm sure you're probably cute, but our November nine. I guess, at least in our eyes, and I think many members of the site, the, or I should say the October 9 uh, player that we are rooting for. Uh, do you know who that is, Jeff, again? Hmm. Well, there are nine players. Yeah, and who on this really? site? I, I, I'm trying to load a sound bite. You're, you're oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, there's an there's a October 9 Druff member that uh, all of us have just been captivated by and want to root him on to be the next... Main event champion of 2012. Hello, people. This is and his Todd name is. Tell us for poker fraud. Al- Damn, I get it. You know, it's only like we, it's, we only use five soundbites a show, Drop. Mike Esposito. There you go. Yes. yes. And I have found out, and this is sadly going to upset C Money, that the odds of. You there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was waiting for you to play it again. But the odds of Mike Esposito winning the main event are at eight to one. That is what the line is at uh, the Rio. Those are not very long odds. No. Damn. 
Not very long odds for uh, here. I don't Be- think Benjamin. Yeah, ben- I don't think either. Benjamin wants to bet on Mike Esposito. Did we? Uh, did we get Angel back? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> it shows she's here, but she's not talking. Everything's just falling apart. Yeah, the big fail tonight. Yeah, it says there's a problem with this call, and it's not on my side. I'm innocent of this one. Hmm. There's many there's many areas where I could be said I'm guilty, but not in this. Huh. Very, very odd. You know, the, do you remember when, I, I think me and her have some kind of connection, because do you remember back when I had my sound card issues, and then the same night her sound card crashed? I do. It seems like whatever problems I have, now she's gone again. Whatever problems I have, she has. I I don't even have a dog or cat either. But somehow we're connected. Somehow we have like a symbiotic relationship between our computers. Mm. Very, very odd. So, yeah, she's she's just unreachable. and It's easy to blame on me because of all the fail I've had tonight. But it's not because she's she's the only connection I'm having problems with. (laughs) Very, very odd. Um, well, so I guess are we sum- summarizing the, our sports betting segment by saying really, besides, is Bovada, there really isn't a safe place to advise any users or listeners that want to wager online uh, sports betting? Especially with football season coming up, a lot of people uh, are going to be going to find a way to get some action. Well, I have not... Um, I haven't researched it, so there could be other places, but I would go as far to say that you really have to watch out, and you really have to make sure that the sports betting site you're playing on has a good reputation, because if you look, you'll see on that SBR forum, so many of them are rated F, and these were all sites that appeared to be decent at one point, and there's just so many that go down, so many with problems. I mean, look, look how shady this one is. They're, they're stealing money out of people's accounts, seeing people's passwords. I, it's just awful. So, mm. I, I like how someone said in our chat, do they know they're on the air right now? Druff is using his non-radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I have a radio voice. But no, I think what he was hearing was I was moving locations within the location. And mm-hmm. when I was walking, my voice probably sounded different. That's probably what was going on. That was uh, John Stamos. You've uh, met him. Yeah. Yes. I didn't want to out him. I, I, I saw who it was. I just uh, was trying to, oh, yeah. trying to keep him confidential. And uh, speaking of sports betting scams and the whole uh, gender, has there been any breaking news on infamous uh, former site and 2 plus 2 scammer, Peter DC, also known as... Mike Esposito. Well, uh, he's been released, but that's that's all I've known. Uh, do you think he's coming back to his little shack on uh, Decatur and Sahara in Vegas, or do you think he'll be holed up in L.A.? What, what? I mean, do you think this is the last we've heard of him? No, of course and not. What do you just I mean? No. I mean, no, so he, he keeps scamming. First of all, he didn't get busted for any of that scamming, so it's not like it's not like he said, "Okay, the jig is up. They're on to me. They've busted me for it. I can't do it again." He got busted right. for something totally unrelated to this scamming. He's never once been busted for any scamming that he's done to poker players. So, I mean, 2 plus 2, he, he made a lot of money off those people more than once. And he'll do it again. He'll keep doing it with different screen names. 
as long as he can get away with it. So I'm sure that's not the last that uh, we have heard of of Mr. Belonging to Mike Esposito. <laughs> so, but we will be rooting for him nonetheless in Absolutely. this upcoming November 9. Even if there's only eight to one odds, I think that's because at the Rio they realize the inherent greatness of. Belonging to Mike Esposito. Okay. So, uh, moving along here. I'm noticing Vowels is not connected even to our chat. So yeah, yeah uh, she's, she's having bad internet problems there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you came, Brandon, because otherwise it would just be me. Yes. This is like the two-host show. Not the same two hosts, but uh, I'm hoping yeah. she comes back so I can drop off. <laughs> a- anyway, uh, th- this is a, not a huge story, but one that's worth mentioning just because of how similar it is to something else that happened. Oh, she, she just came back online. I try to reconnect her for this story. I th- I'm feeling good about this one. I feel we've got like, I don't know, we've got like 50 outs to win on the river here. Hmm. Angel. Vowels. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, uh, it's not awful. that good. It's bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's appropriate that it's happening tonight when we have problems <laughs> on both our ends. But this Jesus. this one is your fault. At least your internet's fault. Uh, maybe oh, you can no. send me. What, what, what could I have done wrong? Actually, you're better now. I restarted everything, so okay. I was hoping that would fix it. Right now, now it's great. Right now it's great. So we're gonna okay. cross our fingers. Iceman would be. Iceman would like this form yeah. of Layla. <laughs> yeah, Iceman is gonna want to know all about uh, this current version of your voice. So, um, in Tennessee, there must be an Annie Duke fan because uh, here's a news article about the Chattanooga Billiard Club. A group of more than 70 Tennessee poker players have filed a class action lawsuit against the Chattanooga Billiard Club and its owner, Phil Windham, for allegedly canceling an annual poker tournament for which the players qualified. So they basically had a free roll that people can qualify by playing in that poker room and then canceled it. So it uh, <laughs> sounds very, very much like the Epic Poker League. And there's a lawsuit that uh, has eight counts against the CBC and the owner. Consumer fraud protection violation, fraud, deceit, and misrepresentation, civil conspiracy, international, or, sorry, inter- intentional misrepresentations, negligent misrepresentations, which you would think would be kind of contradictory. How could he be both intentionally misrepresenting and negligently misrepresenting? Those, those are the opposite of each other. Anyway, unjust enrichment breach of contract, and and then it's class action. So, this class action suit against this Tennessee poker room for canceling a free roll. They should have the same thing against the Epic Poker League, or at least against Annie Duke and the principles mm. of it. In all fairness, Bootsy Collins make a good point that place does sound like a lovely facility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're telling me that you wouldn't want to spend a lot of time at the Chattanooga Billiard Club playing poker. <laughs> Wow, and the way the way this worked was that uh, the plaintiffs expressed that they explained that the CBC hosted a free poker tournament every Monday for more than two years. Anywhere from about seventy to hundred people would participate. The winner would receive a gift certificate in the amount of forty cents times the number of players in the event. So if there's a hundred people, you get a forty dollar gift certificate, and uh, and then uh, that'd be the winner would get that, and then the 
people who made the final table would also get uh, uh, some certificate. But anyway, uh, eventually this uh, this got canceled, uh, despite there being a, a promotion and a heavy publicist, heavily publicizing of this. So, in fact, they actually had a flyer that said monthly winners also qualify for a huge annual deep stack tournament with an even bigger purse. So that's what they canceled, was this huge annual deep stack tournament. And it was a heavily publicized event, and they just decided not to hold it. And they, uh, they said that in the late spring of 2012, they announced the weekly and monthly tournaments would stop. And uh, that was that. So... What is the legality of that, Todd? I mean, can you advertise a free roll and then just say, oh, you know what, we can't do it? Yeah, um, I believe that uh, these people have a good case. I believe that they have to, uh, you know, when you advertise something like that, you do actually have to hold it, provided that they are gaining in some way from you being down there. So, like, if I were to hold, uh, let's say I, I owned a poker room, but uh, it was one where I wasn't making any money. Say, forget a poker room. Say, in my house, I invited people to come over and play. No entry fee, so it's legal. And play a tournament, and just out of the goodness of my heart, uh, that I was going to give people points to play a free roll. And whoever, had, you know, the top ten points finishers, after a year of doing this, would play a free roll for $10,000. All out of my own pocket. I didn't make a single dime out of them coming here. I didn't sell them anything. I got nothing out of them coming here other than their company. And then, so I, then I decided... the point that you advertised it, um, it you know... Uh, in other words, you, you you didn't just tell people about it. You put it in the newspaper or you put it on the no, local radio I, station. I believe the sticking point is that uh, you're yeah you're advertising this and you're drawing people there for commercial game gain. So when they're down there and then when they're playing and they're they're spending money on other things, food and drinks and uh, you know whatever else they're spending money on in your business. When they come down for this and you make money off them in other ways then you've drawn them down here for something you're not going to deliver. Whereas, in my example, if I had people come to my house to play a free roll, but I wasn't making any money in any way, shape, or form, and then just decided not to have the end free roll to make them the money, I don't believe they could successfully sue me because they couldn't really show any damages, and they couldn't show that I gained anything from this, and they can't really claim fraud because I didn't, again, I didn't gain anything, I had no way to gain anything. I just didn't come through with something I said I would give them for free. So that's now, hypothetically playing... Uh, Oh, that is an awful echo now on my end. Jesus. Um, <clears throat> hypothetically, Druff, though, on your site, if you offered a free roll, like we do every week, and uh, you didn't buy the 5,000-foot-long Ethernet cable and it got uh, canceled or something, could any kind of action be taken against you? If I had one here on this site and then didn't actually do it? Yes. Um, maybe. If, if they could show that I benefited from having people come here and benefited commercially from having the traffic here and then didn't actually hold the free roll, then yes, they could make some kind of case against me. That's why I'm saying, like, one at my house where I wouldn't be gaining anything from it and just would be promising to give them one, to give them free money because I'm nice, that would be a lot harder to, to sue me. But uh, <laughs> this is from the chat, though. Uh, Anonymous is saying... In all honesty, the people who work, not own the CBC, are really, really nice, personable people. The place was some of the best food I ever had, 
in a while as well, which is hard to believe in a poker room. But uh, you know, I, I'm not blaming the employees. Yeah, I'm not blaming the employees. If uh, they went along with what the boss said and thought that this was legit, then um, you know, I'm sure they could be nice people. A lot of times, this is at the very top where these scams originate, and sometimes the business doesn't intend to scam people. I don't believe the CBC was looking to rip people off or to get them down there for a free roll that didn't really exist, but I think they probably realized it wasn't worth their while, that it was actually costing them money in the long run, and they decided not to do it. So uh, a lot of them see this as... uh, A lot of them see this as something where they're giving something away for free so they can take it away at any time. They don't really see that they're gaining something outside of it. Now, AJ Trigger is saying, well, Todd, keep in mind it's not a poker room. There's no commercial gaming in Tennessee at all. So I guess I, I guess what's going on here, it's a, it's a billiard club, and they're trying to get people down there to play billiards and whatever else, you know, buy the food and the drink down there, and that they have this free roll to where it just entices people to come down where they come down to our business and you can play this poker free roll. But there's no real poker games running. I mean, they could do that anywhere. You could do that. Uh, you don't need any kind of license to do that for gambling because you're uh, you're letting people buy in for free. It's just a way to entice people to come down to your business. So, I, But still, they were gaining commercially from having people come down there. And if people are coming down and spending money in this business, if they're playing billiards here instead of other places... If they're ordering food there instead of other places because they think that they're getting a poker free roll that doesn't exist, then yes, they gain from this non-existent free roll. So, uh, you know, it, it's not a huge issue for poker, but but this is very similar in a lot of ways to the Epic Poker League. And bottom line is, if you're going to offer a free roll, you really should have the you, you should you should have it. You should not ever pull it back and say no 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 we're not having it unless your business absolutely goes under and just can't pay. And not not because you've taken six-figure salaries out of it, like the Epic Poker League did for several people, but because the business just didn't work out. It's like, if this place went under and just was broke, that would be a good excuse not to have the free roll. But, uh, anyway. Uh, that's what happens. What else? Is there more scamming? There is. Uh, no, I mean, well, not wow. directly. No, there's uh, no more scamming, really, but... There's a new poker movie. I have something that um, is related. Is my voice echoing? Your voice yeah. sounds sounds fine to me. What about the yeah, audience? You're echoing to me, and I'm echoing as well. Um, I can so call you both back. I can try one more time. All right. Okay, so I'll call you guys both back here. Boy, we have a lot back. of technical fail tonight. Back. Yep, it, uh, yep it's echoing. Yeah, Brandon's echoing like crazy to me, too. Yeah, I think this is a Skype problem, unfortunately. Um, I hear a little echo with you guys, but as long as the audience doesn't hear it... Then we're all right. Yeah. You know what you did? So, to take okay. one earphone off the right ear. Well, I actually got a headset that's only one earphone for that very reason. Um, and now it sounds fine, so huh. I don't know. You're, I think uh, Todd is right. It's a Skype issue. It's in and out. Um, but I wanted to address something that was brought up in the chat, if you don't mind, Todd. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Six to Pete asks, please address how Jacob's site, PokerRadio.com, infected all who visited there, a nasty rootkit malware virus. Well, and adamantium, it has screwed up many computers. A rootkit malware virus, one of the worst computer infections to cure. 
uh, Sir Bobby, Bubbles, me, and more were infected. Well, um, do you know anything about that? I know a little bit about it, and you know this is. Uh, it was it was a hacking. It was a hacking through an, an exploit that wasn't their fault over there, and you sure. know, this, this happens all the time. In all fairness, I should be attributed to. I may be, you know, because I am part of that site as well. Yeah. So don't just call out Jason. So, but, yeah, um, it's oh, Brandon's okay. fault too. Well, no, no, I'm just, yeah. I, no, Jason's <laughs> name was mentioned in chat, but yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. So, what can you tell us about what happened? I mean, have they isolated the issue and uh, eliminated it? Um, what's going on? I mean. Okay, from what I was told, and I don't know anything about Google and, and these viruses, it was called a Google redirect, which I don't know. I mean, I know in theory what it is, um, and from what I was told, I, I wasn't affected at all. And as long as you typed in VegasPokerRadio.com on your actual browser, you were fine. And the only people that I was told, anyways, that this affected was if you went to Google and typed it in, and then it redirected you to some uh, virus site in Poland. Um, but I don't know how somebody would hack into a site with these Google redirects. Uh, Druff, obviously, if anyone of the three of us, you'd know. You know what? I've never heard of that before. But I, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I heard that this happened. And yeah, uh, the site is down right now. It's being worked on by our programmers, and uh, Jacob's been working on it now for, uh, I don't know, three days. And that that's really all I know, guys. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry if anyone really uh, was inconvenienced in terms of getting infected. I, mean, I, I can tell you I had a root kit um, on my work computer, and I'm I'm still not exactly sure where I got it, but it, you know I was browsing the internet and I clicked on something I shouldn't have, and I knew immediately that something had gone wrong because I saw some toolbars attach themselves to IE and Firefox that hadn't been there before, so I knew that was bad. But then I realized that as I was going to other sites and even googling things, I was getting redirected to advertising sites. Yeah. So yeah. RootKit is pretty serious. It goes all the way into the very core yeah, that's, of your computer. That's a Google redirect. And, again, I have no idea unless Aaron Johnson is back on the list. Well, we, 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 we have a – hold on, hold on. Caller. Uh, we had a caller. People call, just call jump her. in. Yeah, caller, you got you got to wait till we say it's time for you to talk. So uh, who are you? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is Pete, six-throat Pete. Hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. How are you, buddy? I just come. Good, very good. All right, you got to speak up. You're a little bit soft here, but uh, so uh, I, is, is there much more to say? I saw what you said in the chat that it was a you know a root kit and it was a, a you know pretty bad malware and hard to get rid of. And I, I believe all these things, but uh, there, there's not much they can do. This was something that. Uh, that just happened. It obviously wasn't intentional. Uh, when you use commercial packages like WordPress, uh, you're always vulnerable to things like this. Uh, I mean, even 2 plus 2 got hacked uh, because of vulnerabilities in the, uh, in the vBulletin uh, encryption. So Yeah, yeah I'd be happy to. Am I on the air now? Yes. Okay. I will post. Now, first of all, I want to say Jessup and Vegas Poker Radio obviously didn't do this on purpose. But of course not. The virus that you get, the virus that one gets by visiting that site is very serious. It not only hijacks your browser because, like Paulo said, it's a rootkit, a rootkit uh, virus. That's deep. Even if your virus program says that it removed it, it didn't. And I will post a solution on how to get rid of it. I know Sir Bobby got it. I know Bubbles got it. I know I got it. Just by visiting. 
But now, Pete, let me ask you, because I consulted with some IT professionals when I caught a rootkit on my work computer, and they said the only real solution was to completely re-image my computer. They, They could not root it out. So are you sure that the instructions that you have for fixing the problem are really going to fix it? Uh, yes, if you do it right away, because but you can read it and you can try it. It's harmless to try it because you try it in safe mode. When you start up your computer, you press F8 and you're in safe mode, and then you'll enter a CD. I'll show you how to download. Okay, well, it, uh, uh, Pete, I appreciate this, but this this doesn't make good radio. This, we're, we're not technical support radio here, so if you'd like, uh, go ahead and post it on our forum. <laughs> uh, how people Let me can ask one, one, two, two quick questions while we have Pete on the line. Pete, first question right. is something like this. Is this done usually uh, like like somebody say that dislikes one of us would do something like this? Or is this more of a, uh, I mean, what, who are the people that do these kind of things? Well, is this like a, vengeance, like a vengeance thing? This has nothing to do with Jessup and, uh, and, Ke- and Kevin and all the great guys at Vegas Poker Radio. Call this from is done on, unknown uh, caller. To accept, um, press one. To send a voicemail, Yeah, go, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, please. I want to hear this. So, okay, go ahead. Okay. This is done by uh, hackers in Eastern Europe. It's an advertising malware where it hijacks your browser and it makes you, uh, when you when you hit Google search, go on to an ad that they want you to click. So, you have to get rid of it because it's not only uh, that benign. It actually can take your personal information, including your credit card transactions, and, and uh, uh, steal them from you. So it's, I'll post how to get rid of it, but you have to do it right away because it can actually block your safe mode uh, when you try okay, to... Okay, Pete, so, yeah, so go, go ahead and post it on our forum. You know, thanks for uh, your interest in this and in helping anyone who got infected by this. And uh, obviously it's something that uh, you, know, you have to watch out for. And, uh, and it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. They're, to me, they're, they're, fixing the, they're fixing it right now. And, you know, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you the truth. This is how I feel about it. Uh, as far as the current state of Vegas Poker Radio, I, I have complete confidence in the current team that they'll get past this. But listen, also, Jeff, while we have... I agree with you. Well, we have to do with Vegas Poker Radio. It's some uh, Eastern European hacker that did this when they set up the right. account. Right. All right. But I'll post how to get rid of it. Okay. Now, thank well, you. Let me just hold on, drop before we let him go. Uh, we, you know, Six Toe Pete has been. I was Whitewater Raft, and I was in Laughlin, but I noticed he was in the center of the news this week on the forum. I mean, you think maybe we should at least use this opportunity as a guest appearance to. I think we should that? talk about that, and we should also mention that, Sixto Pete, are you from New York? No, I'm from Boston, the Boston area. From Boston? Boston. Now, some folks are saying that you sound a lot like Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, 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 there are a lot of haters. But uh, Jackson, the Vegas guy on the forum during that all that uh, color blue, which was really about nothing, uh, mm-hmm. said that he was going to make sure that I never would be able to meet Drexel and I replied that shit that meeting Drexel was right at the top of my bucket list so <laughs> what can I tell you there are a lot of haters there was you a lot of action on you got trouble on the forum this last week didn't you what's that well you got yourself into a little bit of hot water on the forum no I, I was never in hot water it was like shooting fish in a barrel of olives <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, is that right? Okay. Well, yeah. I've always I've always enjoyed your posts, but I definitely saw that there was some controversy, shall we say? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I met you on it. It's like Lord of the Flies. There's like a clique. They they get together. Most of the people in that clique support uh, Jessica. That's why I wanted to point out that the virus point is not has nothing to do against. Uh, uh, Jessup, and I will post how to get rid of it. Okay, very good. All right, thank you, Pete. Nothing against Vegas Poker Radio. Okay, thank you. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> well, it's not nothing right now, but hopefully it'll be dot com again uh, sometime <laughs> soon. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate when that happens, and, you know, all the sites we've had uh, prior to this one with this community have gone through that. Fortunately, it hasn't happened to this site yet, though I... Uh, Can I yeah. tell you my greatest, out of all the forums, what I, in my opinion, the greatest hacking of all time? The Turkish? The no. Turkish. Yeah. When one gentleman, one very rich, well-respected Hall of Fame poster, decided to take it upon himself to rejoin a certain sub-forum with the Carter. Do <laughs> you guys know what I'm referring to? I, it sounds terribly familiar. C-Money somehow <laughs> took it upon him himself. Yeah, yes. Okay, yes. you know, for those, we won't go into the whole long thing about it, but another forum that all the three of us were part of, there is uh, a <clears throat> normal forum, kind of like uh, Flying Stupidity, where you just had kind of like craziness, but then there was a sub-forum called the Carter, and down there it was almost like, uh, like if there were like forums like in, in like... Stockton or Compton, that's kind of what, I mean, would you say that's accurate, Druff? Yeah, it was, it was the, uh, the, the very, very, of, of life. Yeah, the very, very uncensored form. Yes, and the reason why it was named the Carter was because of a certain, uh, hotel in New York, is that correct, called yes. the Carter? Yes. Yes. So anyhow, C-Money somehow took it, if I, unless, I mean, am I remembering this wrong? Didn't see money taken upon himself just to take corrective action at, at his own will to uh, reunite everybody and everything. <laughs> Do you remember that job? Yeah, or yeah. My... Okay. So well, he anyhow, might have been one of one of those who was trying to reunite the vine. Yes. <laughs> he just he just forced it to happen. He just didn't like the two separate forums, so he just forced it. Uh, by the way, someone was trying to call in from the 716 area code, and uh, I wasn't taking his call. I finally put him on, and then there was an echo because they didn't turn off their radio, so I hung up on them again. Where's, uh, where's 716, Druff? I hate to admit it, but I don't know. What? You know what's also embarrassing? easy enough to figure out. You know what's also embarrassing? My, uh, my girlfriend was uh, talking to someone, and uh, she was talking about the 901 area, and I said... It's Rochester, Rochester is 716. Okay. Okay. So, 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 uh, that's right, I knew that one. Templar? Yeah, maybe it could be, damn it. No, actually, the Templar's phone number was uh, 518, though. Yes, I think 716 could be Buffalo. Yeah, it is Buffalo. That's right. I I knew that, too. That's just so sad. But my girlfriend actually was talking to someone, and they gave her a 901 phone number. And I said, oh, North Carolina. She said, no, Tennessee. And I was like, what? And then I realized that North Carolina was 910, not 901. So I'm Mm -hmm. losing it. Yeah, uh, Val, you may not know this, but Druff has an uncanny ability to know... uh, Area codes all throughout the the world. Okay, oh, speaking of uh, area codes, we have one in 303. Uh, this is Colorado, am I correct? Yes, that yes. is correct, Drop. How are you guys going? Who is this? Uh, I have a guess. 
Drex, you get it. I um, get it. Is this a Cupid stunt? No, 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 no. No, no I thought no. it was at first from the accent. Yeah, but it isn't. Yeah. But, because Cupid stunt unfortunately got deported, Jeff. I don't know if you're. I didn't know that. he got deported. That's it. Yeah, that was a very sad day in the forums. Oh. Okay, ta- caller, talk a little bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm, sure, sure. Um, uh, well, I've, I've, Druff, I've spoken, Druff and Drex, who I've spoken to many times in the uh, previous form of the show. Um, and I did actually uh, notify one of you that I was moving to the U.S. In fact, I notified all of you that I was moving to the U.S. Wait, oh, this oh, is an that. Australian person. Yeah, well, don't tell me the name. Damn it, I know I'm very friendly. You PM'd me on uh, the other site. Damn it. Oh, um, oh Jesus. And you posted, too, a lot. I, I remember. Yeah, is it uh, Chicks Dig It? Yeah, just Chicks Dig It. That's it. Very nice. Thank you, Spew Artist. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't James Holmes, the uh, the the, sh- the theater shooter there in the Colorado. Six, dig it. I, you're in the U.S., huh? Yeah, man, I'm here. The wife, the wife got a job here, and uh, we're here permanently. And you're in Colorado. How far are you from the uh, the, jo- the the whole awful tragedy that just occurred? Uh, probably about uh, 30 kilometers away. It's just funny. Hey, 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 hey. You're, you're in the U.S. now. There's no more kilometers. It's not 30 kilometers. Sorry, yeah, it's that's, that's it's, it's like uh, 19 miles. Four, yeah. Four, 14 miles or whatever it is. It's um, yeah. No, we got I, my Facebook was going spastic um during the night, and then I got up in the morning and there was a message from a. A mate of mine back in Australia saying, uh, dude, message me and make sure to tell us that you're safe. And I'm like, well, I emailed you last week and told you I got here safely. And then when I got up and saw the news, I saw it all happened. But uh, the funny part was we were actually going to go to the movies and, and see Batman that night, albeit not at the theatre in Aurora, but in uh, downtown uh, Denver. You know, I have to admit something. I'm a little bit afraid now to see Batman in the theater because I'm afraid they'd be like a copycat. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. I mean, I'll I've see heard it when it comes to the have not suffered, though. It's not that I'm afraid of it, but it's just too eerie for me. I, I'm just not going to go see it. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't thought the next day we were going to go and see it on Friday. It's not that I really think that it's really a sad fucking state of affairs now that I've read in... Uh, Big parts of California, Chicago, other huge cities now that they actually have armed undercover uh, personnel in there just for that fear of, of copycat, kill, you know, copycat wow. crimes. Um, but I mean, that's just that's just fucking insane. I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't even know what to say. It's it's almost like I don't want to say you're, um, but it just seems like in today's day and age, you know, there's so much of this now where these these random just senseless killings that we just forget them and they just move on like you know I, I remember uh, who was like the, the senator that for, I think Arizona that got shot or a senator or congresswoman in that big shooting and then a guy in Texas that went crazy at the military facility and shot like 15 people up like a year and a half ago you, you know, know what, what I'm referring think, to y- yes yeah, you, know, you know what I think you know, you, know what, you know what pisses me off about all this is when I People talk about it back home. They say, "Oh, only in America." But hang on, this shit happened in Norway. This shit happened in Australia back in 1998 yeah. with the Port Arthur massacre. It happens all over the fucking world. It doesn't matter if there's gun control laws or not. I mean, obviously, it'll make it better. But people will find how to get guns if they want to. Well, let me, let me uh, lighten the mood here a little bit. Uh, can you say Foster's Australian for beer? <laughs> Foster's Australian for beer. Oh, that's beautiful. 
So are you uh, are you out no, here? You're not. No, wait. I have. This is yeah. an important question. Chicks, mm-hmm. dig it. You had showed up sort of later in the game for those of us who have been around for a while in the forums. You're not the famous phantom, are you? No, 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 no. You just happen to be from Australia. In fact, I've heard he doesn't even own a webcam. But um, <laughs> I, Ch- chicks, dig it. Are you? You mentioned your wife is out here. She got a job. Are you out here? W- what are you going to be doing? I'm doing my uh, audio work. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I do. Uh, I was doing. I was a PI in Australia, but I also do audio work. So I'm doing that full time. And you know, I'm not sure if uh, how much you've listened to this show, but this show can use some help in audio work. <laughs> I've already, uh, already <laughs> been yeah, about that. <laughs> I, I think it can use some help in uh, connection work and sound card work, especially. Yeah, I'm no, I'm no IT guru. A real radio station to ask. Yeah. So, what do you think? I mean, how how long did you say you've been in uh, the states for? Okay, my wife's been here three months. I've been here three weeks. Wow. And what, uh, what, what are, besides obviously the tragedy that's occurred, what do you think uh, of Colorado in general and just of being in uh, the state so far? What's your impression? Well, uh, I've, been, I've only been really to Denver. I flew in via San Francisco, um, but I was only in there for a couple of hours. Uh, but Denver's great. Uh, the people I've met so far have been really cool, but I've heard nothing but good things about uh, Denver in terms of the, the way people are here. They're very chill. It reminds me a lot of uh, back in Australia. Um, but I am going to get out to Vegas soon, and um, I have been listening to every show, and I heard all the, the shitstorm that went down a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to. I think I'm going to have to come up with some policy, whether it's either references or, or, or just some kind of background check before I take on new forum posters. But uh, I will, I will keep you in mind. Maybe you um, can meet forum yeah, posters I've, with I've, the. I mean, I've, I've, I've given my my real details to, to draft before, so. Yeah, you know what, maybe, maybe you can, Brandon, maybe you can meet people with a disclaimer that no matter what their situation is, even if they're, uh, even if they've got one day to live, that you will not be picking up any stuff for them anywhere for any reason. <laughs> Six there will be no Walmart runs. Six digit, let me ask you just a few questions. Are you a healthy, I'm not sure how old you are, I guess, probably you early, answer, do you? early, early mid-30s, is that about accurate? Uh, yeah, yeah. You bang up, bang on there. Okay, are you a healthy person? In that, like, you know, Absolutely. I uh, work out six days a week. I, I used to be uh, around sort of three hundred pounds, but I've lost about sort of seventy pounds in the last two years. If you came okay. to Vegas and we met and we just had a meal and hung out for a while, would that be enough, or would you want more from me? <laughs> no, mate, that'd be fine. I'd, I'd, I'd want to buy you a beer, put it like that. But you'd have no expectations of like a best friendship. Like kind of whirlwind romance while you were here, or nothing, would you? No, no, I'm normal. I'm normal. Well, you know what? I'm just based on this alone. When you get to Vegas, definitely PM me, and I'll, I'll try this one more time. And uh, you yeah. have, you know, I remember you calling in and being a part of the former site for months and months. And uh, I remember you even, as you mentioned, saying that you're going to be here. I, I didn't remember what the time frame was, but. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, definitely. I think you should establish with him right now. Will he be wearing uh, uh, clothes with paint stains uh-huh. or blood stains uh-huh. on him? <laughs> I think so. It was very, it was very entertaining, that show, even at your expense, Trick Clothes. Yeah. Oh, it was a bad situation, but. Uh, oh, I know, man. I'm man. glad you're doing great, and I'm glad that you've been listening to our show, and. Uh, Whenever you do make it out here, I guess if you are going to come and time really isn't of the essence, probably wait 
I, I tell you, another month and a half or so, unless you don't mind 110-degree heat. Uh, uh, look, it's like that here at the moment. I'm, I'm actually looking in the mirror now at sunburn today after I went for a sick walk with my dog. Wow, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, definitely uh, post. I, I don't even, do you have an account on the forums yet here? I do, yeah. It's under Chicks Ticket. I haven't, I haven't been posting much. Um, just, you know, been busy moving and shit like that. But I, I, I do, do lurk. And All right. Well, this is the show every week like before. <laughs> good good well, to hear from hopefully, you. Hopefully, uh, you know, you'll make it here. We'll hang out. There won't be a 34-page thread on me booking some Australian world cricket tournament at Five thousand to one, and we'll have a good time, and have a good meal, and have a drink. Sounds good, buddy. All right, very Thanks good. Thanks for calling, bud. Glad uh, you're in the uh, states. God's no worries. Right. Welcome to the U.S. Yeah, I hope you don't get deported. Good, good night. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I know, it's very sad because uh, I don't know if, how you know. Again, I always get confused with the names. I know, like the old schoolers, like. Muck Ficon and Bukowski, you know, I'll remember, but we had a user named uh, Cupid Stunt, and, I, and he is signed on, or at least there is a Cupid Stunt that is registered on PFA. Yeah, yeah, that's the real Cupid Stunt. Okay, and, and I remember, you know, we actually PM'd a very, you know, nice guy in terms of what I knew about him on the internet, but unfortunately, um, his visa expired. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, couldn't get it renewed, and he was deported. And, I mean, it wasn't, okay, I, I shouldn't say that. Just to make sure there's not going to be, he wasn't deported in the sense that they came to his house and locked him up and sent him back on a plane. But uh, he had, you know, he was told he had to f- leave the country. And as many people do, you know, they just ignore it and, and just live a life, uh, you know, of, of, I don't know what the word is, Jeff, not secrecy, but just kind of hiding and just, uh, you know. He was uh, living between uh, one of many secret locations. Person's uh, quote here, okay, off the grid completely. <laughs> but he decided against that and, uh, you know, just uh, agreed or, or, you know, with whatever Homeland Security or whatever agency now was in charge of that and had to leave the country and go back, I believe, I know it's either England or Ireland or Scotland or somewhere, one of the, one of the three. But, uh, yeah, let's hope that Chicks Dig It doesn't uh, meet the same fate as that poor Cupid stunted. Yeah. So we have a, uh, a new movie coming out. Not we, but there is a new movie coming out called Runner Runner, a poker movie, yet another poker movie. And I have to say, all the poker movies that have come out, with the exception of Rounders, which, of course, is old by now. It's 14 years old. All the other poker movies that have come out have sucked. They, they, they range from bad to awful. Would you agree well, you with that? Before we get into this, and it's a great topic, let's all just, if we had to, pick out of all these poker movies that have come out, the ones that we thought were the best. Really awful, though. If you had to just say, fine, you know, if you had to watch one tonight, you'd have to say, this is the best, and the one that you would claim would be the worst. Jeez. <laughs> I already know the worst. I can't think of a name. I know someone in the chat will. It's the one with uh, the chick from, uh, and it's funny enough, I was actually down at the Golden Nugget where they filmed this. The ch- her name is Cheryl Hines. She was in it. Um, the guy from, uh, I'm trying to think who else was in it. Cheryl Hines was in it. The guy from Spin City was in it. Um, Lucky, I think, oh, I don't know, I'm looking in the chat. But it was filmed in Las Vegas. It was filmed at the Golden Nugget. And I can't, I'm trying to think of who the, the lead was. But that was just awful. Um, what about the one with Drew Barrymore? That, was that Lucky? I think that's that was Lucky, lucky, lucky you. you. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that one, I, uh, as awful as that one is, I have to kind of say it. I, I can't off the top of my head think of one that was better than that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, you mean, other, you mean other, than, other than rounders, you're saying? Oh, yeah, well, yeah we're eliminating rounders. Yeah. Rounders is far and away that you can't even... I mean, right, but I'm just trying to say there's been probably, what, like maybe eight movies? Well, what about Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yeah, okay. But the one I'm thinking of was called The Grand, and it was absolutely just awful. Right. Funny. That was terrible. It was fun the nugget. I'm trying to think who the co-star was, or the, the star was, because um, it was a big-name star. I remember Jason Alexander was in it, but he wasn't the star. Might have been... Uh, What's his name from uh, The Godfather, the uh, Consulary, uh, Tom Hayden. He, I think he was in it as well. Uh, but anyhow, that was, that was awful. Um, lucky you, I mean, I guess it, that probably was, since Rounders, the biggest mainstream poker movie, right? In terms of, like, just wide releases in movie theaters. Would you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, by the way, it was, it was Woody, Woody Harrelson was the one in the grand. Okay, Woody Harrelson, okay. And I think, I think uh, Robert Duvall, Tom Hayden, was like his father. And it was kind of like another one of those, you know, arch father-son bad relationships where they head up at the final table. But the thing that always tilted me about Lucky You was that one scene when he, like, won the satellite to, like, the main event. And then, like, they call him back. Like, they already gave him his ticket. And he's, like, he's walking away. They call him back. And they say, like, the dealer forgot to to uh, burn a car before the river, and, like, then they, they, he comes back, and then the other guy hits his two-outer for, like, a higher set or something. Uh, do you guys even remember that scene? Well, you know, I can actually believe Harris doing that. That's a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'd have to say, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't. I mean, I think the best I, poker I, movie was The Cincinnati Kid, but that's old, really I, old. Oh, yeah, well, we're talking more like post-rounders. Right. And I know I know the chat is probably going to terrorize me for saying this, but I really didn't mind that much um, that the ESPN poker poker drama. Oh, it's Hill. Was it? Yes, I mean, it was. if you took it for what it was, which is pure just like insanity and, and being unrealistic, I didn't mind it because it was kind of like, to me, a Melrose place or like something along those lines of poker. Well, let me tell like you about Tilt. I have, I have, I have some comments other. on that, actually. Huh? I have some I comments on Tilt. That like, I like Michael Madsen's character. I, I, I like You know what? Character. That was Wasn't the sad there thing. a Mel Gibson, horrible Mel Gibson poker movie with well, that was Jimmy Foster? Yeah, but that was years and years, yeah, years ago. That was, uh, oh, what the hell was that? And that was awful because I remember the final hand, there was like a royal flush, a straight flush, four of a kind. <laughs> right, like, right. I just dealt like... Like, yeah, I have a bad beat jackpot that, uh, what the, uh, shirts yeah. in the chat, but, uh, but, Ma- Ma- Maverick. Yeah, you know, you know, Tilt, uh, which was the ESPN series, it wasn't a movie, but it was actually done by the same guys who did Rounders, which is surprising. But it actually started with some potential, and that's why, like, Brandon was saying that, that, uh, the main villain, Michael Madsen's uh, Matador character, was a good character. I agree, it was. And they actually had, uh, characters in that movie, in that, in that series, to where the whole thing had potential. I thought the first episode was pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, it just descended into ridiculousness, and they, they they dropped a lot of the good premises they had going. They just it just shot all over the place. It just uh, it moved too quickly. There were so many problems with it, and even the poker hands had some flaws in them. Uh, what's interesting is Brandon. Do you remember the girl who played the Matador's daughter? Yes, yeah, she was hot. Okay. She was the one sleeping with. Uh with the with the main the the, fee, the the male lead. Yes. 
So yes. Let me and then they ended up breaking up. They ended up breaking up at the end. And uh, still, though, like, she helped him out to get, like, money or took whatever. But, yes, I remember right. her very so, well. So I had this surreal night at the Bellagio uh, in, in, 2000, in 2005. I'm sitting here playing 8160 Limit. And, um, first of all, there's this huge crowd surrounding the area. It was like a temporary poker area because they, were, they had the poker room closed when they were remodeling it. So the temporary area, which is in the main casino had this huge rail around it, and I looked over, and it's because uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire were, were playing. Were, well, actually, Tobey was playing, and Leo DiCaprio was birding Tobey. Uh, and, and as I'm watching the whole zoo with that, the floor man approached me and says, hey, you want to play three-handed? And we, we were starting a second game if you were willing to play three-handed. I said, sure. So the new table was me, some amateur guy, some donk, and David Williams. Now, that was my first time ever playing with David Williams aside from a few sessions online. And this is just after, you know, not too long after he had finished second in the World Series. But bef- but uh, before he was uh, outed to be in a porn. If only you had known and you could have pulled off your shoes and pulled an AMG. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so the first embarrassing thing that happened was that the third guy at the table pulls out a dollar bill and says to David Williams, Hey, man, can you sign this for me? Like, he's having a guy he's playing against at the table sign... Autographs for him, which I thought was ridiculous. But um, pretty soon that game broke, and we got moved to the main table. Now David Williams was with a girl, a pretty girl who was sitting next to him, and I didn't really look very closely at her. Well, when we got moved to the main game, me and David Williams happened to end up right next to each other, the two seats that were there, uh, you know, right right adjacent to one another. I got a better look at the girl, and it was the Matador's daughter from Tilt. Wow. And I'm like, all right. Okay. Like, I didn't know she's involved with David Williams, but okay. So Do you I, remember what her name is uh, in real life, not on the show? Yes. Uh, her, so I'm kind of curious if her, her name is after she, she didn't. Her name is Amelia Cook, and she didn't do very much. Okay. But uh, she was – so the interesting thing was I'm sitting here watching them, and it was very clear that they were a couple. They were they were kissing. They were, they were whispering back and forth. It was a, a very uh, the close relationship between them. It wasn't a, a friendship thing. I heard her talking about some random things, including stuff about Tilt, where she says, yeah, these jeans, I stole it from the set. So she was wearing jeans she stole from the set of Tilt that was actually the property of that show, but she took them. And she she said a bunch of other stuff. I didn't remember it all. But uh, I I just kept quiet. I was listening in on their conversation. I was thinking maybe I'm going to come back to Never Win Poker, and I'm going to post everything that she said and that David Williams said as like a gossip story. Well, then I kind of felt like an asshole by the time I got back home and didn't, and didn't want to post it. So I, I posted a much lesser version that just uh, basically talked about um, how David Williams is going out with a girl from Tilt and how I was next to them and uh, that, that they were kissing and whispering to one another. And that I think I mentioned the gene she stole, but, but I didn't really say anything. Like I, I didn't reveal as much as I could have. Well, within an hour of the story, I got a PM from a new account on this on Neverwin Poker asking me to delete my post and that David Williams had a girlfriend and that in reality he was cheating on his girlfriend back in Texas with the girl from Tilt and that if who was the author of that I'll email. tell you in a second and if I didn't okay. and and that if I didn't take this down that it would ruin David's relationship and that he really loves the girl he just has trouble with the self control and you know can I please take it down so then I had like this I had just posted it like an hour ago so I was like, oh, do I take this down? It was like 3 in the morning. I was thinking probably no one's really seen it yet. And I'm like, do I take this down 
to save his relationship, which he didn't really deserve because he was really cheating on her, but is it really my place to be outing this just just to put up poker gossips? And second, you know, David Williams is a pretty big deal in poker at that point. Did I might want to make an enemy out of him over something like this? So I decided, all right, I'll take it down. So I told this person I'll take it down. And the person said, okay, I'll let David know that. He'll be very happy to hear it, which I was kind of skeptical about. I thought he'd probably still be pissed I posted it in the first place. But he, he, it turned out he was happy because when I saw him after that, he was very, very friendly to me. Never mentioned this stuff, but he was very, very nice to me from that point up until his porn was revealed. Then he wasn't all that happy with me anymore. <laughs> right. But, but, At that uh, point, you became enemy number one. Anyway, of all people, the one who asked me to delete it and made an account on Everyone Poker only for the reason to ask me to delete it was... Silence. Maria Elena. Maria Elena D'Agostino. At the time, she was so not she uh, married yet. Cared about his relationship, or I have, uh, she was friends with David at the time, and she was yeah. uh, concerned. She was the lurker on NWP and saw it and asked me to remove it, and and I did. And uh, and oddly enough, because of that, she and I became friends. She then invited me over a few months later during the World Series to. Uh, have dinner with her and 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 John, who weren't married yet but were you know, dating. And it was when I was over there. I'd never played a tournament in my life. I was over there, and I was not going to play any World Series events. And John says to me, "Are you going to play on Friday?" I said, "Play what on Friday?" He says, "You know the World Series, the 1500 limit event." And I said, "I didn't even know that was on Friday." He said, "I said I've never played a tournament. I don't really feel like playing them. I, I don't like them." And he said, "No, oh, yeah, just just play it. You know, it's it's you, you know limit hold them well, so just just." play it, it's only $1,500. I said, okay. That was the tournament where I ended up spinning the seat cover, finishing third. And then after I finished third, I asked Interpoker, hey, I just finished third in a World Series event. Can you buy me into one of the other events here? And I'll wear your clothing. Interpoker said, okay. Pick a $3,000 event to enter. And I said, okay, I'll enter the 3000 limit hold'em on July 4th. Or July 3rd. That was the one I won. So had I not seen... The girl from Tilt, kissing David Williams. I probably would have never played any tournaments in 2005, and probably would not have a World Series bracelet. Well, I thought that there was something off. No, but I thought that there was a hand or something that you didn't play. But if you would have played, you would have been out. Well, no, there was that too. No, no, there was there was that too. That one of my friends was going to play that event and didn't. That just tells you how much has to go into winning these bracelets, huh? Yeah, that's why I can't win one again. There's too many things that have to happen. But you know, it's also a cute story about how you met Silence and kind of, you know, a testament to how sweet of a person she is. Hey, guys, I hate to say it, but you're both echoing really bad as, as well as myself. Well, we'll, we'll try to, uh, I'll try to reset this again. Yeah, will you call me back, please? No problem. Jesus. Boy, the show's failing a lot tonight, but we're trying. I think it's Skype's fault. It's Skype's fault. I yeah, okay. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I am still not going. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, Sky, I think Skype is. You know what, what was very weird also is in the beginning of the, uh, and I've never seen this message, in the beginning of the, the interview when, uh, or I guess not the interview, when the phone call in Sixto Peak called, a message popped up on Skype that said there was an error with Skype, and we were still connected. It didn't connect me, but it wouldn't let me hear or talk or even chat. And it just said there's an error with chat. Please be. Please stay patient or something while we try to correct it. And it kind of gave you that kind of mouse, like where it's kind of uh, like, you know, like when you have a Windows error and it says Windows is not responding, please wait. Like that kind of 
message. It was very weird. Yeah, I've never I, seen I it. So the same thing, except that mine actually offered me a chance to Skype troubleshoot. Okay. Yeah, my yeah, mine said it too, but I chose not to. Happy for. Yeah. So anyhow, not that it really matters. It's still unfortunate, and I don't know of any other way to run a show like this other than Skype. Um, it seems these are indeed Skype issues yeah. that we're having, and not not anything else other than that. It's yeah. just a shame. And I, and I just wonder, do you think Skype is just getting so big and po- and popular these days? That its its servers or whatever runs is just overwhelmed in terms of data being used. That 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 is what is causing this. Well, they are changing the way they're doing things on Skype. They're changing the way the connections work. I don't know if they've changed it yet, but there's a big controversy that this will make it much easier for them to eavesdrop on calls if they want. Where right now it's very difficult the way the system's set up, and uh, I won't go into the technical technical explanation. I'm not sure if they've changed this yet, but I'm wondering if maybe this changeover is related to the sound quality problems we're having tonight, or if it's just uh, Skype not running very well today. So, uh, But anyway, the, you know, this, uh, this poker movie, here's the description of it. It's called Runner Runner, and uh, it says this. Gemma Arterton, I don't even know who that is, has been cast alongside Ben Affleck and Justin Timberlake in New Regency's online gambling thriller Runner Runner, which Fox will distribute. Timberlake plays a Princeton student cheated out of his tuition money playing online poker, uh, who ends up being the right-hand man of his site's corrupt boss, Affleck. Uh, Arterton plays Timberlake's love interest. So, it kind of seems like this is sort of uh, the UB story, in a way. Like, uh, that there's a corrupt online poker site, a kid gets cheated out of all his money, and he ends up, uh, after losing all his money, probably going to work for the site's corrupt boss, and, uh, you know, it's probably a thriller, and uh, I, I have a feeling that it's kind of inspired, in a way, by the UB story. Uh, this is something that I think would have the potential to be good or the potential to be bad. Unfortunately, I think a higher potential to be bad. And Do you uh, think that the reason why so many poker, poker movies are crap is because they don't have someone on staff who knows poker? Yes, well, I think a few things. I think, yes, they have too many people involved that write these things and edit them that don't know poker. Uh, number two, I think that uh, I think these get greenlit too easily, where pe- they say, oh, yeah, poker's a hot thing these days. Let's just make a movie about poker, even though it's awful. Like, they, they don't... I think that uh, these scripts get approved too easily just because they're about poker. And, uh, and also, I think sometimes that... Uh, if they do get someone who knows about poker, that that person may not be very good at writing movies. So maybe they... Yeah, you sort of have to get somebody on staff who knows both. Yeah, so you get, some, you get someone who's good at, uh, at poker or, or understands poker and make sure the poker scenes look good, but they, uh, they have too much creative input into the rest of it and the movie's terrible. There, there could be many reasons why they're terrible. I don't know if this one will be or not. Um, I don't even know... It's filming, but who knows if it'll actually see the light of day, this movie. It sounds like it probably will. Uh, I don't know how much release it will have. But uh, the people behind it... um, uh, Why don't they get Jennifer Tilly to at least be an advisor? Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, she may be a decent one. Uh, She's not involved in this one, though. The producers are Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Davison Killoran, I don't know who that is, Michael Schamberg and Stacey Scher, I don't know them, as well as Brian Koppelman and David Levian, the guys behind Rounders, and Tilt, as we were just talking about, and uh, several other movies that some are not about poker. Like, did you ever see Knockaround Guys? 
Well, I have not. not seen no. that. Yes, no. that's, that's, it was a little-known movie because it wasn't. Uh, it had some problems in distribution. It was like a ten-year-old movie, actually more than ten years old now, and it just never got distributed very much. I thought it was good. It was like a, a mobster movie where mobsters end up in a small town, and uh, they wrote that too. They, I looked at their list of movies they wrote, and uh, most of them I liked. I, I think they just kind of uh, messed up with Tilt by taking it in the wrong direction. But they're they're involved with this. I don't know how much, but uh, hopefully it'll be something decent. And uh, I, I just have a feeling it's going to be stupid, though. I, I just I have that feeling. I think it'll suck. I just I, have I that do. feeling. And, and if you guys want to take uh, prop bets on this, I say the movie will <laughs> suck. I'm willing to put some money on it. But who would be the judge on whether it sucks or not? Right, right. I don't know. Uh, well, I think we should all be determined based on uh, us finding out what the budget is to make it and how much it grosses. That's true, but uh, yeah, okay. We could we could use that as the barometer, or it could be a Rotten Tomato score if it's over a certain percentage. That's true. Drop. I, I hate, I hate to, to Rotten Tomatoes that they suck sometimes. Like I I once downloaded a movie that they said was a ninety seven percent rating, and it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Which was it? I I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it was about a guy who went back to stay with his mom. He was going through a tough point in his life. I swear to God, 97% rating, and it was the worst picture I've ever seen. I'll was it, was it, it called the uh, the Martin Carrico story? <laughs> Trump, <laughs> just, since this has been an evening of technical fail, I just want to, I don't know if you noticed, your entire chat just crashed, and everyone got booted. Now everybody's okay. coming back. Okay, and we're all logging back in. Well, yeah, I got we booted too, though. I don't know. E- equal opportunity booting. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> so when when is this movie coming out? Don't know. I just saw that it's in production in, and they're filming in Puerto Rico. That's all I know at the moment. Puerto Rico, huh? Puerto Rico. Wow. Did you so guys I'll see the picture of Gemma Arterton? I did. I did. She's, she's kind of pretty. I've never heard of her, though, so that's kind of a, you know, a, a risk. Let me take a look. At this. I hadn't heard of her either. Let me look. I'm going to Google this right now. I kind of skipped over that when I first looked at the story, and as I was reading it on air, I'm like, who is Gemma Arterton? I was just like I thought I just didn't know because I was old or something. No, see. I just I, uh, has anybody in chat ever heard of her? Yeah, she is I pretty. She's, yeah. she's unknown. Can I can I bring up something that's non poker related or on the yeah, subject? Of just, I've just been reading a lot about this, and it's not as much. Oh, well, you know, actually, I am going to just say I am kind of interested for some reason, and it's it's got a lot of my attention trying to read and figure out what the hell is going on. Now, obviously, this is. This sounds redundant, me even asking this question, but what the hell is going on with the Jackson family? <laughs> Have you guys been reading about this? Are you saying this is like it's something new? The Jackson family... Well, no, but yesterday there was like a fight, and like Janice punched in Jermaine, and like the police are there, and they're like the kids are being like... I mean, have you guys read about this? This has been like all over the news. It's almost like a complete... The whole family's out, and it's obviously all about the money, but uh, the grandmother, like the grandmothers, they're accusing the children of kidnapping their grandmother and keeping them away from the kids. And oh Jesus, I, Link, drop of you TMZ. It's all it's okay. been all, all over TMZ for two days. And, you know, I'm not really into like the TMZ and all the gossip stuff, but for some reason, this is just I've just been kind of interested in all this just insaneness that just seems to have gone down over the last couple of days. And I know drop, you're not really into. That kind of, uh, I don't know, that kind of stuff as well. But I, I, I was curious. Have you followed any of this? 
Catherine Jackson's family at war as Michael Jackson's nephew seeks temporary custody. Yeah, and right. Uh, There's three children. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, but yesterday there was a fight between Janet. She punched, uh, I want to say it was Jermaine or one of the brothers. Oh, my the God. Cops, the cops came, and, like, oh, they're all fighting. And, uh, of course, as Bukowski and others in the chat point out, it's all about money. And I guess Catherine controls the money, but they're trying to, like, and they, they filed a missing persons report because someone had taken her against her will, apparently, to an Arizona spa. And, uh, it's just did insane. Did she punch him or did she slap him? I read that she had punched him. But, anyhow, I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it all out. It's just very yeah, odd. And then and then the kid, the the uh, the 14-year-old daughter, like she's 14, I can't believe it, Paris, uh, is, like, tweeting. She's on Twitter now. And, I actually, I, you know, I'm not too embarrassed to admit this. I actually added her today. And she's, like, calling out, like, Tito and, like, cursing out, like, Janet, like, like she, like she, Janet called her a spoiled brat. And she's tweeting at Janet Jackson saying that, uh, I mean, it, it's just amazing. Like, it's, it's really let me, amazing. Let me just uh, quote what I'm reading here. It says, The family battle over Michael Jackson's money and children is getting worse and worse, according to a new report on TMZ. Sources confirmed that there were two SUVs. Shh. Puppies. Calm down. I think, I think they're indicating a lie here. Calabasas, California home. Apparently, a security video shows Janet trying to grab Paris's cell phone out of her hands. And they said that she slapped Paris and screamed, you're a spoiled little bitch. Wow. Yeah, and then she said something like, this isn't your fucking house or something. I don't know if, if that, that was... This is our house, not the Jackson family house. Get the fuck out. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> was, that for, was that from Janet? No, from that Paris. Paris. Telling, telling Janet to get the fuck really, off her, I, her, I, her I heard property. That, okay, you know, I heard another quote from Paris. It was that, uh, I created this house, don't you forget that. <laughs> Wow. Well, these, this family just can't stay out of the news. I mean, again, I, uh, normally I end this kind of Hollywood kind of gossip, but it just seems what, what a just what a mess, just what a fucking mess. And then you know, it's funny for those oh, that don't know the the family, the fa- the father, Joe Jackson, uh, the one that supported or I guess allegedly, but I tend to believe, abused all the children, spends the majority of his time in Vegas. Um, He's still married to Catherine, but it's one of those kind of... I'm sorry? Is he a poker player? No, not... I mean, I've never seen him play poker, um, but I have seen him in various restaurants. Um, And it's funny because they they are still married, Catherine and Joe, but they've been... I guess you'd call... I don't know if if they're even legally separated, but, you know, they're just not married. Or they just don't live together. But I think they just were so old, they just never got divorced. But he spends the majority of his time in Las Vegas, and there are a couple of uh, restaurants that I frequent. I've seen him many times throughout the years here uh, in Vegas, you know, only in restaurants. I've never, ever spotted him in a casino. Uh, so I don't know if he's much of a gambler. And from what I've just heard, uh, he's he was cut out of the money a long time ago, so he, he doesn't have any funds. And maybe he's just not a gambler in general, but uh, he does live here. The majority of the time, but uh, anyway, I know it has nothing to do with anything. It's just very, very interesting how how they're all just having a complete meltdown, uh, and you know, it makes me just wonder how fucked up are these kids going to be? Like, I mean, that's really what oh, the tragedy. I mean, it's too all late this. for them. They're, I mean, if they're 13 and they're doing this, it, it's over. It says, meanwhile, TJ, who is seeking custody of the kids, tried to stop the guys by putting Randy in a headlock and punching Jermaine in the mouth. 
I mean, you cannot live through this and be normal. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's sad. It's so sad. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I thought I'd bring that up, but uh, anyhow, do you have any uh, commentary on this, or is this like uh, out of your uh, wheelhouse? I think we lost Jeff. <laughs> How can we lose Jeff? <laughs> In all fairness, we've lost a uh, host from time to time, but uh, yeah, Angel. Uh, as a mother, obviously, what I mean, what do you think? You think? I mean, there's no chance. Even the younger kids that, like, I think there's one that's, I don't know, Blanket and Willow, but I, I don't know the ages. I know they're much younger. <laughs> yeah, that's it's their names. I Paris, think if Blanket your name is Blanket, you're already, you know, out of luck. But um, I think he has a different name, too. I hope he does. How come celebrities always name their kids such weird things? Oh, you're back. Uh, well, no, I, I think Blanket is the weirdest name I've ever heard for a celebrity kid. It just makes no sense at all. But doesn't he have another name? Is it, like... That's his real name. That's it? It's just Blanket? I believe that's... Oh, God. I mean, I don't think it's a nickname. As a mother, I have to say, if you expose your kid to this kind of weirdness, any time in their window of being 10 to 18, they're not ever going to grow up normal. There's no chance. There's no chance. It's, it's horrible, and you would think that with all the money that this family has, that they would shelter these kids and, you know, try to bring them through a healing process after God knows what they went through growing up with their dad. Yeah, Muck Fikon makes a good point. He says that kid is fucked for life with a name like Blanket. Right, right, exactly. I mean, you can't <laughs> even if he's even if he had a normal child. Uh, okay, I you know. I guess I'm getting it wrong. It's not Willow. I don't know why I said Willow. It's Blanket and Prince. You're right. There is. I knew there was a Blanket in there. And Willow is some other Willow. I know there's a famous kid named Willow. I don't know. I don't follow all this. Stuff, oh, that's but, uh, that's uh, Will Smith's kid. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, so, Druff, do you have any commentary on this black family meltdown? Not well, much of one. It's, it's a big mess. It's, it's all, it, I mean, there's not much to say. It's, it's all about money, and I, I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adamantium is, is saying that, uh, in a uh, tongue-in-cheek way, that uh, Blanket is not that much worse of a name than Angel. But I should mention <laughs> to him that Angel is for Angelina, so hopefully uh, I'll be somewhat normal. The, the jury's still out. Hmm. Well, <laughs> gentlemen, other news. Uh, I'm looking at the subjects to be discussed. Uh, we have here the big winners and big losers among known players in the WSOP draft. Yes. All right. Uh, this is a spreadsheet that someone posted on hmm. 2 plus 2. They just decided because they were bored, they were going to list, I think it was 88 different well-known tournament players and see how they did this World Series. And I, I don't think, I forgot the criteria they used, but uh, it's just basically 88 names, most of which you'll recognize. And some did well, some not so well. Now, the ones that did well won't surprise you that much because uh, you'll see you know, you you will remember seeing their names as people who won or came close to winning World Series events. So, for example, Michael Mizraki, you're not going to be surprised to hear he had a good 2012 World Series. He he ended up he entered 159 thousand dollars worth of events. He cashed 1.521 million. His profit loss 
was a profit of 1.362 million. So that's obviously a very good. Uh, Wait, first place only played 1.5. Thought it was more than that. That's that's what's uh, that's okay. What's I guess, yeah, maybe that's right. I thought it was somewhere in the twos, but okay. So um, you know, he's he's the top on this list, and he's not the top winner overall, but the, you know, the top. And, the, and they didn't include the one-drop tournament for obvious reasons. But uh, so he's the top, and it, it goes down from there of the, of the people they chose to, to look at. Uh, so some of the top names, Michael Mizraki with $1.362 million profit, Chris Klodnicki with uh, seven ninety seven k of profit, David ODB Baker with uh, six seventy eight k of profit, Vanessa Selps, 462 k of profit, and uh, it goes down from there. Phil Ivey, despite all those final tables, um, 366 worth of profit, which isn't that good for five final tables, you would think. But uh, anyway, it goes down. I'm not going to read every name here. But what I found more interesting were the ones that didn't do well. Because you you notice the ones that are successful. You see them in the poker news reports, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But... The ones that play and bust out and don't cash, you, you kind of forget about them or don't even notice they played in the first place. And a lot of them lost a lot of money. For example, George Lind, who's at the bottom of this list, entered 214500 that's 214.5K, worth of World Series events. That's a lot of World Series events. Uh, he cashed a grand total of, of 11.5K. He lost over $203,000. Justin Bonomo. You think of him as a good tournament player, especially when he can split himself into several pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even, it wasn't it shown that even when he didn't do that, he was still fairly successful? Yes, and, and he's been a successful tournament player. And I, I kept seeing him in reports that he was entering. I even saw him with chips a number of times. Well, I guess it didn't work out in most of those tournaments because he entered 180500 worth of tournaments. And only cashed twenty three thousand. Oops. To have lost a hundred and fifty six thousand. Chad Brown. He had more than cancer to worry about this year. He he was the third to the bottom of this list, entering one hundred sixty five k worth of events, only cashing twenty eight k, for a loss of one hundred thirty six k. Frank Casella, remember how well he did? Right. How much is he down? He lost one hundred twenty eight thousand. Uh, well, th- this makes you feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, misery loves company. Yeah, uh, Daniel Negreanu. It was publicized that he didn't do well in the World Series, and it's true. He did cash for 123k, but he entered 211k. Well, you're in good company. He lost 87,000. Um, wow. Another uh, name that was familiar to me, Eric Froelich. He entered 105,000 worth of events. He only cashed 41k. Uh, Alan Barry, hundred hundred sixteen thousand five hundred worth of entry fees, thirty three thousand four hundred is all that he cashed for a net loss of eighty three thousand. So, but know. how much of this is their own money, and how much of it is just you know? I don't know. Mistakes. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, and of course, there's no way to really know this from the list. But uh, it is interesting that. Uh, even when you see people make it fairly deep and, you know, f- get to a final table, finish seventh, finish eighth, and I'm, I'm not talking about those huge field events. I'm saying, like, you know, they enter a $2,000 smaller field event, 
some kind of limit event or some kind of non-hold'em event, and they finish in sixth. And you see them on the, you know, on the list of finishers, and you go, oh, this, per- there's some- this person did pretty well. This person had a good World Series. I'll give you an example of someone like that. Lee Goldman. Good player. He's been around a long time. Um, I saw him run deep in a few events. He final tabled at least one. If you asked me, do you think Lee Goldman had a good World Series, I would say yes. Do you think Lee Goldman had a profitable World Series? I would say yes. In reality, Lee Goldman entered exactly $100,000 worth of events and cashed 48k. Ouch. I would have never guessed that. Now, Lee Goldman can afford to lose 52k. I believe sure. this is all his own money, or probably most of it, but I, I wouldn't have thought that. I, I actually was seeing Lee Goldman's results and going, oh, he's having a pretty good year. No. Uh, so it's it's interesting, the people who, even when you see them cashing and appearing to do well, if they just keep entering and entering and entering tournaments, it really adds up. I mean, look at all the people who have entered more than 100k worth of events. Another one who looked like they were doing very well and didn't, Matt Glantz. Uh, Matt Glantz got very deep in the 5K limit hold'em. He made the final table the when I bubbled. I, I saw him deep in other events. He ended up losing 62K in the World Series. Another one that totally surprised me. What, what did you lose, Jeff? Do, are you okay lost, with talking about it? I lost somewhere. I haven't calculated it yet, but it's somewhere in the 20s, like 25, something like that. Yeah. So not as bad as these guys I'm reading, but uh, definitely not that good. And, uh, you know, another one. Gavin Smith. Now he didn't lose, but he cashed 114,000 this World Series, but he only made 20k. Uh, David Chu, he cashed 168,000. He only made 18k. So interesting to see a lot of these entries, how little they made. Ali Islami, who looked like he had a monster series, he cashed 258,600. Well, he did do well. But he only made 108k because he entered 150k worth of events. It really just adds up these entry fees, and uh, it just shows you in, in tournament poker that it's just very hard to make a living. Even when you hit some big scores, if you have a lot of losses, a lot of min caches or no caches, it takes a lot to catch up to that. And if you think about it. If you enter a tournament and you min-cash, you've probably beaten about 90% of the field. But you only get paid around double of your buy-in, and you're only profiting about equivalent to your buy-in. So let's say the buy-in was 1500 and you cash 3000 Well, you haven't made 3000 you've made 1500 That includes your buy-in, the 3000 Here's another one that will surprise you. Now, this one... It is a little misleading because this guy did not lose by any stretch of the imagination in the World Series. Sean Deeb. Now, Sean Deeb, he won that million dollars in a satellite. But take that away, and he actually finished in the red in the World Series by 49K. So, uh, you can find this on 2 Plus 2, but uh, it, it's just very telling to me, and I, I've always said this, you shouldn't play tournaments for a living unless you're one of the real elite few in tournaments. And I'm not part of that elite few. Not just because I didn't win this year or last year. You know, I, 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 I'm not a tournament player. I'm not a top tournament player. I never have been. I got lucky in 2005. Uh, I'm not a bad tournament player, but I'm not, I'm not someone who, who would be making a living playing tournaments. 
So you're also like me, where A, you don't enjoy them to make a, a living out of them, and uh, B, you don't have any desire, nor do I, to put in the time and the effort that's required to, uh, I don't want to say get better, but just, uh, you know, put in the work and just everything, the hours and all that's involved. I mean, I don't. I can't, uh, I can't stand, for the most part, tournaments. I mean, besides, like, you know, the only... I guess part of it that, that I would enjoy, and I guess I, I maybe have missed because I, I never have had the opportunity to do it, would possibly be the traveling aspect. Yes. I am envious of, of like, especially someone like Melanie Weiser that's traveled all over the EPT and just been to so many countries I'll probably never be in my life. Um, but besides that, I just don't, I don't have any desire or any motivation to ever uh, to ever do that it just doesn't interest me. Yeah, and it's, it's a double-edged sword with the traveling. It's nice to travel and to see different places and all that, but uh, it's also expensive, and that's not even figured into these results I'm reading here. Now, some of these people live in Las Vegas and don't really have additional expenses above their buy-ins, but uh, for a lot of people, they do, and especially if you travel to places that are not Las Vegas and travel to all these far-flung places, it gets very expensive between the airfare and the hotels and, and everything else that's associated with traveling. I mean, anybody who's traveled for any length of time, you see how quickly the bills add up. And you do this, instead of recreation, you do this to make a living. You have to also beat the money you're spending on traveling. It's just very, very hard to beat tournaments uh, enough to where you beat not only the players and the variants, but also beating the rake and the travel expenses. So it's just uh, it's just something I would never suggest, especially now that uh, you can't play online poker in the U.S. Uh, except for these small sites now. And, uh, you know, the days of 20 tabling tournaments are over. And you know, before what was referred to by a, a great gentleman as a volume-based strategy, referring to the Maven... And, uh, you know, it, but it was true. The Maven, the way he made money in tournaments and, and uh, you know, the way the system he was trying to teach people was to play a very large volume of these to where if you're good enough and you use just some strategies that are good for playing multi-tables, that uh, eventually the variance will smooth out if you play that many. And you sit there all day and all night 20 tabling tournaments. But these live tournaments, you can't 20-table them, and, you, and they're very slow. And you're just not never going to get enough under your belt to smooth that variance unless you're really one of the very top players who just wins so much that you don't have to worry about variance as much as most people do. But that only describes very few people. And, uh, and it's also sometimes hard to tell. There's a term called fooled by randomness. There's a book called fooled by randomness. And it's, it's referring to people believing that because they had success early on, that they're always going to be successful or that they're better at something than they really are. And that can apply to things outside of gambling. If you get a really, really good job that just kind of by luck, um, that doesn't mean you, that you're better than anybody else in the profession. It just means you happen to land at a good job. You're an actor and you get a great part in a, in a big movie. A lot of that is luck or connections. A lot of it is not because you're the best actor. Even athletes. Uh, a lot of you don't know Mike Piazza, who's a, a great catcher, now retired. He would not have played baseball. He would have not have had an opportunity to play had he not been uh, the son of a friend of Tommy Lasorda, who had him drafted in the 62nd round just as a favor. 
Just like his go- was it like he, he was his godfather? No, that was a, an incorrect rumor. But uh, oh, okay. but he I'm but he did get yeah, but he his uh, it was his brother's godfather. But his his dad was good friends with Tommy Lasorda, and Tommy Lasorda did him the favor and got him as the sixty two sixty second round draft for the Dodgers, which is like a throwaway draft draft pick, just to do the father a favor. So if his dad did not know Tommy Lasorda, Mike Piazza would have never played Major League Baseball. And you would have never seen, you know, all the great numbers he put up. So I'm sure there's a lot of other Mike Piazzas out there whose fathers are not friends with Thomas Lasorda that also could have put up great numbers in Major League Baseball, but for whatever reason didn't mature at the right time or didn't peak at the right time and didn't get a chance. So there's a lot of randomness that also allows people in, in poker to believe that they're better than they are, and then a few more years pass and, and the truth comes out. And, uh, and, you know, in tournaments, unfortunately, it takes a lot longer to figure that out than it does in cash games. So if you're, in, if you're a cash player, it doesn't take all that long, if you're honest with yourself, to see if you're a winning player or a losing player in the spots you're putting yourself in. In tournaments, it could be a very long time. So that, that was the point I was trying to make with uh, reading this, uh, as well as just how it surprised me to see certain names there that I thought had good World Series that had actually lost money. So Very interesting. It is interesting. Well, I know, Vowels, you have a segment for tonight. Yeah, sorry for that. We were going to do the middle of the show, but... Uh, I, I don't know what happened, so I apologize <laughs> to the East Coast listeners, and uh, we'll try to get it right next time. But um, I think... Uh, Jeff, did you have a little new theme music for my segment? Do I have any new theme music? I I have no idea what you're talking about. Welcome to the Ask Layla segment. (laughs) So I'm going to begin this segment by asking my co-hosts and all our wonderful listeners in chat, do you know what Rule 39 is? And this pertains to the Internet. No. Never. I bet Ben Cameron heard of Rule 39. No, I don't know it. So Rule 39 states that if it exists, there is porn of it. And the reason why I bring this up is because I started wondering quite some time ago, back on another forum that we were a part of, what all of these My Little Pony photographs were about. Are you guys familiar with that? Well, I know who can answer that question. Well, in particular, um, Sonatine had been posting a lot of pony pictures, and I didn't really understand what the meme was. I I knew that it had something to do with something online that was going on, but I I didn't get it. So so I'm going to ask you my next question. Do you know what a clopper is? Uh, I know what the clap is. <laughs> no, this is not directly related to that that I know of. Uh, probably would be uh, somebody who wouldn't catch the clap. How about you, Brandon? No, I have no idea. Okay. How about the word brony? B-R-O-N-Y. Does that uh, ring any bells? Oh, I've heard that, but I'm forgetting what that is. Damn it. Okay. No. Well, a brony is a male fan of the My Little Pony Fashion right. Magic That's franchise. Right. Yeah. And this is a show that was obviously uh, designed for, intended for young girls, but has attracted a, <laughs> a wide audience of men, and I'm talking grown men. And these are the bronies. 
Um, apparently, it goes beyond just watching My Little Pony cartoons. But there is also a bunch of pornography on, on the Internet that you may not be aware of that features My Little Ponies in um, strange pornographic encounters. And so a clopper is a brony who masturbates to My Little Pony porn. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I I was with you the whole way, Brandon. I, I was like, what? How could this be true? But, you know, refer back to Rule 39. If it exists, there is porn of it, and there's going to be somebody who gets into it. Apparently, this is bigger than we imagined. Um, these guys who call themselves bronies have a uh, convention called BronyCon, and they meet up. Uh, they all get together so that they can, I don't know, um, <laughs> glorify the My Little Pony cartoons. And some of them obviously take it a little further than that by inserting uh, sexual, um, let's say, addiction into the cartoons, (laughs) and I don't know um, how far it goes, but I will tell you that 4,000 of them bought a ticket recently to meet up at the most recent BronyCon in New Jersey. There were 4,000 of these guys at this convention, and um, some interviews were were done on um, other radio shows, and I, I heard it specifically on the Howard Stern show. It caught my attention because they had interviewed a couple of these guys. And they're not child molesters, as I just saw Rollo post in chat. These guys uh, literally, you know, they watch a kid's show, but they aren't out there molesting children. They're simply watching Hot Pony Ass. Um, what, what, what is Hot Pony Ass? Hold on a second. What, what is Hot Pony Ass? What is a hot pony versus a non-hot pony? Well, that's a very good question, and I was hoping that um, you know maybe some of our, our our loyal listeners would know more about this, and they could call in and tell us what what really a hot pony ass is, and what I know nothing about any of this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest; I know nothing. I can't contribute in anywhere. Well. Um, you've seen a couple of the pictures posted in the forums where it shows a pornographic scene with a pony, um, and it literally is a My Little Pony pony. You know, it's not like a real horse. So it might ha- might have something to do with an anime. Uh, surely the two of you have seen anime porn before, yes? I mean, you know I've, seen, I've seen a little of it. Various I sites, I've seen like the links, but I've honestly never clicked on them. Right, right. I was going to oh, say the same thing. Really? Like, I, I've, I've seen like little clips people have made gifts out of or whatever, yeah, but, but I've, I've never, never actually watched them. So, I mean, I guess the point of anime porn is that you can draw your characters to look any way you want and have them do anything you want, and you don't have to pay porn actors. Um, and that seems to be very popular. Well, just picture that instead of humans, it's ponies. Little pink and purple ponies hmm. doing all sorts of nasty things. You know, I will tell you this. Ken Scaler once admitted that he masturbated to Smurfette. See? If, there, if it exists, there is porn of it. But he's not really into no. that. He just, said, he just said it was an exception, like one time he did it. I mean, oh, one time? I, I, can, I can safely say, and I've never tried, but just knowing what turns me on and what doesn't, I could probably have one of these cartoon porns on for for an infinite amount of time, I don't think I, I would never be able to get off watching one of those. It just doesn't do anything for me. You could you couldn't get off watching a cartoon, even if she was like a hot like Jessica Rabbit type. No, 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 I don't, no, no, no. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I can't uh, if they're not human. I just uh, yeah, yeah. I just can't get into it at all. Even even drawings that are like realistic looking depictions of humans, but that aren't actually humans, like like a uh, like a cartoon version of, of a hot girl. Even if she's not an animal, she's like a hot girl that's a, just a cartoon version of her. I still couldn't get into it. Like it has to be a real live woman, at least a picture of a real live woman, for me to get turned on. Yeah, I agree. So even if it's a caricature of a real live woman, but her breasts are bigger, her face no, is more perfect. Does nothing. Yeah. For me. Absolutely zero point zero. And I'd like to point out here that even though I mentioned Sonatine, I don't think that he is necessarily zero you know into this genre. Zero. I think he <laughs> he probably is just making fun of it when he posts. You it. never know with Sonatine. You know what? If someone had to ask me. From what I've seen of Sonatine, he's in our chat right now, but if someone asked me about Sonatine, uh, would I really believe that he's really into that stuff, or, or is he just joking with it? I, the truth is, I can't tell. I know he's doing it for shock value, but I don't know if like behind it he actually is into it. It's kind of hard to tell with Sonatine. I, I could go either way with that one. I'm being honest. I'm, I, I'm looking here. Right at a link that uh, Jeannie posted in the chat, and... I guess just goes to tell you, Jeannie is a very close friend of mine, and uh, I'm clicking on this image now from her, and this is very disturbing. Uh, do, you, uh, do you guys see the, the link? Yeah, I'm afraid to click yeah. it now. I'm going to be yeah, brave anyway. Disturbing. No, and Jeff, I don't think that Sonatine, I, I know you say you never know. I think he tries to keep his fans guessing, but I'm sure that he's only making fun of the genre. Uh, although Rollo Tomasi says he invented the genre. <laughs> Look, I will say this. I have met Sonatine uh, a number of times, both uh, in Vegas. He is one cool dude. And, yes, and also in L.A., and I've had nothing but uh, a wonderful time every every time we've hung out and just had a couple of drinks and talked. Very personal, very... I mean, you know, I almost want to say he's kind of like the cliche that of, a, like, the Internet persona and then, like, totally different in real life, but... I, I mean, in in real life, the guy's a cool motherfucker. And I don't say that about a lot of people, but right. uh, very, very, very well-spoken, very, very highly, highly intelligent. Exactly. Um, very and, polite, and, and very friendly. A, a great guy. And honestly, yeah. the only reason his name was brought into this is just because he happens to be the one who brought the pony pictures to the forums, and at least our poker forums. And um, I never had seen anything beyond that. That was my first exposure to this, and so I. This is all new to me. I was kind of hoping you guys might know something about it, but um, Sonatine, if you are in chat, we definitely encourage you to call into the radio show right now and tell us what you know. Uh, Jeff, what's the number? No, the number is seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. And I want to mention one other thing about uh, a kind of a internet porn that's uh, unusual. Back in the eighties, and this is before. Most people were on the internet. Even I was not on the internet then, but I was calling BBSs, and I saw a file called "For Your Printer." The number four, and then your printer. So I said, "Okay," and I downloaded it. It just looked like a bunch of letters, just placed all over the place—a bunch of M's, a bunch of dots, a bunch of V's—and I'm like, "All right, what the hell?" So I printed it, and it still looked like that. And then I backed up a little bit, and it was a picture of a naked girl, made with ASCII text. With the, you know, a bunch of, with a bunch of letters and periods and commas and stuff, it, it made a, a, an actual picture. 
sort of picture, not a very good resolution picture, but a, a picture of a naked girl. And I, I have to admit, I wasn't turned on by it, but I thought it was interesting enough to where I kept that printout. <laughs> Just, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I've seen a lot of ASCII uh, stuff on online, but this is... Really, I'm new to the whole pony thing, and I want to call attention to one of our most wonderful uh, listeners, Jeannie. She um, she just posted something in chat that is right online with what we're talking about. She says she came back from her second tour of Afghanistan, and she found her son on his laptop watching porn of My Little Pony and masturbating to it. Uh, and this was on a website called Rule 34. He had 23 windows of it open. It's kind of like the Maven, except uh, with porn instead um, of a tournament. And, and she thinks that the names he had searched were Twilight, Sparkle, and Applejack, <laughs> which I believe are names of characters of uh, little girl ponies on the show. And uh, somebody has turned them into porn. Now, I don't know where you can find this porn. Maybe Jenny uh, can tell us where to look. I'm very surprised. I've, I've had hundreds of meals. I've gone on vacations with Jeannie. I never never knew this side of her. And actually, Jeannie, could you very, call us uh, um, at, on the show and tell us how you handled <laughs> this? Because I, can, I have a, a little girl. I can't imagine if I had a little boy and I came home to find him. Jerking off to ponies. I, I just don't know what I would well, do. I just hope this fad How passes. But it? I hope. Jeannie, call in. Uh, the number again is uh, 775 fraud 55 775 We just want to know. I mean, how did you handle? Like, what did you tell your well, son? Well, I actually hope this passes before Benjamin gets to be like 13. I, I hope this fad passes. I, I don't want to come in his room and find that. Well, whatever you do, don't let him watch My Little Pony. Apparently, it leads to uh, lewd and debaucherous behaviors. All right, we have a caller here. I, I think this might be an expert on the subject. Uh, caller, hello. Hi. Hi. Who, who's calling? Just, uh, just, I'm not a member of the site or anything. Okay, I guess you're not an expert then, but go ahead. Um, well, we can still be an expert. No, no, we we'll won't. That's right. I guess, I guess you could still be. What, 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 uh, what would you like to say? Um, I just wanted to talk more about Dustin. <laughs> I mean, I, we're not we're not up to the dog segment Wait, yet, but I guess same guy. I mean, I guess I guess we could skip ahead to talking about dogs if you want. We're we're on ponies right now, but uh. well, I mean, there are dogs that are like you know pony like size, so there are dogs that are really sexy. <laughs> okay, so what do you want to say you about Dustin? That, I mean, that's that's not exactly the topic, but go ahead. Is Dustin maybe into like an Irish like sheepdog type or more like? <laughs> like You'll like have to dom- ask him. The, dom- I... the dominating style, or you know, or what, when, more into like, yeah. when I when I talked a lot to Dustin, I I never actually asked him what breed he favored. I just that just never came up. I don't know. I, he sort of sounds like he would be like into the Irish wolfhound, right? Being dominated. Call her real fast. Caller, what does this have to do Wait, with pony porn? But hold on, before call her real fast. You, you you don't post on any of the forums, is that correct? I post on some, but not not PFA. No. Okay. Have you ever called into our show before? Uh, once. 
Oh, okay. I was just saying, it just seems very odd that this has been on your mind to, to call him out. Well, I have a feeling this caller well, the would... the ponies reminded him of the dog. I have a feeling he would prefer to hear me talking about pocket aces. Is that true? It's possible. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Wait, hold on. Is this our little friend in, 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 in uh, Northern Virginia? I think it is. Jeff? This I is, really I do. Think this I'm, is, I'm really liking this Northern Virginia. I, I, think, I think it's the guy who is complaining about the pocket aces. Yeah. Is it Northern Virginia draft? Is that the area code? No, it's actually Las Vegas, but uh, oh. who knows. Huh. Now, caller, have you ever masturbated to a pink pony ass? Uh, not a pink pony ass, no. No? Would no, maybe a purple one? Well, pink would be most desirable, but I, no, I yes, haven't. See, we're learning something. Okay. Well, what, what, what do you prefer? When you're on the Internet looking for porn, what do you prefer? Um, tall blondes. All right, that's pretty generic, but okay, I'll accept it. Okay. I mean, I'll, you can't go wrong with this. So, bye. You know, it, it's very funny because I was just—I got a link from Sir Bob today from a, a poker podcast review site, and um, this is what it says basically. Uh, for those of you that prefer less mainstream poker podcasts, Poker Front Alert is for you, basically. <laughs> and I think these are the kind. Of, I think these are the kind of segments that the, the reviewer uh, was referring to. I will say that but we are less mainstream. That is true. We're not. We're not quite the mainstream. But uh, I, I like the way this guy ended the call. He just abruptly, like in the middle of them. Okay, bye. Like like his mom came in the room or something. Yeah, seven zero two number, huh? Yeah, it's odd. I really, it sounded like that little kid from Northern. What if it's Menachem? Well, mm, he does have a deep voice, but uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately, or maybe it's fortunately, I guess. I, I really, I know nothing about any of this. Maybe I, I am just naive. I really, a lot of things I'm reading and I'm seeing, I, I just, I don't know. I've never even heard of. I didn't know. I mean, just it, the the strangeness of people never ceases to amaze me, and and I guess I find myself kind of like a car wreck. I I'm just fascinated with this, and I'm looking at some of the sites where these bronies meet up, and some of the stuff that they post seems very innocent, and they're adamant about the fact that people put them down for watching a little girls show, um, and they say that it's uh, it's for everyone, and and they shouldn't be judged for that. But when you get into the pornography side of it, then it does start to get pretty creepy. Now, I'll ask you, Angel, what if you were dating a guy that okay. revealed he was into this? Would this bother you? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you're saying into it like he was actually masturbating to pony porn? Yes, like he told he was turned on by it. Like, <laughs> yeah, would, would this bother you to hear this? I'd be a little bothered. Okay. But maybe, maybe I could accept it if all other things were right. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, th- here comes the 716 caller. He tried to call earlier. Let's take his call now. I have no idea what this is. Uh, you're on the air caller. Hey, you guys were talking about the brony porn before. Yeah, who's this? Yeah, this is, uh, well, I don't really want to give my name away, but uh, I can tell you that I was at the brony con. You went to brony con? Yeah, in Pennsylvania. No, it was in, it was in New Jersey. Uh, I guess he wasn't there. Oh, he was lying. Okay. That's okay. right. Tell, tell us. you got to do some research before you make these uh, phony calls to us. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. 
Go ahead, Kyler. Um, Tell us all uh, about it. There's a whole, there's a whole subculture there, though. Uh, so what do you know about it? There were some famous celebrities there. But what, you're still claiming you went there, but you don't even have the right location. <laughs> well, I was. Well, you all know the first the three most important things about these pony shows: location, location, location. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really oh. That's okay. It, it, it actually was reported incorrectly on the Howard Stern show to be in Pennsylvania, so this caller probably heard that broadcast. He probably listens to Howard Stern. So, so tell us about your trip to uh, to uh, Brony Con, is it called? To, 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 to uh, New Pennsylvania. Yeah, tell us about it. Well, uh, I was just surprised. You know, there's a lot of very famous people that are there, and I was surprised they didn't get more coverage, honestly. Hmm. Uh, for example, Wilton Burrow was there. Really, uh, who? Milton Burrow? Wilton Burrow. Wilton yeah. Burrow? Uncle Melty. Mel- so Mer- Merton Burrow came back from the dead of 10 years ago <laughs> and showed up. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that actually makes a bigger story than him following ponies. It actually would be good if a celebrity came out and uh, said they were a brony and even more said they were a clopper, and then that would sort of add some legitimacy to the movement. Is, is it me, or does our collar base tonight seem a little aloof from our usual kind of collar? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so he's calling to say that he was at a po- uh, what is, what, brony show in a different state that didn't exist, and Milton Burrow was there? Is that really the basis of this call? Drop out? <laughs> That's how how he remembers it. And George Burns was the MC, let me guess. So, Collar, do you enjoy um, Hot Pony Ass? Well, you know, it was actually my first experience uh, getting the uh, the, uh, (coughs) Hot Pony Ass. I can say it's quite an experience. All right. Very good. I I, I had to get rid of him. Okay. (laughs) It was funny for a moment. It was, and, and I just thought it was interesting, so I, I couldn't get Sonatine to call in, and uh, I think that would have made the show, but... I like how you just came up with Milton Berle, of all people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had a very large penis, so maybe that was why. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, Bukowski posted a picture of, and this is one of these in the genre of animated shows where people make sexual pictures out of them. So I've seen like I've seen a lot of these. I've seen it where the cast of Family Guy is fucking each other and stuff like that. So this is one based on King of the Hill, which has Dale looking at Peggy, like laying I think it's on a car, naked, and it's like a, a reflection of her in his sunglasses. But the interesting thing is Peggy has a giant penis. And, uh, <laughs> She's a dick girl. But, you know, I can believe this because remember there was an episode of King of the Hill where Peggy had size 14 shoes. So it would so make she sense. must have a big car. Yeah, it would make sense that she's actually a tranny. <laughs> I think I've seen Simpsons porn before. Yeah, there's, that's, that's, that's everywhere, yeah. The, the most disturbing one to me was like the Futurama porn where you're like seeing Bender have sex with people. Mm. And that was disturbing? <laughs> uh, that was, that, I don't know, for some reason I can... Like I, I can accept the Simpsons having sex with each other much more than a robot having sex. Really? Yeah, I, I don't want to see yeah, a robot. I really feel better about myself after listening to all this. Sometimes I feel I'm a little deviant just for a little <laughs> pinky in the butt. But I mean, after hearing all this, I mean, I'm, no. you're a pretty normal guy, right? Jesus, yeah. I, I just I'm, I'm naive to all this. I know nothing about it. 
But now you do, so you've been tainted by our broadcast. You know, I'll tell you, I I actually feel the way Brandon does, but not right now. We, I felt this way for a long time because, you know, I, I would think, okay, you know, I, I would think of my fantasy and I'd think, well, maybe I'm a pervert. And then... I, I would find out what other guys are into, and I would, like, especially when I'd be in chat rooms, and I'd see what guys in the chat would say, or I'd talk to girls in the chat, and they'd tell me what all the different guys would talk to them about and, you know, want to say to them and want them to do, and I'd say, wow, I'm actually a pretty clean guy, like, compared to all these, you know, they're like, uh, so, I think that's what Brandon's feeling right now, he sees all this, this pony crap and everything else, like, uh, he, he feels pretty damn mainstream, right, right, it definitely has made me feel like less of a pervert, if that. If that means anything. <laughs> I like how Jeannie is having fun with this in the chat. She's like, oh, she, she wanted me to, she just texted me, she wanted me to make it clear that uh, she's finally come out of the closet and admitted her fascination with all this and that, uh, no, I'm kidding. She said all the information she's come up with, she's Googled it, and I think she's kind of learning as she goes, as, as I seem to be as well. Um, but uh, I, I don't think I'm going to expand on this any further than once this segment's over. Uh I don't well, hopefully that. Jeannie has got her son watching normal porn and um, <laughs> no longer tuning into pony porn. Yeah, Jeannie in the chat just said, I'm now a newbie pony porn brony. <laughs> <laughs> so now Jeannie's going to be like browsing all day. You're not a brony, day. you're a filly. Jesus. I think Jeannie's going to be spending the whole night browsing this pony stuff. Jesus. Well, I have to admit, I've been doing a little browsing myself well, since I, I found out about this. i got to admit, of all the segments so far, Val, this is by it's far and away the... Yeah, I don't know how you're going to top yourself next I've got another off-profit, right? Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, are we giving away anything tonight, guys? Yeah, well, we were going to have a game. We were going to have a game, um, but uh, I'm actually going to table this to next week. Yeah. For, for various reasons I won't get into right now. But uh, next week I'll actually set this up, or I'll try to, you know, with Ken, you never know. But I, I want the I want the initial contest of this to be one where Ken's on the phone. I'd really prefer that. And okay. since it's late anyway, I, uh, I prefer to just have it start off with a bang, where Ken's actually on the phone, and then the people type it in the chat room. And then I tell them if they won. Like, they, they're on the phone and in the chat at the same time, and we have Ken on the phone. I just, I kind of feel like if we do a, a pared-down version at 11 p.m., it won't be the same. So I, I'd like the first version of that to be one with, with Ken and with people in the chat and playing against each other. Against each other, I think it'll be fun. And uh, so uh, we'll table that to next week. But don't worry, the money's not going anywhere. It, that same $100 that has been pledged for this will all be given away. $10 at a time, and uh, stay tuned for that another week. Let's see if we have anything else on the... the I wanted, would you want to do a prank call? Sure, why not? I, I want to talk about one other thing, and then yeah. we're, we're done with the agenda. Uh, just quick mention of it. There's a huge cash game going in Macau, and they've had this before, but this always just kind of trips me out to see the type of money that's involved. And I also wonder how much money the people really have. And when I say the people, I mean the, uh, the the professional poker players, not the rich businessmen. But in these giant, giant cash games, uh, do they really have the money to back how much they're playing? So listen to this. This is from Matt Savage, who's, of course, a, a respected uh, tournament director. Uh, he's on, uh, on 2 Plus 2, he posted this. 
despite the light turnout at the Asian Poker Tour Macau, the cash gains are some of the biggest in history. As Tom Dwan, Phil Ivey, Chow Jang, I didn't even know he had money anymore, and John Jawanda are playing Hong Kong 5K, 10K with some Chinese businessmen. Now, Hong Kong dollars, it's about 1 to 8. It's 1 to one to 7.8. So if you have 7.8 Hong Kong dollars, it's worth 1 U.S. dollars. So that means this 5K, 10K Hong Kong game at no limit is really like 650, 1300 uh, U.S. dollars, no limit. But the game plays bigger and there was about 40 million on the table last night when I saw the game. Now, I assume he means 40 million Hong Kong dollars. But still, that's uh, that's still what, five million, uh, more than 5 million U.S. dollars on the table. Tom made it through day one of the 5K main event, but only came downstairs to play one hand, 10-4 offsuit, in an attempt to bust and get back to the cash game, but instead he doubled up and asked me to call him as soon as he was under 20 big blinds. So Tom Draw was so into this cash game that he was, you know, he played the 5K main event there, but he was so uninterested in it that uh, he played 10-4 offsuit and actually tried to bust, doubled up, and then it's like, ah, crap, well, since I didn't bust, uh, give me a call when I'm under 10, 20 big blinds, I'll try again. So um, in the game so far, as of the time this was posted... Um, Juwanda was the biggest winner of the game and um, Dur Ivy and Chow Jang are stuck a combined few million Hong Kong dollars and uh, Tom Juan said that he's actually going to be moving there soon I don't know if he'll really do that but that was the claim from Matt Savage and I, I wondered that, you know, I thought about these honk, these uh, Macau games, and I've heard that they just have some crazy action over there. And you have some really, really rich businessmen that just want to go and shoot off, a lot of whom aren't very good. And while Macau is a very, very, very far place to go, um, would that be worth moving there if you're into the live poker scene and you're a good player and you got a decent bankroll? And it uh, looks like Tom Dwan said yes, and might be moving there soon. So that, that would be interesting. And uh, I, I wonder how much money can be made over there if you have some really rich businessmen that just shoot off. But you, you have to have a pretty deep role to withstand some of the, the swings in those, I have to admit. I mean, like, uh, I wonder how much you'd need to play in games like that as, as a bankroll to stop yourself from going bust. Because, uh, you know, even if you get it in good, think think if you've got a set and there's a flush draw on the board. You've got top set and there's a flush draw on the board. And you get it all in for something huge against one of these Asian guys. Well, you're still going to lose that a fair amount of time. You're going to win a lot more than you lose. But, uh, you know, if you get a gigantic pot in with that and you're going to have to do it every time, um, what if you lose a few of those? What if you lose a lot more of those than you should? Uh, you're going to go busto in a game like that. So... Um, I personally could never play for those type of stakes unless I just had insane money. If we cast everything in, Jeff, right now, how many buy-ins do you think you'd have for that game? I, I liquidated everything. All those secret locations and I, I, I don't know. buried in the, in the in desert. How many buy-ins do you think you can come up with? I don't know. I don't even know what the buy-ins would be for this game. But I, I, I could play it. But uh, first of all, I'd be shitting bricks the whole time. I, I just wouldn't. You know, it would just, my heart would just, I'd feel it 
you probably see my heart pounding through my shirt if I played the game. Like you wouldn't that. be able to sit there and like the, the one gentleman at the million dollar tournament right off the bat and have like three plates of food and you're eating and. Uh, no, I can still have three plates of food. I can always have that. But uh, um, so even if you're, if you're playing those steaks, you'd be able to eat. Yes. I can never eat when I'm playing a real big game. Really? I, don't, I just don't have an appetite. No, I could play unless I lost. If I lost, that would probably kill my appetite. But if I hadn't lost yet, I was just like... So if you sit down Commerce and you're... What, I mean, I know you play, you know, because we played some of the same things online, but in Commerce, what did you used to play as high as what, like 400, 800, 360? Yeah, 500,000 was the highest I played there. So you could sit down and buy into a 500,000 game and, and you would have no nerves and sit there and just eat like a normal meal or a sandwich. And again, like, like, I, like I mentioned, right off the bat, not being stuck, obviously, or, you know, just, you know, if you get there, you're hungry, you're yes. just not nervous at all, you could eat. Yes, I can. I, I, would, I would have, you know, it, it would, I would have some nervousness in when I play certain hands, knowing how much money's at stake, especially since uh, I don't play as high as that anymore. But even if you go back in time to where I used to play higher, um, I, I, yes, I, I had a little bit of nervousness in those games. So I, I did play some of those. Like, I played 400, 800 for hours and hours and hours at a time, and, you know, I wasn't sitting there, like, super nervous the whole way. I'd only feel nervous if I was in, like, a very big pot and, and just hoping I don't get screwed. But, uh, you know, yes, the, the answer is yes, no matter how big the stakes are. Unless they were so big that it would, like, bust me and, like, kill my whole roll in one shot. But uh, um, a very high stakes game I could eat as long as I wasn't losing yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm the total opposite. I cannot, unless, if the money means anything to me whatsoever, or just reasonable stakes, I can't eat. I mean, I'm talking about if I'm playing like a 10, 20, or 20, 40 limit holding game, but games that are higher, if I was playing even like 100, 200, or 24, I, I, I just couldn't eat. I just couldn't sit there and, I don't know, part of it's probably the comfort level. I'm never, I've never, besides commerce, I guess, because of the fact they bring you trades, especially in Vegas. It's very uncomfortable to eat a meal and play in Las Vegas. Because it's just not, and I still don't understand why. Um, even in the high limit games that they have at the Blasio and Aria, they don't, they just don't have it set up. A commerce, there seems to always be enough space and space and tables and trays where you can eat, but it's not like that in Vegas. But yeah, yeah, it's anyhow, really in Vegas. It, yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that's always been some, the way I've been. I've never been able to eat playing any meaningful type of poker, and of course. Like you, the same way. If I'm stuck, then I absolutely have no appetite. And then if I win, you know, a large amount of break-even or, or just do relatively well or lose small, then I'll demolish food afterwards. And obviously, if I end up getting stuck for the night, I, I usually would just go home and go to sleep and just uh, have no desire to eat until the next day. So I have to say I'm the same way. I, I, I don't like to eat at the table anyway. I always feel like... Uh, I'm getting little traces of my food on the cards, and it's uncomfortable, and I have to be looking away. It just doesn't, it, it's not comfortable. You know what I hated at Commerce is when people order, like, a really bad-smelling fish. Right. And then it just stinks up the whole place, and it's always like, it's always like the person who backs into me from the next table over, so they're, like, super close. Yeah. So. Uh, Druff, there's, there is, since we were talking about this, there's a question in the chat. It's a decent question uh, from Spiarts. He wants to know, and I assume he's referring to live poker. Uh, and I'm also going to – the question is kind of vague, but it's Druff. What's the highest limit you would play right now? And I'm just going to uh, kind of rephrase it because it's kind of vague. Assuming a, a live poker and assuming the game is a decent game, not a great game, like the most amazing game ever, just a, a decent good game. Uh, what is the highest limit you would play right now live at 
I'll just say commerce, for instance. If you walked in there, you have money in your box, what, what would be the game? Uh, decent, I would say, and this is a game that rarely goes at commerce, is 150300 um, The If it's good or great... Um, I'd play 200, 400, maybe 300, 600. I wouldn't do 400, 800 again. It's just too high, and I, it's just if I have a bad session there, it would take too long to recover what I lost there, to where I, I just wouldn't want to do it. It would just be, uh, I, I would just, it would just bother me too much to lose that much, and, and then think of how much I have to grind at lower limits to bring it back. And um, yeah. so, do you think your days in general? Of playing 400, 800, 500,000 or over? Probably, probably, but unless uh, online poker comes back and everything returns to kind of the way it was, see, as long as I feel that I could sit down and win back what I lost in a reasonable amount of time, then I'm willing to take the risk. I just I just hate where I'm going to lose and then I have to go step back down much lower and take forever to get back there. I feel like it's a, it's a colossal waste of time. And yes, there's a, you know I could win too, but I, I'm just uh, so afraid of that, and it, it would get in my head when I'm playing, too, and I wouldn't play my best game, either. Uh, I actually had a situation sort of like this last year at the World Series. A 200-400 was going, and while there was no like outright fish in the game, it was like a crazy action game, where everyone's like, raise, raise, raise. Like, like every pot you're seeing, like four bets, sometimes even five bets, five ways. And I said, oh, boy, do I want to play this? Because it was a 200-400. It was playing bigger than 200-400. And I knew that if I just locked it down and played tight and, uh, you know, just if I thought I was ahead, pound them. And if I wasn't, then, uh, um, you know, not play the way they are. Uh, then maybe I could make a killing there if I run well. Of course, there's also the problem that I'll probably take a lot more bad beats in a game like that be charged a lot more if I take bad beats and and also if I just keep missing hands like Ace-King or you know whatever and uh, or miss flush draws or whatever, it'll cost me a lot of money. So sure enough, I sat down there and instantly lost 8K, just not making any hands. I had sat down with the promise to myself that I'm going to stop if I lose 20. If I lose 20, I'm just leaving. No matter how good the game still is. So I got down as low as like minus 8K and then they, uh, I got a hand where I flopped a flush draw and turned a flush. And it turned out I was up against uh, two good hands, in it, including top set, which was held by uh, Brian Meanders, you know, the guy who uh, won the limit shootout this year, that, yes. that, that neutrality. He had top set, and some other person had another good hand. So uh, I made a, it was like a 12K pot or something. It's a huge pot I won there. And that turned it around, and... I didn't really win very many other hands, but I think I quit the game up by 4K when it uh, kind of changed and wasn't as good anymore. But, uh, you know, I I was nervous in that game because I, this was last year, post-Black Friday, wasn't playing as big anymore, and this game was even playing bigger than 2-4. And I almost didn't play, but I just watched people just shooting off just in this, like, very gambly mood. And I, I said, hey, I'll take a shot at it. I've got the bankroll to take a shot at a game like this. Why don't I? And I did, and, and, and once a few people left and the texture of the game changed, then I'm like, you know, you know, no point to stay here. It's me and a bunch of pros, and no one's playing all that crazy anymore. But when it was crazy, it was, it was worth doing. And, uh, you know, I, I only won like 4K. It wasn't a thrill, but uh, it was still 4K. And uh, 
didn't live up to the dream I was hoping of just like running over the game and winning 30k in a short time, but uh, um, you know, I, at least I didn't lose that 20 that I was uh, allotting myself to lose in that one. Even back then, and you know, I, I'm not just so people do realize I'm not really privy to your finances other than you know I have watched you play online. Uh, many years, you know, on Poker Stars at times before we uh, hosted uh, shows together and I was a part of forums and we didn't play together. When you were playing 500 a 1,000, were you properly bankrolled in that game? Yes. Like fully properly bankrolled? Yes. To, okay, when I say that, I also mean not just for the session that you intended to play, but if you were... If that was your game of choice and you wanted to play it for a specific amount of time, say daily or three times a week, uh, at that point in time you had the money to continually. Now again, you know, that's not that's assuming you didn't lose session after session after session. But with variance uh, being attributed, uh, you were bankrolled to play that game on a regular basis. Yeah, I was. I've always been bankrolled properly for every single game I've played in poker ever. And uh, part of that was because I came into the game in the first place with a bankroll because I didn't start playing poker until I was uh, almost 29. And I you know, had a, a career that, with a job that paid decent money before that, and I lived like a Jew, too. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and... and, and you uh, lived like a Jew? Yeah, and, and so... Does that mean you just never spent money on anything? No, I wasn't never spent. I was just careful of how I spent it and didn't uh, waste money. So I, I was actually banking money. I, I was making more than I was spending consistently every year, and I built up a bankroll. And so then, no lobster dinners? No, there were. That's the thing. I, I, I would have lobster dinners, but it wouldn't well, be... True lobster. story. Druff once gave up a filet and lobster on a cruise ship to the beta <laughs> madman on, on the radio. That's that true. is a true story. That's true. But, uh, you know, I, I was always be- properly rolled, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to play in a game that I wasn't properly bankrolled for unless it was like unless it was at a point where I was like had just about no money because it was Mike Caro who once said it's very easy to replenish a small bankroll it's a lot harder to replenish a big bankroll so if you play underrolled in a game which is small anyway if you play underrolled to play 2-4 or no limit that's not a big deal if you play underrolled to play uh, you know 25-50 no limit that is a big deal so if you ask has a question actually for both of us and again, if you know, if you don't feel comfortable, as, as always, talking about finances, there's no need to. But he was curious: what is the single biggest winning session uh, either you or myself have had live or online? Well, unfortunately, the lo- the biggest losing session was bigger than the best winning session, provided that you don't count the tournaments, which I don't think you can count because we're talking about cash. Um, I've had a I've had a few in the fifties as far as winning, 55, 53, 50, things like that. Um, all of them online. I've never won 50 live. I've won in the 40s live. Unfortunately, I have lost over 80. Uh, I, I don't even remember now the exact number. It was, uh, I'm trying to block it out. But it was it was over 80 at 500, 1,000 in commerce. I lost one time. And uh, I was so disgusted when I came back from that. And uh, How long did that take to get over? It, it, it took a while. And, in fact, I, I was so... For about a day or so, I was saying I'm just going to quit poker because I, I had lost. What had happened was uh, I was, uh, th- this was a tough year for me. This was in 2007, and I just had frustrating thing after frustrating thing. I, I, I started off that year really badly online. I started off the year down about 
200-something thousand for the year, just right away by the time we're in the middle of March. And I thought, wow, this uh, this is going to be a horrible year. I, I'm probably, probably not even going to make money this year. And then I went on a nice winning streak where I got everything back for a few months, including on Absolute Poker, playing on my infamous Electro <laughs> account. And uh, that I got myself out of the hole, then continued to win, and then got myself up uh, a few hundred thousand as we're getting near the end of the year. Now, this is despite the fact that I had two heartbreaking tournaments that year. I had one where I got deep in a 5K event, no limit, and flopped uh, flush over flush over flush, where I was the bottom of those three flushes and busted right before the money. And, uh, and then I had another one where uh, Ace on the River cost me a final table of one of those big field no limit events in that same year. So very frustrating year, but I thought at least it was ending on a nice note that I had you know, won the last, uh, you know, for several months in a row and got not only got myself out of a 200-something thousand dollar hole, but uh, was now up a few hundred thousand. And uh, then I collapsed at the end of the year, including that 80-something thousand lost, including just I kept losing online. I just kept losing everywhere. And by the time the year was over, um, I, I it was pretty much, uh, I won slightly, but most of what I had won got eaten up by that losing streak at the end. And this was the final straw of that losing streak. It was at the end of 2007 when I lost that uh, 80 whatever thousand to 500 1,000 in commerce. And I was mad at myself, too, because I stayed in the game when it wasn't good anymore because I was stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bukowski, as always, this brings up an interesting point, although I know nothing about it, but uh, just due to his uh, reputation, I have no, no reason to doubt it. He's uh, claiming... Uh, a gentleman, or I guess it could be a young kid, uh, that lives in Ireland named Ir... I can't pronounce it. Irebu? It's E-I-R-E-A-B-U. Um, on PokerStars so far this year, has won $3.1 million, which, again, back in the heyday, wouldn't really even really probably be in the top five uh, in terms of all in wings. But what seems to be remarkable about this is the highest level he's played is 5,100 PLO. And obviously anyone that's played PLO knows that it plays much, much higher than the blinds would indicate. Still, to clear 3 million playing that, 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 I mean, that is a remarkable feat. Yeah. And that's just, that's especially, the, again, the way the games are today. So um, if that's if that's true, then and you know the other, the other thing, getting getting back to what you're saying, after you lost the 80k, uh, if you remember, how long was it roughly before you played another hand of poker? How long of a break did you need? Uh, I know just from my experience, when I lose um, a significant amount, just not a losing session, I, I tend to take anywhere from three to five days off at least before I play again. If it's that bad of a session. Yeah, it took. It, I think it was about a week and a half. And uh, my worst yeah. session ever actually was even worse than that. It was online. I still remember the day. It was December 26, 2005. And despite 2005 being a very good year for me, uh, both in cash and in... Uh, um, and in... Uh, online? Online. I, I just knocked out the court. I was hoping we're still online here, but I guess we are. Um, I won a lot on Christmas. Like, I think... I think that was one of those days I won 50K. And then on December 26th, I came back and I lost 90K. You lost the Angel, though, when you lost the court, apparently. No. Okay, I'll connect her back on. So. Um, <laughs> uh-oh, we're losing everybody here. Let me re- reset the Skype connection. 
Okay, I'm back. No, we lost Angel. Uh, now she's still gone. <laughs> Can't ever get this right here. So, Man, are you walking around the house with the? Is that no, what's no, going no. On? I know. I just uh, is the cord just fell out. But uh, um, I yeah, I lost 90k that day, and I was playing 150, 300 pound on Iter Poker, which is like 300, 600 at the time. So I just a uh, shorthanded game. I just was getting clobbered. I just lost every hand. You know, you know how that can be. Limit hold them. And uh, yeah, so um, I, I actually was going to write a post, and I still am going to. And I won't. You know, I won't go into everything I'm going to say now. You can wait for the post. But uh, I was going to write a post about regrets I have from poker, things that I wish I could have done differently, and they range from. Leaving games like that 500-1000 in 2007 where I, it wasn't a good game anymore and I was stuck and just accepting that I lost and not letting it become a disaster. And I've had a number of games like that before. Uh, from things like that to just staying out of games that were high limits that maybe only had one semi-donk in there that just wasn't that great of a spot. To uh, playing games that... Uh, uh, or to... to making money in places outside of poker where there's not really much opportunity anymore but at the time there was a lot like in the affiliate business and like why didn't I get into all that where I could have made a lot of money and uh, you know things like that I wanted, there's a number of regrets I think about and like, I look at myself and I say I, I kept the money I won in poker I, I'm in so much better shape than most players who played poker professionally over the past decade and I can at least be proud of that but uh, and I can be proud of myself for being responsible with the money I won. But but you know I still made some mistakes both in putting my money in spots where I probably shouldn't have had it, and in not doing certain things where I could have made a lot more if if I just did that in addition to to what I was already doing. So I was going to put up uh, a post about. You know, my regrets, things that I wish I had done differently over the past ten years, uh, you know, poker-wise. So, I think, uh, hey, Angel, are you back with us? I'm here. All right. Druff, I sent you in Skype. You know, I hate announcing on the air what uh, the intentions of our, our prank calls are because then people just kind of already know the premise. And as always, these things could be hit or miss, but you never know. Um, I sent you a uh, kind of premise. Did you have a chance to see it in the Skype? Oh, let me take a look here. Okay, I gave you the number and I explained what... Uh, this is going to be a, a Colonel Nigel Faversham call this evening. And Jeff is currently reading. Um, <clears throat> the only thing I will say right now is, uh, just, you know, and again, this could be a fail. It could be, you know, funny, semi-funny, who knows. But this is something that, based on a real occurrence that, are, that uh, happened to me while I was in Laughlin the last few days. Oh, I, I like these know. calls that are based on real stories. So they're always good. And for those who don't know, Laughlin is uh, in the southern, like, it's basically called the tri-state area because it's literally on the, it's the southernmost point of Nevada, right bordering Arizona and within about three miles of bordering Needles, California as well. In fact, there's, and, a, there's uh, a town... The Colorado River. There's a town not too far from there called Calnev Ari. Yep. And, you know, in fact, I, I don't. I know we've been going long, but I do want to say just for people that are listening, um, Laughlin. I, you know, I, I live in Vegas, and you know it's not like I went there for the casinos or to gamble because I have that here. But uh, you know, being from Las Vegas, there's only 
limited places that you can drive for a vacation, um, especially like a situation kind of like draw for myself where uh, although we can kind of set our schedule, we have significant others that have jobs or other responsibilities. So for like a good, nice two or three day trip, um, you know, Laughlin is a decent place to go. Uh, it's about an hour and a half from Vegas. And as I mentioned, it's right on uh, the Colorado River, and it borders, it literally borders Arizona, meaning where you're standing on one side of the river, you look right directly across the river, and it's Bullhead City, Arizona. And what I want to say is for a lot of people that either maybe live in California or uh, just want to gamble, and I say gamble, I mean pits, not poker, because Laughlin is not the place to play poker, um, and, you know, besides, in terms of making a lot of money, they have all their games are limit hold'em, their cash games are limit hold'em, and their spread limit, which is very odd because there's, there's no casino in Vegas that has this. And what spread limit is is you can just bet before the flop, on the flop, on the turn on the river at any moment between 2 and $8. Meaning uh, That's what can, we have here in Arizona as yeah. well. Which yeah. is always so odd because you can just bet two, and then you can bet eight, then you can bet four. It's just very, very odd. It's, you know, it's a limit. But, uh, and they do have tournaments, you know, decent tournaments, but it's not a poker town. But what I do want to say is, and for any of our listeners or foreign posters that may not have the funds to come to Vegas, because Vegas is expensive. I mean, unless you really budget or come during the right part of the year, and it, you know, especially if you want to gamble, it's, you know, it's a very, very expensive city to live in. We calculate food and gambling and hotels and, and you know, taxi, transportation, it's all those things. But Laughlin is a very, very cheap way uh, to get that experience if, if you live nearby and, and don't want to shell out a lot of money. Um, it's not going to give you that same vibe that Vegas has. You know, meaning, you know, just the young, hip, you know, nightclubs. But, you know, if you, if you would just want the gambling and drinking and that kind of experience. And well, also, hell, if you're going to go to Laughlin, you might as well just come to Phoenix. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. But, well, it's know, a lot like, further, actually, for the Laughlin's only It's like 97 miles. But um, you know, during the week, you can get a room in Laughlin. This is without having any, any prior relationship with a, a casino. Um, sometimes from like 15 to $25 a night. And during the weekend, 30, 40, you know, maybe 50 at the most. Food is very, very inexpensive. Every casino has some sort of promotion. In fact, uh, you know, I just did this for, for the heck of it when I was, when I was there, uh, where if you do not have a player's card, they'll give you some sort of money to gamble with. And it's, it's all slot dollars. But some of them are like $5, $10, and there's nothing like, uh, you know, where they send you something, you know, they just literally put – Five or ten dollars on your car, and you, you know you have ten dollars in free slot play. But uh, in terms of table limits, all the blackjack games are five dollars, and they have decent games. They have double deck games, not just automatic shufflers. Dice games are five dollars, and the various carnival games such as uh, Let It Ride, uh, Pie Gal, etc., are five dollars as well. So it's a good place to go if you do if you want to gamble and live and and, and just go cheap. Uh, you know, you could go there with with three or four hundred dollars, you know, for a weekend or two, and, and and have more than enough to gamble on a budget and eat and, and pay for your rooms and everything else. So I, I thought I might. And again, if you're not even into any of that, there is a Colorado River right there where you're staying, and uh, there are just tons of people out there on boats and wave runners, and um, you know, it's it's a nice little getaway from uh, Vegas. And the only two casinos there that have any affiliation. Uh, with casinos outside of Laughlin are 
There is there is a Harris, uh, and there is a Tropicana, but the Tropicana is not affiliated with the ownership of the Tropicana in Vegas. It's affiliated with the Tropicana ownership in Atlantic City. And besides that, the casinos that they have there are all either just family-owned or just associated with Midwest or riverboat casinos. Uh, so there's not, you know, there's no MGM properties or Sands or uh, you know, Winter or anything like that. Any of the big companies in Vegas except for Harris. That's the only property. So spent the weekend there, had a good time, and I just kind of wanted to throw that out there for people that uh, maybe on a budget and want to still just come in for the gamble part of it. Um, and very, very safe, very friendly uh, city. And, you know, again, there's not a lot to do nightlife-wise. That's the only thing that some may be a little uh, weary of. Uh, you know, by 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, it's basically a ghost town, you know, in terms of, like, live music and bars being open and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, for all the other reasons I mentioned, it is a very – a viable alternative to those that want to come and, and get some gambling and not pay, you know, $150, $200 a night for just a standard, you know, king-size bedroom that, that you're not, you're never going to be in. So, yeah. anyhow, with that said... I'm actually going to be there pretty, pretty soon. Yes, I, I, I mentioned uh, in some conversations with us, I suggested some places and where to stay. And if you want to talk yeah. off the air, I can give you some more advice on things that... Uh, I experienced this weekend that you might like. What did you uh, think of the crank call? That uh, yeah, we'll give it a shot. So I'm going to call that okay. right now. And uh, Colonel Faberson is coming in. And uh, just to clarify, I'm not going to tell the audience yet what I'm talking about here. But uh, this fire was was the fire uh, next at the hotel next door? Yeah, next door to where I was staying. Yes. Okay, so the, so the place we're calling is where the fire was. Yes, and you, but you can claim you stayed there if you want, or, or claim you did. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, think, occurred, I, think I'll just, I think I'll just say occurred, I was there. That occurred Saturday at approximately 6.15, 6.30 p.m. Yeah, I'm trying to think. of Maybe I should say I was next door so they can't look at my reservation. Yeah, okay. The colonel's giving them a call. Howdy, bud. Where do you work here? <laughs> Thank you for calling the Pioneer Hotel in Gamble. The friendly is house on the river. Please hang in there. Somebody will assist you in just a moment. Your call is important to us. Thank you for calling the Pioneer. This is Paula. How may I direct your call? I had a kind of knowledge of Fabersham, yeah. Um, the, the gentleman, the, the cowboy here, I, I just um, reached um, before getting you on the phone. Um, he, I didn't hear him... Um, speak about uh, how I could reach someone to speak about the fire that occurred on Saturday night. I can transfer you to security. No, no, no. They wouldn't be the ones uh, that would handle this. It's, uh, it's not about, uh, you know, the cause of the fire. It's that, that, that I was, in the, I was um, at the hotel next door and it, it caused some, uh, some trauma for me. If, if they could just, um, if, if they could, you could perhaps transfer me over to um, someone in the customer service capacity. Uh, hold on one moment. Uh, bollocks. You start having your own hold music. You know, I considered loading this up, but I'll have to play the next best thing. Don't make me start singing again. I'll do it. I will do it if I'm hold too long. All right. They're giving me no choice. I'm going to have to do it. 
They don't get me off held soon. Alrighty. They asked for it. Okay, sir? Yes. I'm going to transfer you over to Brooke. Hold on one moment. Alright, thank you. You're welcome. Guess there's no hold music. Try that again. Uh, bollocks. Pioneer Pit, Brooke. Uh, hello, Ken and Nigel Fabersham here. Um, what do you mean by the Pioneer Pit? Are you sitting lower than everyone else in the hotel? No, I'm at the blackjack table. Oh, bollocks. I, I don't know why they brought me over here. Uh, maybe you, you can tell me where to go. Um, I, I was staying at the hotel next door on Saturday about 6 p.m. And, uh, you know, I'm from England, and it was my first experience in um, in the States, actually. And um, someone told me to go to Laughlin because it's a more of a laid-back sort of place. And I saw a fire occur in your hotel. And um, I, I was sitting in my room, and I saw the smoke rising, and, and I, I called the operator of my hotel, and they told me there's a fire in your hotel. And they told me that I, I shouldn't leave my hotel because it's safer in my room. And immediately I, I thought back to the poor people who, um, who suffered during the, um, the terrorist attacks um, 11 years ago. And then I, I had uh, armies of, of, you know, I'm a colonel, and I, 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 fought in the, I fought the Irish army back in the late 80s. I just, I thought of all these things that happened to me, and the, the fire just brought back all these, these traumas to me. And um, it, it was most disturbing. And if I could speak to someone about, you know, maybe the cause of the fire and, and, and about... Um, just um, if they, I want to make them understand what this does. Well, to it was outside, and it was outside by the motel rooms. Yes, and yes. it was a lit cigarette. They believe is what started the fire. Some dry brush. Ah, bollocks! But did you know the hotel next door was telling people to stay in their rooms and not to, not to evacuate? Well, I. No, I didn't know that. I don't know which hotel you were staying in. Well, see, I, I was very there was no reason for them to evacuate anyway. Well, I know, but they were telling me to stay in and not to leave. They're saying, don't go down in the elevators. Don't go down, even go down the stairs. Just stay in your room. That's where the safest place to be is. And I'm like, this doesn't make any bloody sense. You know, wouldn't the safest place to be during a fire be away from the bloody property? And I tried to tell them that, but they said, no, no, no. You know, please don't leave, so you're just going to complicate the matter. And I was like... Uh, you well, we had our hotel evacuate to the front of the casino, to the parking lot out front oh, so at the time of the fire. So, um, the whole casino evacuated, even though the fire was out by the room. You know, I'm, I'm just... I, I, I'm just a little bit afraid to, to return here after, after what's happened. I, I just, you know, I really wanted to come back to you. I actually wanted to come inside your hotel because I heard that you guys have a video poker machines that uh, pay in actual quarters when you win. Is that true? Yes. Well, um, see, I wanted to come play those because I, I hate how they just give you those tickets. See, back in my day when I would, when I would play, um, I, I would hear ding, 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 ding. That was the whole fun is to hear the coins go ding, 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 ding. And if they didn't do that, I'd just get a ticket and, and it plays the fake ding, 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 ding. It's not the same thing. You know, I don't want to, if it's going to print me a ticket, don't have it go bloody go ding, 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 like it's dropping quarters because it's not really dropping quarters. It's just making you think about back in the old days when it did drop quarters. So here I could have played in a place that actually dropped quarters. And yet I was afraid to do so because of the fire. The fire lasted all of maybe 15 minutes. Uh, but but you know, so have many other fires that have been much more deadly. You know, a, a fire, when you see a fire going, you can't say, hey, fire down there, how long are you going to last? Oh, okay, 15 minutes, no bloody problem. You know, it's not like that. Well, you the people were out of, 
evacuated and back into the uh, casino within 15 minutes. Oh, no, but, but I'm saying I couldn't see the future. During those 15 minutes, it was a very harrowing experience for me to have to, to, have to watch the fire and the smoke and everything like that, and I, was, I, I didn't well, know it was going to... Well, you talk to your hotel where you stayed. They shouldn't have made you stay in your room. Well, I did talk to them, and they told me that they got orders from you to keep people in the hotel because they didn't oh, want to create no, a trampling problem. No, they didn't. No, they, well, Our they, people didn't have time to tell anybody to do anything. What they told me was that if, if we were to go down, that we would interfere with your evacuation, and people would trample one another, and the safest place to be is in our hotel room. And they told me that if I'm that worried about it, I can take some, some towels and put them under the door. And I said, I, I don't know how to do that. And they said... Are you trying to tell me that when you were younger you didn't smoke uh, marijuana and, and stick towels in the door to prevent security from catching you? And I said, I don't do things like that. Have you gone mad? And then they said, no, 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 we're not accusing you of doing it, but at some point in your life you probably didn't want people to smell certain things in your room. And I said, I was a colonel. I fought for the queen. I, I didn't do such illicit things. And, and, and this is all traced back to the fire that occurred on your property. What property are you staying on? Ah, bollocks. Well, I'm not there anymore. I, I've, I've left, but, um, you know, I, I'm just, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even afraid if I, I'm, I, it was the Colorado Bell is where I was. Um, I, you know, I, I want to drive, drag the name through the mud. I'm just, I, I'm just afraid that, um, I was put through the rigmarole for nothing. So, so what is the Pioneer's official position on this? As far as what, sir? As, as far as this fire, as far as the, the, the problems, the, the chain reaction of events. Have you ever seen the butterfly effect, where you step on a butterfly, and then it, it affects everything that happens after that? So you had a fire from a cigarette, and it, it caused someone in a nearby hotel, being myself, to have all the trauma come back to me, and all the memories of, of back in the late 80s fighting against the Irish. And, um, and, and all the other memories about fires in hotels. You know, I even had a memory. I hate to say, I hate to admit this, but I watched this Ricky Schroeder show called Silver Spoons. And there was, a, there was one where Ricky and his father were trapped in a hotel. And they, they, had, to, they had to jump out the window onto a, onto a helicopter. And I was afraid that, that this Silver Spoons episode from 30 years ago was going to become my life. Did you ever see that episode? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, no, no. It was um, it was when um, Ricky and his father were, were in a hotel, and um, there was a big fire there, and uh, and then his um, his, Ricky's father's girlfriend was watching on TV and uh, watching on well, the telly. I and was the real thing at the MGM fire? Uh, bollocks. Vegas. Well, see, so, so if you went through the MGM fire, which is around the same time as the Silver Spoons episode, and um, you know, then you know what I'm talking about. How they, how you can get very jumpy when you see fires. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, at that moment, okay. I felt like I felt like 12-year-old Ricky Schroeder, and I, I couldn't believe that I could ever feel that way in my life. Well, I'm very sorry. Well, all right. It, um, I, I have a question here. If, if I were to come here, if if I were to come back, and you know, I haven't left the states yet. I've actually, um, I actually went to Las Vegas, which I really didn't want to have to do, but um, this just traumatized me too much. If I were to come back, and and, and um, live my fantasy of playing video poker for, for all that I went through, would you perhaps you know, maybe give me uh, 20 credits or something to play in the video poker machine because of what I well, went through? Well, they give fun. you 5 credits when you sign up for a player's card. But I was asking for they, 20. They give you $5 in credits. Oh, uh, really? But, that's, yes, but, but I'm getting that anyway, though. That's not the same thing. That's not, you know, there wouldn't have to be a fire. I could get the 20 credits anyway that way. I mean, that's nice to hear I can get 20 credits, but may, maybe I can have 40 credits then, 20 from them, 20 no. from you? I, I can't do that. That's a gaming thing, and I can't do that, I'm afraid. What do you mean it's a gaming thing? 
they don't allow you to do that. It's a gaming law. That's not, have you gone mad? That's not true. Of course they can. You can give the customer whatever you want. You can go up and say, hey, hey, Colonel Fabersham, I, I appreciate everything you did fighting for the Queen. Here's $5 for you. You can do that. I know that's not against the law. Well, I can't, okay? No, I think that you won't. I think I've, I have a feeling that if I was an American, if I was from the States, I have a feeling you'd be saying, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir, the customer's always right, no, sir. No, 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 sir. I, I, I think I have a feeling that you were not a fan of Britpop back in the 80s. I have a feeling that you were not a fan of Amy Winehouse. I have a feeling you I never watched English. a single Monty Python I, I skit. Have, I am part English myself. My grandfather was from England, okay? I have nothing against British. All right. Then, then tell me your favorite line. Else. Tell me your favorite line from Benny Hill. I have no idea. They didn't ever talk in Benny Hill. How could there be a line? <laughs> Listen. Tell me if you recognize this music. You know this music? That's what I felt like during the fire. I felt like I was running around like Benny Hill. I she hung up. <laughs> I guess the Benny Hill music did it. <laughs> that was good. That was good. You know, who's is that? Uh, is that your girl in the background, Josh? No. Oh, is that Angel? Oh, okay, you sound far away. Good talk. You know, you know what never, you know what never ceases to amaze me. And again, this is a total true story. Uh, we were sitting having dinner next door to Colorado Bell, and right out the window we saw the fire. And it, and, and it, it is true they did claim it was from a cigarette, but it, I mean it was a, a, a big fire, and they did evacuate everybody into the streets um, from from the Pioneer. And it didn't. You know, it, it took longer than 15 minutes. That was propaganda. It was a good 45 minutes to an hour before uh, they started letting some of the people back in. But whenever it ceases to amaze me is how long, uh, Colonel, you're able to keep these people on the phone with you. <laughs> either, either there's nothing going on in the blackjack pit. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no prank call if they don't stay on. <laughs> Mark Fikon said it best that uh, Todd, well, I should say the Colonel, was on his A game tonight. Um, but you know what? You're right. These calls are always the best when when it's actually based on something actual, where you kind of know the information, so they can't say, what are you talking about? But uh, and she is right. You will get $5 if you just go there, and you can just get it in quarters. It's pretty funny. But he funny. wanted 20. <laughs> no, I wanted 20 credits, but then I realized I was going to get it anyway just for signing up, so... I was like, well, I get that anyway. I want 40 then. Jesus. But she stayed on the phone until I played Benny Hill. That was like the breaking point. Oh, uh, pretty funny. Good <laughs> stuff, good stuff. <laughs> she, she was actually laughing through some of it, so she couldn't have been that unhappy with the call. But uh, that's, that was probably... Good. I think, for the most part, our reputation, or at least uh, Finkelstein's and Nigel Favrish and the good colonel's reputation precedes it, but we have not infiltrated Laughlin yet. So... Uh, <laughs> That's right. There's no one who's going to mess with us during the prank calls in Laughlin. At least not yet. And uh, you know, I, since I'm going to Laughlin very soon, I should try to go into the Pioneer and find uh, Pat the Blackjack uh, Pit. Yeah, you know, even Fluffer liked it. Fluffer said that Benny Hill theme had me spit out my coffee in my daughter's face. I didn't even know he had a daughter. Wait, who is it that said that? Fluffer. 
Fluffer said that. So. Oh, wow. Well, shout out to Fluffer. Well, boys and girls, again, I'm sorry that I was late, but I think we finished strong. We had a good show tonight. Um, Not a good technical show, but... Uh, uh-oh. But, you know, I, 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 I wonder if... I've noticed this. A lot of the problems are, like, between the 8 and 10 o'clock hour, which is could be prime Skype time, at least, like, on the West Coast, maybe. I mean, because well, it seems, as the show progresses, we never have it towards the end. That is true. In the no. beginning or right in the middle, then it's always fine. Like, we've never had these problems at 10.30, 11, 11.30 when the show is about to wind down. Well, I'll tell you so, some of the problem is, uh, and why it's not as much later. What you're saying may be true also that Skype also improved. We don't have the echoes and crap like that. But uh, um, I also had my own problems with the disconnections, and that's because once Ben goes to sleep and my girlfriend goes to sleep, then I, I'm in one spot for the rest of the show, and I'm on the wired connection, and everything's fine. So now that doesn't explain the Skype problems. So the Skype problems may be time-related. So starting next week, we're going to have the show beginning at 11 o'clock Pacific time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I but, can't uh, stay up that late. No, no, of course not. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show, and um, thank you for dealing with the technical fail, and I've got to go and uh, edit the parts that were messed up, and uh, <laughs> that's always fun to do, but... Uh, we will be back next week. Now, the week after that, we'll have to decide what to do since I definitely will not be here. I will be in several different secret locations. Wait, when, when is this? Oh, I guess you weren't here to hear that, Brandon. Yeah, this was uh, the week of, I guess it will be the Tuesday, August 7th episode. I will not be here. And I can't be here on the 6th or the 5th or anything around there. I just won't be around for that whole week. So, uh so, Brandon, do you want to do a show with me that week? Uh, um, I'm just looking at my calendar. It's actually funny because next week I will be – I will still be doing radio. I'm going to be barge starts next week. Yeah. Uh, so I will be spending the week downtown with Jeannie and uh, a lot of friends that will be coming in from town. So I will uh, most likely be at a secret location next <laughs> week broadcasting um, live downtown in Vegas – but, uh, yeah, well, you know what? We can determine, uh, we can all talk before then, determine what we want to do for August 7th. If you want to do a show, Vowels and I, if you want to uh, bring on a third host, uh, there are a number of names from the forum that I'm sure would love to come on and uh, just, that if you, I've even had on radio before, that, uh, you know, we could do something like that. Just have a couple of different people uh, yeah, come on and, yeah, that may be the best idea if, if, we, uh, to, you know, maybe have a different forum member come on for like and, do, and do like an hour segment or so for us off the radio. And, and obviously, I have uh, the capability to run radio here through my uh, laptop. laptop so. yeah. Yes. So all right. So the, the show will go on. In fact, well, and wow, this must be something big because I mean, Druff, you've been in and give, you've gave birth to your son and did a Miss Radio. You've been on cruise ships. And obviously, I, I know you don't divulge this kind of information on the radio, but I have to—I I have to ask. And please, if I'm, I'm right and I embarrass you, are you getting married? No, no, I'm not getting married. Uh, I'm going to just be somewhere that uh, the internet's not going to be reliable enough, and I just won't really be in a position to do I mean, it. Didn't you once do a radio show where you te- uh, teetered your tethered your phone? 
to a computer in a cabin where you had to like lay against the wall. <laughs> well, it wasn't that. That was a Judonk exaggeration. Actually, what I did, I, I was in the mountains, but not in a cabin. I was just in a condo there, and the I did have to go to a certain part of the room where the internet was better. But the the thing is, um, it, it depends both on the internet connection and the circumstances of where I am and who I'm with and all that. And the uh, this just wouldn't be an environment where I could really do a show, and it's going to be something that's, I'll be gone a while, so I won't be able to do the show. I, I just couldn't think of a way to do the show, so I'm just going to have to miss it, but I probably will be able to listen to parts of it, and that'll be really interesting to listen to a show on my site live that I'm not part of, and a show that I'm usually part of, and uh, I remember, in fact, uh, I missed a show on the previous site we were part of. And also because I was uh, in a different secret location. And I remember I was driving through the middle of the desert. And I was actually with my girlfriend, and we actually turned on the show and listened on the radio through one of those things that puts your phone through the radio. And it was weird because I was hearing, like, my own show coming through my car radio live, and I wasn't on it. It's hmm. kind of weird. Anyway, uh, long show tonight. Did you to your expectations? Or was it a disappointment? No, it was kind of cool. You know, I was like, uh, yeah. I was kind of hearing it as a listener. So we have a different ending song tonight. Yeah. It's very appropriate. But do we still say shalom? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, anyhow, we'll uh, be announcing, I guess, what our intentions are. But I, I do believe the show must go on. So uh, in two weeks, it will be radio. Next week, I will be on secret location. Again, to both Vowels and Druff, I apologize for uh, being 45 minutes late. Look, it's better 45 minutes late than uh, not showing up for work at all, right? Right. Better late than never, that's what they always say. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. technical fail, but uh, thank you for listening. Be back next week at the regular time on July 31st, Tuesday, 7 p.m., and thank you for listening to us. Thank you for dealing with all the failure, and if you're hearing this in the archives, there's not as much failure, because it's all been concatenated into one big ball of fail, but I hope you still enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week. Thank you to my co-host, Angel Vowles, for being here for almost the whole time, and Brandon for being here all but the first 30 minutes, and Thanks to me for being here the whole time and causing lots of crashes in the show. And I'm not even going to reset that song again. And uh, we'll just say shalom. Need, uh, Sherman Hemsley, huh? Yeah. Yes. It's just uh, you know you're getting old when you start to see all the celebrities that you knew growing up dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's it puts you in touch with your own mortality for sure. So. Okay. Well, until next week, folks. Uh, this is Drexel. Drop and vowels, wishing you all on three. One, two, three. Shalom. Hello. Ah.